are we good? We are good. Yeah. Episode 57. Episode 57. Is that what episode is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't I think we're over that, right? Could be. Could not be. I think we've done a surprising number of episodes. No, <laughs> it's at most in the 60s. That's a lot. It's not hundreds. Of it's not, this? It's not 869. I was floored when I saw the, whatever episode number we actually are on. I, I couldn't believe it. How long have we been doing this? Somewhere between 40 and 80. All right, but we took some weeks off, so. I mean, we started in uh, February of last year. So we've been doing this 18 months? Yeah. I feel so much wiser. Starting to be able to like at least talk about going home. <laughs> <laughs> this is right about the time I'm I'm fantasizing like I'm about to get out. This is when the bait and, and switch that, happens. Yeah, definitely. For you and me. Yeah. Lots of people did get out at 18 months. Yeah. It's not like the, yeah, this the, is the whole thing was a lie. So. They were just lying to some people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I happen to be one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Damn, dude. Because, I, yeah, I'm sitting here saying it feels like forever. Shit. It's only been 18 months. We're and rookies, dude. Time, obviously, your uh, experience of it changes drastically over the course of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, it's, it's a relative thing. One minute as a percentage of your life uh, changes as you go along. Also, your memory, you know, like just your, your capacity for creating new memories fades which uh, also, you know, affects how you feel. Like, you know, if you remember vividly every single thing that's ever happened to you, then, like, I your do. life seems very long. You no, you don't. I'm most of them. You're fucking, you smoked that away a long time ago. No, test me. What Bobby episode Abreu. is it? We said it was 57. We don't actually know, though. Well, if you don't know, then I rest my case. Oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I, uh... I guess that's a good point. I don't remember the number. I'm full of them. <laughs> oh, wow. This is uh, 59. Look at that. Close. Pretty close. I Do you have a thing? I have a thing. Uh, if I'm off by a number, it's almost always not one numeral. It's two because I I know whether or not it's an even or an odd number. Huh, but no. I can't. I sometimes can't remember which of the even or odd. I rarely try to remember numbers. Isn't there a lot in, like, uh, you know, brain studies about how you conceive of numbers? I feel like that comes up. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. When I was getting the topo upstairs, uh -huh. your wife was like, "On the left, on the, or on the right, on the right, lower right." And I was just like, no, this one has alcohol in it. Mm -hmm. She was like, on the right, on the right. I was looking at the left. <laughs> Fucking idiot, you know? So yeah. that's not really my thing, uh, you know, that kind of quantitative stuff. I When I, I had lunch with uh, our, our number one listener, our top-ranked listener. Shout the fuck out. Trey. Uh, and he, I know Connor's going to be pissed that you just gave him the crown. <laughs> I mean, you know, Connor knows that I owe him a debt, but uh, I owe Trey a larger one. Okay, fair Trey. enough, fair enough. Um, but uh, he, he gave me, I walked to the restaurant, then he gave me a ride back because, uh, you know, obviously it was close. And okay. I wanted to get to Izzy's summer camp pickup in time. Yeah. And 
It's the same deal. We're like, I was like, yeah, you take a right here, take a left here. And uh, like he was in, he was doing it correctly, but he just kept like he was looking for confirmation. He's like, okay, yeah, so I'm taking a right. (laughs) Like as he's in the left turn lane, (laughs) like already turning left, he's like, so I'm going right. Uh, like, <laughs> you got it bud dude when i was a kid and uh like friends parents would be driving me home uh-huh. like kind of like asking for the directions yeah. i would just guess every time <laughs> god that's so relatable <laughs> just as like, a kid yeah absolutely. if it wasn't going the, like i was like whatever if i if it turned out i guess wrong i would just say the other one i'd be like actually i meant you know i meant <laughs> god yeah i there's no way that ever did anything different Until I started driving, I didn't have any fucking clue where I was at any time ever. Why would I need to pay attention? Not help me at never go, dude. Oh, once I start driving, I'm fucking compass. I used to call my friends like before Google Maps, personal maps go. Like before iPhone, I'd be like, "Get on the computer, dude. Like I need help, you know." And just tell them a landmark. No. And then, like, they would read directions. To I've, uh, this was more like whenever I was single and didn't have kids, that I would sit around wishing that someone would play this game with me, where uh, you just like blindfold me, drop me anywhere, and tell me where I need to go Oof. with no like mapper, like within DFW. <sighs> I could get anywhere in, within DFW. Wait, you have no car DFW. though? No, with a car. Oh, of course. Well, what you're saying is that you don't know the directions. I'm just yeah, saying, I like, I live here I'm now, not so saying that I could fucking. Um, it's not an endurance running trend challenge. <laughs> it's about maps, dude. I've been running so good lately. I don't know if running is a good idea. I've been reminded of our our friend from Excel who was good at running from baseball mm-hmm. and knew the form. Yeah, you know, I, I'm back. Did that serve him? Probably, but not ultimately. But along the way, for sure. You okay. know that guy got out of some jams, dude. But it's not, so funny. But just, not the one that he needed to. No. Although, you know, his life's not over yet. You know, hopefully his journey. He doesn't look good. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get out of jail, though. Eventually, uh, right? Like in another decade, maybe? Yeah, hopefully it's sooner than that. Do you want to spend the no, next I don't. decade? Definitely not. Me neither. But he was way better at running than you would think he was the best running big man that i've seen in person yeah he was like white frank thomas yeah (laughs) like but he had wheels man he's i mean because he was a baseball player yeah as you said yeah yeah his coach they trained him on speed they didn't care he was a catcher and a big boy you need to be able to run running is a skill uh i feel like i you know i mean your uh fitness also matters somewhere in there yeah. And like I'm I'm doing sufficiently poorly on that that no one wants to hear it. I've learned that over time. What? Um, but uh my uh I, I feel fine about my running as a skill. Yeah. Distance. Like you I feel like distance, distance is more yeah, like like you know, whenever you take into account fitness level, if you found someone yeah, yeah. who is the exact same fitness level as me, unless they were also an exceptional like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it's a you. lot I got like you. natural pacing, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. a lot like managing the task in front of you, and like uh, there's a kid. I don't even know if you would have been there for him. Um, he's the only. Uh, he was the only African American sent there who didn't have white parents. <laughs> okay, I don't remember him. Um, well, there so, was one kid that was his family was they ran a church in Louisiana, and they dropped him off in their church van, like with the whole family. They had like eight kids in the family. He stayed one night 
and his shadow was like the gayest kid in the history of Excel. Uh-huh. And he like got into it with his with his shadow about like how being gay is a sin. Uh-huh. And then like the next morning he like ate breakfast with us. And then like by that afternoon, his parents were like, actually we 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 think we're gonna I don't think this is actually what we were looking for. How did they find out? I don't think it was the gay thing. I think it was just like a coincidence. I I think it was like they were trying to scare him straight. Like they never planned to do more than a day. Uh, Someone should Uh, have considered that for me. (laughs) Yeah. I would have preferred the one. I don't think it would have helped me though. I swear I'll never do it again. I mean, I got sent to one place and ran away from it. So clearly that didn't help. Yeah, I'm aware of that. But that wasn't the hellhole. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I would like whenever I've said this many times, I don't need to be repeating the same shit on the podcast. Whenever I look and search my heart, like when did things change for me? Like, when did I go from like wanting to, you know, fucking kill my parents to, uh, wanting to please them? It was just the first night. Really? Absolutely. Wow. That changed everything. Like I never was fucking mean to them again. Like on a visit, no. Dude, I purposefully delayed my phone call. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was so mad. I found myself like desperately wanting that phone call, which like it had been several years at that point since I had wanted to talk to my parents. It was weird. And like, yeah, dude, of course it could have faded. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. As I uh, documented, we had a fight fucking two weeks ago. Yeah, I was going to say like kind of you would not be judged to have like gotten your life together by Excel. You would be another failure. Like they would point to you and be like, if you live the way you live now, which I think is successful. But yeah, I don't, know. I don't know that I would. I like you know. I mean, I didn't smoke pot again until I was twenty eight. True, like, I you went to meetings. Think it's conceivable that I could have made it through high school. It's hard to say. You know, I mean, it depends on a lot of stuff. Am I going back to public school with yeah. my friends who are yeah. super cool and smoke big clouds? They sound cool. They are cool, dude. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, who knows? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't even remember where we started. I, don't I thought either, I had man. more points. Well, my running is really picked oh, up. Oh, oh, the guy who uh the the one African American with African American parents. I don't think I was there for the thing you're describing. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um he uh you know, was like he D one athlete, no doubt. Like could have if he wanted to. Uh, he wasn't the tallest guy. Okay. So but he could have been a cornerback. Uh yeah. If okay. he wanted to play cornerback at certainly U of H. No cornerbacks with white parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some every once in a while. Um, and uh, I is that offensive? We had the same time Should in the mile. Cut that. No, that... I'm not cutting anything. Okay. You, I just heard someone say like, "There's no white cornerbacks." Once, like talking about sports. Largely true. That's all. I don't even know if that's true. It Jason Seahorn is, is literally the only cornerback I know, oh. and he's oh. white. Well, I'm trying to remember the last time that there was a Jason Seahorn. Maybe he was good. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he wasn't though. Maybe I'm. That's like he's like a lunch pail cornerback, you know? Just shows up, executes. Yeah, and cornerback's one of those positions where it's more about reputation than production. He's like, like a West Welker production. Like West Welker, you can pile up, you know. Uh, 125 catches every year and so then there's there's something you're pointing at cornerback it's just like who do i think is good you're like oh he got catches 
some catches this game. Like you know, when the cornerback has catches. Okay. You're like, oh, nice. I feel like I'm talking to (laughs) a small child. When a cornerback has catches, cornerbacks never have catches. When a cornerback catches the ball, it's it's considered something different. Interception. That's right. (laughs) You got it. Okay. Um, Wait. But uh, but I I I had the same mile time as him. His forty time was, I mean, like fucking combine forty time. Okay. Four four easy. Like four three maybe. Interesting. But my but our mile time was the same. What's the mile time? Uh, it was like uh, six twenty. Whoa. Six eighteen. That's a fast mile. I was one hundred thirty six pounds. That's what I'm right now. I don't think I can really? do. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, dude. I'm good. I don't I'm think good I can do a six hundred mile, dude. Yeah, right. Give it a try. No, I definitely could not. I'm more like, you know, combine 40 type. Nah, I don't know about that either. <laughs> See, I think that that's like the much better fitness thing. I don't want to talk about fitness. I don't know anything about well, it. Well, dude. Subjects I could have. But if I were trying to, you know, I mean, you, you want to, uh, like the, the brief intense activity is going to do you a lot more than trying a little bit for an hour. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Do sprints. Don't do. I've been doing sprints in the pool. There you go. Yeah. It's been, dude, my new gate, I'm nuts in the pool right now. I might join the Y. What like, are you doing tomorrow? Uh, oh, all kinds of shit. Fuck you. I know. You know, I got the fucking, the workers coming in and shit. Oh, yeah? Because of the bathroom. Well, just set them up with their thing and then let's hang out in the pool. Uh, maybe. Uh, we'll see. I'll give you a text if so. Nah, the... the pattern every time so far has been that so easy goes to summer camp they we i drop her off at eight and then i'm like look at all this time i've just got the whole day stretching in front of me yeah i'm like but i did wake up pretty early would be nice to catch a quick nap nothing wrong with that and then i just sleep until i gotta pick her up <laughs> when is that no i'm kidding it's not that bad yeah uh but i it's i haven't been out of bed before noon this week really wow just lay back down and that's impressive i mean i also i'm staying up you know i had to stay up and finish watching the nicholas cage movie Nine. right okay yeah sure so it was 2 30 before i was going to bed and then i'm waking back up at seven to so you're get, a little you're a night out always days. yeah okay okay i mean if i don't have like something like if i have the ability to be i'm going to be. like that's what my body wants is to go to bed at like two or three you know i'm tempted to make and so many nine hours i don't know what my body wants man i don't really know because I like have done so many things to it. With this is always what I drift back to if I'm not constrained by things I have to wake up for. Yeah, staying up late. Yeah, it's what I want to do. I find myself leaning in that direction too a lot, except other times. You, you go to bed at eight. No, I'm, I'm saying like, well, yeah, that's where I'm like, I don't know what it's even fair to say my body wants. Because it's like, Yes, I, it's fair to say I go to bed at 8 because that is a time when I'm often going to sleep mm-hmm. that other people are, like, close to bedtime. So that can, like, make sense to say my bedtime. But it's just as fair to say I go to bed at 1 yeah. and also at 7, you know, uh-huh. like, some days. So, like, it's like, I, I don't know, man. I got to get it together. Uh I really, I don't know. I got to do some updates on my, on the old new tropics. Huh? Uh, you know, just on my regime. 
I might, I, I think I drink too much coffee, stuff like that. Okay. So I think I, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but I think I might be a night owl, like, like you're saying, like you are. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it, dude. I mean, now that we're both just unemployed and free. Yeah, but I like the daytime, man. Just whenever Izzy goes to bed, I'll drive over and we'll just, no, dude. We'll just pool it up until, First of all, until the kids wake up. Not night owl, but night owl and night owl is weird. Like, he's weirder, man. You <laughs> yeah. know? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, that's why I like it. Like, <laughs> I like who I am more at two. I don't know, man. I get in weird places. I... uh Daytime Al has a good head on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So what's uh, what's going on with Tom P? I can't I cannot oh describe God, to the listener dude. how many like just <laughs> screenshots of long blocks of text. Like every morning I'm waking up to like four pages. Like I've got my reading assignment. <laughs> check this shit out. And you know what? It was all wild shit, though, wasn't I, it? I wouldn't have not sent a single one. I would have sent every one of those if I were you. <laughs> I mean, where to even begin? Because we did talk some last, last time, right? A lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, you'd read something at that point, mm -hmm. but you, you found more. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, don't put it on sorry. the vintage Playboy, sorry, sorry, dude. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My fault, dude. It's all right. If I did that shit in middle school, I would have had library privileges revoked. From our... You guys had a little... Socialist pornographic little library. Porn library, nice. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to lay out on that. It was just... We're watching... we got socks on. Beating oh, yeah. up on them tigers. Just score. Oh, my God. Make it 4 Yeah, we were, we were hoping for two. We well, I, I knew we'd get at least two, but, you know... The offense, it's clicking this it's last a week. That's a, a pretty ballpark. Yeah, I like it. Never seen a game there, but I've driven by the outside. As we discussed earlier, I've been to Detroit. Yes. I've been to... Was RoboCop set in Detroit but filmed in Dallas? Yes. So kind of. Yes. I've been to Detroit mm -hmm. in a more real sense. In, yeah, I guess it's ways. a compliment to us that we just didn't scan as like a place that's falling apart. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. I think it's like of the 80s, it was probably like filming in Canada. You know? I, I don't know if there was ever like the tax credit regime that drives that sort of thing. So it's not like, I mean. Yeah, no, I don't some. mean that. I mean aesthetically. Okay. You know, okay. just of like depicting a city of the time. Well, I don't think they do it because Canada is like perfect for it. I think they do it because of the tax breaks. Yeah, but I don't know if it's because of the tax breaks have then like made the movies embed into my consciousness. But I do picture like the Matrix, like that's like a Canadian ass city, you know? No. Like that, the cool thing about the Matrix is that it's like clearly supposed to be every city. But did, where did they tight. film it? They filmed it somewhere. I bet it was Canada. No, I I'm super confident that some of those are like dropped it because there's times when like it is New York and there's times when like it is LA. The yeah, new one was right. like San Francisco. Like a okay. lot of it was. I still haven't seen it. Really? Got to do it. It's good. It's on streaming again. When they yeah, took I, it off so fast, I just you know they should have kept it up. I saw it in theaters. Damn. Damn. I 
think I've made a lifestyle choice of theaters are are not my thing. Right That's now. a big mistake. I mean, I guess the right movie could still get me out there. I'm going to see JP tomorrow. What's that? So I can't. I can't come. I know you wanted me to come over and swim. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what's JP? Jurassic Park, the new oh, Jurassic shit. World Dominion. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Has Tom Powers seen it? Tom Powers is dead. It feels easy to figure that. When Tom, did he die? R.I.P. Uh, not too long ago. Did Sally go to the funeral? I bet she did um wonder if they were still in contact yeah i bet they were he's a letter writer big time letter writer uh, you the know, lost art not from him he's my, a literary uh, man he was an advertising man he was my, a, he was a madman my grandmother was a big time letter writer okay very cool like uh, you know i mean you know she died in 2000 i'm gonna say 17 okay and she met megan in 2011 okay and they had a like serious letter writing correspondence whoa so she was you know through the end of her life and that was even the period where like That's it used nice. to be very flowery penmanship and at a certain point she switched from cursive to uh print because the hand just couldn't do the cursive anymore interesting wow and so even during that era she was writing megan letters on the reg that's nice Megan wrote her back yeah, yeah yeah that's cool just if she knew you, she was going to write you some letters. And then if you're receiving letters from someone, it's kind of weird not to write back. Yeah, I suppose. Although I wrote letters to people at Excel a lot. And like a lot of times you get cards, you know, got a lot of cards. Yeah. I, I just don't think people wrote letters like that. You 60, know? 70% of the letters I received at Excel were from that grandmother. Interesting. The parents would write every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I would get, I would get cards, but my parents would fill them out. You know, they would be they would be like substantive cards. Yeah. Uh like they would they would write as you know, much a couple as you can paragraphs. Write, up, write on the blank side of the card. Yeah. My my grandma wrote the one letter. I I know I've told you about this. I don't know if I've talked about it. Mm -hmm. After nine eleven, she got the typewriter out. It's nice. And wrote all of the grandkids the same letter, just recounting her life history in America and saying we'll get through it. It's honestly the sickest. Was she letter right I've ever or was gotten. she wrong? <laughs> I mean, of course, because you know she had been through the depression and all that shit, and it was just one page, but it was a full page, like you know, typewriter font. It's a dope letter. Yeah, and she was just like my grandchildren. You got it. It is with a heavy heart. Yeah, I have it at my parents' house, uh, unless they threw it away or something, which they could do. My parents will throw my shit away, you know, from time to time. I you yeah, know, over the years uh but i they haven't in a while and i don't know i don't think they would um i don't want to jinx it but i really want to get my excel walking stick did you get a walking stick nah duncan stopped doing that by the time i graduated did he, but he did it for more than my year i think so yeah those were cool man they had the wizard face they were dope you know shout out duncan on that he's an artist you know, it's not like yeah. he, like if you follow him on Instagram, it's not like he stopped. He's doing metal work and maybe shit, I should. I think. Do you think he'd follow back? Yes. And that like honestly, I felt my heart kind of like fluttered there in like not like a romantic way, but like uh I think my avoidance that's like a a real that'd be a real thing, dude. 
following Duncan on Instagram. Like interacting with Duncan. It's a lot of like a, do. a Yeah, different... I told you he DM'd me whenever. We, I remember like after we talked two. about it. Yeah. I don't know if he's still. I doubt it, A lot dude. of people got pretty bored yeah. after <laughs> not too long. I know. You know what? We found our people, though. Trey and Connor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do have Trey and Connor. Uh, I was list- I listened to uh, the podcast Smartless. Do you know what that is enough no. to have contempt for it? No, I'm I, sure the, once the I tell title you. title sounds awful. Yeah, it's not a great title. Uh, check out this trio. Um, it's, uh, God, I feel like a real dick not ever remembering what his, like, real name is. It's Sean something or other, but it's the guy who played Jack on Will and Grace. I don't know if you were a big Will and Grace. Head. No. Do you know, was he of sufficient, like, whenever people. Oh, yeah, dude, I got a, a whole thing. Like, you know who Jack is? No, no, no. I thought you were going to say Will. Like, Will from Will and Grace lived in San Antonio when I went to Trinity. Okay. And he lived, like, Trinity doesn't have fraternity houses. Uh-huh. Uh, but they have fraternities so they just like rent houses in San Antonio. Uh-huh. And so So Will lived They like lived next by to Will him? and Will was raging on them for having too many parties. You and live next to the fraternities, Will. I mean, well, he didn't know that. They just like happened to rent a house in his neighborhood. Uh-huh. And uh he like called the cops on them. Like he came to the house one night and they took a picture of him. <laughs> like he was like raging in the middle of the night. Oh, they man. took a picture of him and then put it in, on flyers all around the neighborhood. And it was just like, it said real mature Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad we could find a space for that story. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It doesn't come up, you know. It's not my fraternity or anything. It's yeah. just like a thing I heard about. But sure, did you see the flyers? No, I don't think so. You just heard about them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, my mom watched the show all the time when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know that I remember like a single like plot point. But uh, it was like the guy was gay. Well, yeah, like Will's gay. But Will, in my recollection of the show, because that's often credited as, like, America coming to terms with homosexuality, right? Right, right. And um, Ellen. What, and what? Ellen was, like, around the same sure. time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, my mom loved both of those things and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, goes to church all the time. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what her views are. Like, I've never heard her say, like, something reprehensible. Yeah. Uh, about, you know, homosexuals. But uh, I I bet that it changed her attitudes. It would be really For surprising sure. to me if it didn't. It's not even a bad thing necessarily. It's like if most of America... Uh, no, I don't think it is. Yeah, it's like if, if it's true that most people kind of take their cues from the culture at large and the media, then you just need the media to tell you fucking what to think, you know? So it's just Oprah needs to tell you. But like, the uh, that and you it's know cool for Ellen to be gay or whatever. Uh, you know Nick Pizzolatto's telling us like it's not like no I different. know exactly yeah. like you need somebody who is like a little bit ahead of you. All to be I like, aspire to be is an amalgamation of the best ideas I've encountered. That's all we all that's all anyone can be. You're just yeah. like the little thing in between, like your biological destiny, like as it should react, you know, in a deterministic way, and then like the massive history coming at you like with like all this data and you just get to eke out like a little fucking, you know, moral intention that you pray has some sort of effect along the way towards the good. I think. Like, yeah. So uh, my, I, I agree. Anyway, I don't mean the, we all I, just, I just need want to, to be my, like 
you know, grace point. people can be gay now. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that actually makes sense. Well, like, Thanks, Will, was pres- Will was coded as, like, you know, normal people can be gay, right? He wasn't, like, flamboyantly gay. Whereas Jack was flamboyantly gay. The, the, Jack okay, was in okay, your living room okay. letting you know, like, you know, fucking, we're here, we're queer. He's like an Andy doing. Dick type, you know. Something from, like that, yeah. old school. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so the guy that, that played Jack. Okay. Um, and he, surely he's been in other stuff. Maybe you've seen some of it. Okay. It, that's, that's first, that's, that's one of the hosts. Second, okay, I forgot what the... We're talking about the podcast Smart List. Now, smart List? By the time I'm done explaining to you is what, smart, what it, smart List is... Smart Less? Less. Without Smarts? It's a bad title. Smart Less? Yeah, like it's, I guess, supposed to be humble. Okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> off to a good start. Second host. All right. Will Arnett. Okay. <laughs> dude, that dude will do anything, man. Third host. I know you're not ready for this. <laughs> It's the man we were talking about earlier, Jason Bateman himself. What? Oh my God! What? Yeah. What? So, uh, <laughs> what do they do? Why? Bluth why are they both? And Joe Bluth have a podcast with together a, a, the with the gay guy with from Jack Will from Will and Grace. <laughs> why? They're all friends. They're like very good friends. That's so fucking weird. Uh, there's a whole, like, there's... If, That's if, like if fucking uh, Pam and who's the lady? Angela's podcast? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, had yeah. Stevie Janowski on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What the fuck? I mean, it's not like it's a podcast about Arrested Development. <laughs> Yeah, that's what makes it weird that both of them are on it too. Like, why I don't think you... that they're like best friends? Yeah, I guess you know, like it's just like you should switch it up, like because they've got they do this, and then uh, I I also will listen to an occasional episode of a uh, Dax Shepherd's podcast. Okay, okay, and he's also in the group. <laughs> okay, okay, like the the social. Now milieu. I know why these guys upset me so much because I want to be in that group, dude. I want to be in the group. I'm just the Dax looking for a home. You Absolutely, know what I'm and you know what? They're all big time recovery guys. Yeah, I knew that about Dax. I didn't know that about all of the them. other guys. Okay, interesting. Very I don't interesting. know Will Arnett. I also don't know, but Bateman, big time. Okay. Okay. And then uh, the episode that I was listening to yesterday that, that came out recently was uh, Bradley Cooper. Okay. And he's... He's sober man? He's sober man because of a conversation with Will Arnett. Damn. They, they recounted it in the episode. Wow. Any, any gems? Any nuggets? It was a good episode. Honestly, I, yeah. that sounds pretty good. That's a good nugget, right? Like, and yeah. dude, you would like it. You would, I'm not sure you would like the podcast in general. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that episode, like, just Cooper was just going through his uh, his personal journey with self esteem and how that's changed his views. That's interesting. Is I, you know, I'm a big Bradley Cooper fan. Yeah, big fan. It, this was what made me forgive him for the worst interview I've ever heard in my entire life. Which one? The one where he starts speaking French? No, people love that one online. That one's not good. I don't like it. It upsets but, me too. But I uh, know exactly why. I'm very jealous. Terry Gross. He's he's oh, from Philadelphia. Okay. And like you can tell that like his identity as a child was like I'm the kid that like as I'm driving to school Ew. is listening to fresh air. 
and he just wants the show teacher who yeah. Terry Gross is the Uber teacher. Uh. And it's like uh it's in the promotional tour for American Sniper. Oh god. And he is just like he's doing every single thing he can to try and impress her with how much of a serious actor he is. Uh. And after I got done listening to it, I'm like, I hate this guy, I'm never gonna like him. I can't. And yeah, I, I listened like to him on uh, Dax's podcast because I I knew that there was an anecdote in there about getting robbed in the subway, okay. and I did want to hear about Bradley Cooper being robbed in the subway. Okay. Uh. So then, then I was like, I guess maybe but I don't know. But then when I listened to him last night on Smartless, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll check it out. This is just good. He just he was having a talk. You know, like listen, man. There's times. There's stuff out there. Me podcast where I didn't come off the way I wanted to. Sure, sure. Uh, and that's just what he had with Terry Gross, and I'm I'm ready to forgive him for it. I like that. Uh, but uh, on the podcast, they they made joke. This started because we made a joke about Connor and Trey being our only listeners, right? And. I don't know if those jokes, like people ever think that those are like funny. I mean, like every podcast is like, ha ha, ha no one listens. But like theirs is like they're them. And every single one of their uber famous guests that comes on is like, oh yeah, I heard your episode with so-and-so. It was great. So like they know that like all of America's special people like have told them they listen to the show and they're still like with our one listener. And it, well, it scans terrible there. But I, I, I guess it's probably better for us. We have Dan McDowell listening, dude. That's right. Yeah, I've yeah, heard him yeah. say that. So that's kind of, in terms of Metroplex podcasting, mm -hmm. yeah, we're kind of well. He's the top guy. You're kind of the the one gay guy. I'm the other gay guy. And there's uh, only one gay guy. Okay, then I guess that's me. I'll I'll be that one since that's I brought okay. it up. Uh, you don't have uh, to. I mean, there's also just two straight guys that are married. We're both married. We could just be the those. Okay. Okay. Then. We all just be our own people, Alex. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would. I actually. I like Will Arnett. I think he's funny. I. I yeah. Dude, I like just him. the Bateman characters always just irritate me. No, I love uh, Bateman's characters. What is that Switcheroo movie though? That one's good. I, like I don't it. remember the title. I know what it's movie like you're the, talking about. I have seen up. it. The yeah, yeah that's that's something? exactly what it is yeah the yeah, yeah i like that one yeah with ryan reynolds yeah that's a big uh uh film tax credit what is it takes place in atlanta just because of the oh tax interesting credits. okay i didn't know that if you've ever wondered if all of uh you know like comedies that are worried about a budget if they're all set in atlanta because that's a you know the the guy who wrote the screenplay just the city enchants him i don't think it's that interesting I think it's a, a bounty of attractive tax credits. Interesting. Did you know, speaking of Atlanta, can you guess for me, well, I've given away by saying speaking of Atlanta, one of them potentially. The answer is Atlanta. A rapper that doesn't have tattoos. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Will T Smith. He doesn't have tattoos? I don't know. I me. bet Jade has got a fucking tramp stamp on him now. Yeah. Uh, T.I. doesn't have tattoos. Really? Right? Kind of surprising. Didn't know. Yeah. I, surely someone's asked him. He said he just hasn't, uh, you know, had anything that he wanted to get. Is that how you feel? So, well, no. Are you, you ready know? to make any announcements? No. Okay. But we're going to get there. I actually thought about it more. Um, since we talked about it an hour ago mm -hmm. when 
when I went outside. Okay. <laughs> I've got, I feel even more strongly in favor. Yeah, I, I supported all the ideas. Yeah, yeah. Except for the skateboard. Do you think, no, yeah, I was thinking more a little bit about that. I don't know. See, my thing is like, I've never kick flipped in my life. And I kind of as a fake ass tattoo, dude. Well, no, it's like as a an article of faith, I want to believe that in another life, Calvin will land the kickflip, you know? But I also kind of have hoped that I will land a kickflip in this life. And if that's the case, maybe I shouldn't get the tattoo because I like kind of still have the hope. So thanks for the talk. You could just make it another tattoo once you land a kickflip. I could just put you don't it have to under fuck up the Calvin tattoo. I could put it under Calvin. Oh no, no, no. Just no. the skateboard. He and doesn't skateboard, dude. Read the fucking he's comics. Do, he's doing the Dave Matthews band dance in my tattoo. Well, I like, could see him. He doesn't do that him, in the comics either. It's, uh, one, you haven't read all the comics. You don't know that. <laughs> I have read all the comics. Have I have you? them. I have the hardback collection. Okay. But I fucking broke a window in my house. Cool. And put the hardback collection of Calvin and Hobbes instead of getting okay. the window fixed for like three years. And so the sunlight, like I can know the next time I read it will be the last because it's a glued binding that's completely melted. So I have like loose leaf collection <laughs> of the complete Calvin. You just buy another. It's expensive. It's probably not cheap, but you're getting all of fucking Bill Watterson's output. You know, he donated like everything. Like there's a giant collection of all of his stuff. He's, I think he lives in Columbus. He might be dead now. I don't think he's dead. Yeah, I don't know. He was younger than you think when he stopped. Yeah. And then didn't really do anything else. Just fucking cash those Calvin checks. I wonder what he did. I don't, I think that he chilled. Chilled? Um, and I, I, I think that he might. It's not hard to imagine. Uh, but he's, he's from Columbus and I think went to Ohio state and donated just a ton of shit to, or he did not go to Ohio state. I'm looking at his Wikipedia now. He went to Kenyon college. Okay. But, uh, for whatever reason it's at, it's in Ohio state. He's like, it's a giant, like all this cool Calvin and Hobbes shit. Interesting. I've never been. I'd like to go. Yeah. Cause like what kind of shit? Cause they didn't make merchandise. I mean, it's like his original drawings and stuff. Oh, okay. Like it's like a museum of Calvin and Hobbes. That'd be awesome if I he think. just had like a framed like this is the original Calvin pissing on a Ford sign. <laughs> See, it's not like it's ever in the comic. Like it's just some fucking idiot that like you know kind of vaguely was aware that he received the newspaper. It was like this kid looks like he fucking hates Chevy, dude. I've, if a listener was not around in the nineties, I cannot impress how popular that was. <laughs> yeah, every truck. <laughs> like what? uh in the and then of course dino you remember what he had on his explorer i don't at excel oh my god oh, Calvin Prain? yeah to the cross i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. get that now yeah <laughs> you got to um dude what if i got that tattoo on my on my neck like on my back and my neck <laughs> calvin praying to the cross so only the cross comes up on my <laughs> neck pop the shirt off. <laughs> Calvin? <laughs> oh, that's it, dude. Fuck the DMV, man. <laughs> uh, like longtime friends who are like, I've always known you with the, but I didn't know it had the Calvin on it. <laughs> yeah. God, that's great. Um, 
Yeah, no, and uh, you ever seen Hot Rod? <coughs> I haven't. And you I've call yourself good. a movie fan? I've, I know. I've heard people say, like, enough that I do think I want to watch it. His final That's big jump. That's with Sandler, right? No. It, that Sam Berg, but Sam no Berg. Sandler. No Sandler. Oh, I'm thinking of that's my boy. Yeah, that's a different. Movie. I, that's a, I have two Sam Berg movies that I want to watch. Anyway, this is one of them. Um, and uh, the the final jump, like the press coverage they get, is there's a guy who like owns the local AM radio station that's willing to broadcast it. Okay. And he's got a real like he's he's got a complex about uh, the TV, of course, but also FM radio. Okay. Like they think they're so much better than us. <laughs> yeah, that's fair though. And he's he's got a a tattoo of Calvin with like kind of his back to you, and he's pissing on both TV and radio. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like a little soliloquy about how he likes to imagine that Calvin was fucking the night before and still had a little bit stuck in the tip, and so that's why it's going in two directions. Oh, that's hilarious. So dude. if you were thinking no one else had had good Calvin tattoos God before. damn, that's good. That is good. <laughs> what kind of madman came up with that? That's funny, man. If you think that's good, dude, the movie's just I gotta check it those. out. You know, it is hard for me to watch comedies. I guess not. I watched one the other day, but... What'd you watch the other day? I watched The Internship. That's right. You know. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. I you think watched I watched The Internship and The Intern? Yeah. Did you review both of them? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, the, I, I, the previous administration would have looked for more diversity in topic. One's about guys, one's about a girl. There's four letters different. <laughs> I know. Okay? I noted that in the episode. <laughs> It's like, thanks for pressing play. If you did a double take, you know? Anyway. Well, they the can't intern press was play good currently. as hell. Good movie. The Intern? Yeah. I liked not. it. I liked it. It sucks. What? I liked it a lot. I thought it was excellent. It was like a spiritual sequel to Devil Wears Prada. That's right. Pretty good. You got De Niro. I don't really like Devil Wears Prada. I thought it was good. I thought Intern was better. Renee Russo, anything with her in it, dude. That's an Excel thing you want to talk about. Do you know about that? I do have respect for Renee Russo. I don't know what you're talking about there. Bro, when we first saw Thomas Crown Affair. I can't believe they let you watch that. Which we had. We had it on DVD. We watched it all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. And just at the very end, because they're chilling on the island or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. You just get Renee Russo, fucking beautiful breasts. Yeah, and it's it's a quick cut, and just it's in my mind's eye, like because we were all watching it Bear? at Excel. Oh yeah, she's just chilling, sunbathing, topless wow. in the movie. So it's like, you know, Linda just rented this. We're mm-hmm. just watching it, or and it it just like psh, cuts the topless Renee Russo out of nowhere, like you don't really see it coming. Love it. And just the whole boy's side. It just is like, what? Like, just immediately <laughs> loses their mind. That's not how to moment. play that. I mean, it just, it was, it, it was like, no one got in trouble. Linda did immediately, like, yeah, like, knock it off. You know, we'll turn the movie off. Yeah, it's fine. If that's uh, as much as they do, that's okay. But that's well, not they, how that goes every time. And they kept the movie. I've seen that movie like 35 times. Uh, but we always, of course, you know, once they know a strange kid it. gets up yeah. and fast forwards. Yeah. 
you know. Anyway, Rene Russo was bitches. In, yeah, definitely. You Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Chill out. Hit pause. Uh, Hit I watched. Play uh, it makes it positive. I watched Chinatown this weekend. Ooh. I've never seen Chinatown before. That's the one with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he's got his fucking nose fucked up the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. That's good. I that... couldn't stop laughing. He's just walking around with a big fucking bandage on his schnoz. Yeah, he's like gets progressively more fucked up like throughout the movie. Yeah, kind it of. starts he, like, with he's got like, like a bandage on it, and then eventually like it's doing all right. So it's just like giant stitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie's messed up, right? In the end, it's like there, it's incest. There is incest. Something yeah. about that. Yeah. I remember being yeah. that. Yeah. John Houston's character. Forget it. It's Chinatown. That's right. Yep. I can't forget That's it. It's the though. last line of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for the big line and then. That's the big line. They do it and then credits. Uh, I don't know when. I don't know if like. Uh, so I was really thrown off by the fact that it's a movie made in 1974 about 1937. Because yeah, I didn't know, like I had to look that up and I only did like halfway through. So what I was seeing, I was like, maybe this is the 50s. Yeah. And I, maybe the movie was made in the 50s. Yeah, interesting. Like, is it possible that this is just like... Uh, it, like I associate it with being old. Yeah. It's I mean, old. it's definitely old. Yeah, yeah. It was made well before we were born. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I eventually sorted it out that it was uh, made in 74, made Damn. about 37. Okay. So I don't know if they were intentionally trying to like set up that 37 feel or if this was just how they made movies in 74 but uh they run the full credits at the beginning of the movie i think that was like on the way out like they were still doing it's a title card with chinatown and then it's like all of the set designers yeah 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 i hate that i mean it can be okay the old disney movies do that i've been watching them yeah you know like on disney plus yeah with the kid uh, I was surprised how much I liked Snow White when the kid had a Snow White face. Dude, those old Disney movies are sick. They're, like, they're very just, sick. They literally do not make them like that anymore. That, like, I know exactly what you mean, and you're 100% right. Yeah, it's they're good. Like the, the fucking sound design is just so fucking distinct. Yeah. The animation yeah looks so fucking trippy looks so good yeah, yeah yeah yeah. like it's just i mean it's the new dope the new movies do they i i've been like you shouldn't have just kept making movies like yeah that. yeah like but they it is like a but i'm glad that we have star. preserved examples yeah of fucking, like the cool like hand-drawn feel and stuff uh i'm trying to remember i watched a documentary about like the revitalization of disney animation in the 80s Oh yeah, uh, and I'm trying to remember if it was that, or if I like just looked it up for fun in another context or whatever. Seeing them do the actual, like they just draw all the cells, and then there's like a thing that like just flips them in front of the camera. Yeah, it's insane. Crazy. Yeah, like I guess that makes sense, but yeah, what levels of autism and creativity combine there? Yeah, you know, to like come up with that. If someone was like, "We want to make a movie," I'd be like, "Okay, cool, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's just film some stuff." And they're like, I mean, "No, we'll we want to draw it." <laughs> yeah. All right. right. I guess conceptually, that may- how do you want to do that? Well, we're gonna like you lost me. There's no way I could come up with that. Yeah, Walt Disney was a genius. Indeed, controversial guy. You know, as someone who's constantly looking for controversy in those types of situations, 
There's less than you. You know, he's not uh, Henry Ford. Yeah, that's a high bar. But <laughs> I, I'm expecting everyone to be like Henry Ford, and I'm not. I'm not disappointed that often. Yeah, I can't remember. I was reading about him recently. I mean, I'm still a fan, but and a lot of the stuff With Henry I read, Ford or Walt Disney. Walt Disney. Uh, I'm not a huge Ford head. I'm Calvin. <laughs> I'm, See, I'm, I'm big Ford. I'm not Henry. Uh, I love our Jewish brothers and sisters, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Volvo was owned by Ford <coughs> for probably like half the time. Okay, when okay. My dad was working there. But I still get the like X plan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, a lot of the Disney stuff of, that people say they don't like is he was tough on the unions, which, you know, mm. I, I'm able Against. to make my peace with that. Uh, I don't, that's not a reason that I like him, but it doesn't mean, that's not, you know. Well. It's as persuasive to me. I know how many names. As a businessman. I mean, know how many names you know on the I think, he might, I think he i think he did or some stuff starbucks like that. lawyers list oh yeah i i know them i was reading it i was excited you can't be trusted on these matters as i was reading the starbucks lawyers list i was like oh i'm glad that guy's getting getting some work <laughs> off this that's great. up to the big time nice. <laughs> that's awesome like other people i was like i expected you here good good to see you but a couple t- a couple names i was like all right <laughs> Like, get in on it. Get you know? some big accounts. Yeah, definitely. He's you been know? working hard. He, he deserves a good break like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you no, know who I, deserves a good break is the hard workers at Starbucks. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like. I think I mentioned I unfollowed all those accounts you except AliExpress. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know much, but. That's fine. I have seen like the headlines that she retweets about Howard Schultz apparently going pretty pretty hard, but it seems to me like he is not honoring all the laws of this country. No, that's what I thought. That's why I clicked the article to be like, is, is he doing it? You know, because sometimes the CEO does the boy he about to do it and does it. Like you can't, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the phone with the CEO being like, I'll be there tomorrow and I think I can turn this thing around. And you're like, <laughs> no, like you're literally not allowed to. Like, you know what, but what Schultz said was not that for sure. What it was, was like, there's clearly a Starbucks PR line that is like, we will honor our obligations, you know, uh, including the obligation to bargain, you know, where the law presents it, uh, you know, we will bargain in good faith and hope the union does the same thing. Like something like that, that the article quoted them and their PR people is saying it like a hundred times. And Mm -hmm. the PR guy said it after the Schultz statement, but what it was was somebody asked Schultz, uh, "Are like something like, are you gonna like Do try you claim to claim the bargain in good faith?" No, and he they said, didn't. No. no, that's not what they asked. It was something <laughs> like where it's like the article tried to make you think that like they are the same thing, but it was like it was almost like, "Do you think the union's gonna be a good thing, or are you like excited to work with them or something?" And he was like, "No." Uh, which is much different, you know, obviously. But the fucking Twitter. Would geniuses. you have advised them to say it? Uh, no, definitely not. Not the way he said it because it obviously left him open for that. Yeah. But, uh, what I would do, you don't want to know. You don't even want to (laughs) know. I feel like I'm like, you know, uh, one of those kids, this actually is a sad story because my friend did get like pretty seriously injured. 
But one of the first times, like me and my boys got jumped, we got jumped by older kids mm -hmm. and they just had beef with my one friend. And so his friends like corralled me and my friend off to the side and they were like, let them fight. Like, don't jump in or we will fuck mm. you up. Yeah. Uh, which yes. I wish we had jumped in now that, you know, I know what happens, but we were much younger than them. Yeah. But uh, one of the kids just kept being like, and, and I would be fighting you right now, but I'm on probation. Sure like, he would. just I would fight you, but I'm up. He just kept saying it, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, I didn't." I'm glad, man. That's thank God. <laughs> like, you know, but they did fuck my friend. What up a break pretty, for me, big time. But uh, that's what I'm doing right now with Starbucks. I'm like, you don't even want to know what I would be advising Howard Schultz. You don't even want to know. If I wasn't in the middle of it. <laughs> I would just go. Break. I would go dark brunic though. I for sure would. I would be like, look, bro, do you really want to go to war? Like we can go, but you're gonna have to take this to the Supreme Court. Like you're gonna have to be willing. We're gonna lose at the NLRB, so we just have to strategize that. You know, federal court, we're gonna be flipping dude, the coin. It's Schultz, that's exactly what he wants to hear. Exactly, dude. I would yeah. get a fucking my beach house finally. Like <laughs> I would just like be like I'd lay him out. The way that like guy laid out to Peter Thiel how to sue Gawker. He's yeah, like, I have yeah, a 10 year plan. Yeah. You just have to pay me like $5 million a year for like lawyer expenses. <laughs> and you know, we'll take these people down and like tell him that. And just then, so when like questions like that, I would have a very aggro, it would, it would be like Elon Musk level. You know what I mean? Where it would be like, do you think the union's good? And just, it would be like a whole speech that is like designed to have fucking Clarence Thomas sign off on it 10 years from now or whatever, you know what I mean? And destroy the NLRA in the process. Like that's what I would do if I were going to do that, but I'm not. So good. everyone can rest assured, you know? I'm God literally good. I know the people on the list, you know? I know. But I actually don't think I could get in the room with Howard though, which is how you kind of would have to you know what I mean? I hope like, not. The, the people I know know me enough. Like I could tell them all this stuff, but then they would probably be like politics of the firm. You know what I mean? Like the way you, anyway, that is, I don't want to do that. And I wouldn't want to do that for, I guess actually it would be kind of interesting to go full like strategic like that with the union, you know, to be like, look, we got Biden in the White House. We got a few more years. Like, what are we trying to do? You know, they do that at the beginning of every year. They send out a memo that's like, clearly those are the issues that they want to be pushing. And then the Chamber of Commerce gets it. And then they send bulletins to be like, this is what the activist NLRB is coming at. You know, <sighs> and everybody litigates it every time. That's like that, that, that's the job, you know? And then you start seeing it again. Like they, they, they roll over the clock. Mm -hmm. you know and it's like no these are the same issues i thought these were cutting edge issues when i was a young lawyer working on them but it's like actually they just flipped between clinton and bush and they'll flip again and everyone will fight over them forever you know what i mean i'm trying to ragnarok this thing you that's know? why you moved into the new field <laughs> podcasting is that, is that what you're doing <laughs> i mean right now what do you mean <laughs> Uh, I, I, I meant like, uh, <coughs> stretching. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> dude, I'm done with the law. Now I stretch. I'm mostly into stretching, dude. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'm actually not even kidding. The, they need that. Like very much big time. They need it, dude. They sit at their desks all the day. Mm -hmm. They live in their heads. Mm -hmm. Like that's what went wrong with me. I'm going <laughs> to work no on stretching. this. stretching. 
There was not enough stretching. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My one firm had a, like treadmill desks, mm. but it was like nope. you had to sign up for them and then people would go on them and take calls. Like there was no etiquette, you know? Yeah. It sucked. The first time I saw that, have I said this to you before? Have I said this? Nah. Do I say this every single episode? I've never heard this. We've never uh, talked about treadmill desks. The one time that I, or the first time Megan and I took a vacation to Los Angeles, which I think I might say is my favorite place now. Okay. It's just enchanting. Having watched the Lethal Weapon movies recently nice. and Chinatown. All of them? Yeah. Within the last month, Megan and I have rolled through all four. Whoa. They're all on HBO. Okay. Uh, and she, I think the second one was just like on TV and she put it on. Now it's like. That's maybe the best one. I think it is the best one. Yeah. I've never seen any of them. Really? Until this month. See, those are Excel classics. For and then me. Megan was telling me that they're the best ever. And I was like, well, the second one does look pretty good. That's the South African guys? Uh, yes. Yeah, that, that one's sick. Diplomatic community. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Excel for me. Dude, fucking tackling Joe Pesci out a 12 story window to fucking dude, take I, him into the pool. I forgot Joe Pesci was even in those. He's yeah. not in the first one. Yeah, yeah. But he's an informant that has to be protected in the second one. That yeah. just shows up for absolutely no reason in the third and fourth. Yeah, Leo gets. <laughs> he's so good, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they just, every single one of those has some kind of set piece like that, you know, fucking yeah like long beautifully shot fall like slow motion fall like 12 stories into a pool yeah just looks dope yeah so how could you not want to be where those are made but anyways so megan and i went to la um and i said on the podcast i was going to go which i will usually do for vacations because it leads to things like this okay where someone he wasn't working at uh WME or CAA, which might be the same thing. I can't keep track of all the mergers and acquisitions. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's William Morris against CAA most of the time, right? As far as who's the biggest. There was a time when I knew that, when I was watching Entourage and getting on Wikipedia a lot. Yeah. So whatever, there's there's two big ones that are always slugging it out back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And so he he worked at the third. Okay. Like it's, it's not those, but like of the ones that aren't those, it's the top one. Okay. Okay. Sure. And he was like, yeah, man, uh, you know, like because of like the job that I do, if you want me to just take you around the offices, I will. Wow. And I was like, hell yeah. Okay. And uh, he, he gave me a copy. They just had a copy of like uh, of the trades. I got a couple of the trades. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> They're big, beautifully printed. Yeah. Uh, and uh show you know just was pointing out various people and then saying their most famous client you know okay okay and uh so katie perry's agent had a very had cool the, the treadmill desk and that was the first time okay I'd seen a treadmill okay desk. very cool yeah that's how you get good clients like that <laughs> i guess so dude <laughs> it the whole thing speaks to me of uh like it's just an arms race you know i used to think that way but i don't anymore okay and I'll tell you why. Please do. Well, because in my new iteration, I'm just, I'm very like fidgety and active. Like it, it would help me to have a thing to, like, you know, I have the whirly board. Yeah. Uh, if I thought that they were all fidgety, active people, then I guess it'd just be like, this is cool. They have their like large fidget spinner. 
Yeah, exactly. But exactly. like, I think it's, it's, I feel like it's likely that a lot of them, it's more about like fitness and image are an important part of what I'm doing. And I have like an obsessive and unhealthy relationship with these Yeah, things. I used to think that too. And I don't think you're wrong, but I think also there are people like me. Yeah. Who it's, cause I, I do know one woman who had a, not a whirly board, but a balance board mm-hmm. and she was like barefoot on it. And just like busting it out, like I went to her office and saw it. Like she was so clearly in her element on it. I was like, "She's that's improving her life." Like it made an impression on me. And I now, buy everything you're saying there. I'm like, I'm I sold. want that too. Like you know, although I don't stand anymore because I was it, it was just not good for my neck the way I had it set up at home. But mm-hmm. uh, I like get my Kindle. Good you're able to see that. Like while I'm stretching. And just read while I'm stretching and stuff, and no one can see me. Now I'm podcasting about it, though. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but uh, I agree. There, there, look at me. De- yeah, true. There are definitely <laughs> people kidding. though who try to get a. Uh, yeah, they like the image. I think. Yeah, Ari does push-ups in the office in Entourage because mm-hmm. he's just he's he's that aggro. When I'm done with the, I don't know if I'll move straight to it, but when I finish the Saturday Night Live book, I do have the CAA book. Nice. I'm excited okay. to get all the Ari stories. Okay, okay. I read the uh, New Yorker profile that came out in 2021. Of Ari? Yeah. I didn't know there was one. That's it's, cool. It's good. I think you'd like it. I'm thinking about subscribing to the New Yorker. He's uh, it, It's like the one magazine subscription I've had, and I loved it. You, you want to know why I stopped? This is a you stopped? oft-covered thing on IJB. Well, I might get going back again because it's no longer true. Okay. Uh, Trump ruined it. Every article is about Trump. <laughs> yeah, it did it for a sure. Yeah, kicking the dick. Their review of Joker. I don't even know if it mentioned Trump, but Trump ruined it. Yeah, like it just yeah. But I've seen good articles like go around that looked appealing that were on the New Yorker. It used to but, be the case like before the Trump thing, like because I it's not like the second he got elected, I was just like I give up. Like I I wanted yeah, to love yeah, the magazine yeah. as much as I can as I had previously, but then it was like, dude, Jesus leave it alone yeah like it's fine you know like they're right i don't disagree with it but i just don't need to see every single thing through that lens the way that they were but before that every single issue there would be something where i was like this is one of the best articles i've ever read yeah for sure that's why i want to subscribe i you know if there's a way to get the old articles i mean there definitely is yeah the that's archives, what i want like yeah the, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's cool yeah, yeah i wish definitely. you could like Get I had access that to that on the Kindle. I'm pretty sure they do. I mean, uh, they've got it on like you know your iPhone. Uh, no newsstand Kindle. I mean, just put it on the iPad. Nope. Okay. Kindle. Kindle. I need Kindle. <laughs> I, I've picked up on that because I don't different. know. I, I would assume that they do. It'd be shocking to me if they didn't. But I'm not into that. Yeah, I, I've done all kinds of New York. I'm not into the the, uh, the standing desk of books. The Kindle? It, uh, well, that's another gripe I have. They changed. I had the origami cover that was the standing desk of books, and now they don't make it anymore for no fucking reason. I don't mm. know why. It's actually really upsetting to me. Thanks for bringing Origami it up. cover? Yeah, the old Kindle, like two Kindles ago, had this kind of cover. It was called the origami, co- origami cover, and it, it had like triangular folds at the bottom. Like you flipped it over, and you could fold it so that you could have the Kindle standing upright without touching it. Like... You know, you're eating, you want to read your Kindle. You, it's, it's a stand on the case. And if you buy one now, you can't the case read is it for without... The, 
Correct. They redid the cases so that all they do is open up like a book cover, like to the side. So there's no stand, there's no case that incorporates a standing element anymore. It fucking sucks. It's not like a secondary market one? No. Not that I'm aware of, which makes sense because, I mean, maybe if you go off Amazon, but, you know, I don't want to do that. Buy some Chinese I mean, eBay. Just fucking you know. get one on Etsy. I get stuff on Etsy all the time. Yeah, that's I'll a good like idea. Etsy. Maybe I'll check that out. I haven't seen anyone else be outraged about this, I, which is baffling to me. Probably just because people aren't into Kindles. I think they're pretty. They keep making new kinds. I mean, here's my counterpoint. Everyone <laughs> thinks the exact same way that I do yeah. about everything. Fair, fair, fair. When you put it that way. Dude, the Kindle is so sick. I do think you're right, though. Like, uh, I knew even when it first came out, I was taking a class at the UT Business School for the EZA. And uh, this guy, he's, I don't know his name. He's like a big, fat tech guy. And he... Kim.com. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, but no, he was like really nerdy. And, but he was like a nice guy. And he gave Michael Dell, like he was one of, he was an early funder for Dell. So he's like rich as hell. And he was like telling the story of like when Michael Dell came to his house for, you know, to pitch him and all this shit. That's what business school classes are. Just like rich guys coming in and telling you about how rich they are. Uh, but then he started talking about technology and he had like the first Kindle, which was like a big ass Kindle. You know, like, do you remember those? They were like kind of big. Not at all. I don't know they, anything about they, the history of They were like Kindles. goofily big. Okay. And he was like, do you guys know about Kindle? And people were like, yeah. And he was like, does anyone have a Kindle? And no one in the class had a Kindle. And he he pulled, looked like he pulled his Kindle out of his ass, like because he like had it in the back of his pants uh -huh. under his blazer. <laughs> so it looked like he pulled his like comically large Kindle out of his ass. That's great. And he pulls it out. He goes, guys, this changes everything. Like it, anyway, it made quite okay. an impression on me. Yeah. But when that's, he, <laughs> that's the kind of shit they're into over at the fucking business school. No, like the whole class was like, it no, it doesn't. We're not into that. Like, and even I, I like as a Kindle man, mm -hmm. I was like, I want one of those, but that guy's wrong. Like I it, like books. It's not changing everything. Like it's only exciting for a very, a small subset. But I'm one of them, dude. It's a great device. You don't have one? You don't like them? No, I like I really I really do like books. Oh, like the the technological object, like the book. Yeah, like I, yeah, I prefer yeah, yeah. to read on pages. And I just like often my reading takes place in very low light, and I find the backlight in the Kindle to be very. Helpful. You know, the number one place I like to read is I've got a chair set up in the bedroom, and the number one time I like to read is before I'm going to bed. Yeah. And this causes a number of conflicts with <laughs> well, the other person. If I got a piece of technology that bedroom. for you. Uh but uh I don't know. I I don't I don't want to like read it in the dark either though, you know. It's nice, like, man. I just I just want to win. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to be like, you know, what if we just keep the lights on an hour past when you're going to go to bed? <laughs> yeah. But uh They do that know. on TV. I, I can see how that's a bit of an asshole move. So Yeah, Natalie wouldn't <laughs> go for uh, it. Don't really do that. Usually I just read downstairs. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I also like you can make the font bigger or smaller if you want to, you know. You, you know, maybe as I like go along, I'll have more preferences about that. But I've, I've never looked at a book and said the font was too small. 
Oh, man, I think I might need reading glasses, man. Yeah, I mean, no offense, but you have worse eyes than me or anyone else I've ever met. Significantly, yeah. I've, yeah, they're pretty bad. It's true. What can I say? It's the price. That's why I never bothered learning right from left or any of that shit. Huh? Because it's like I'm not really as oriented to the spatial external world as most people. Because you can't see it? Yeah. I mean, you can see it the same way I do. Like, you're wearing fucking Right now I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, at home, a lot of times I'll just rock glasses off. Yeah? Just because it's too much, you know. I don't know. It's nice. I might now. now it's like living in, it. like, a impressionist painting. No, the thing I don't, because like, I, the times, you know, whenever I'm, like, uh, swimming or whatever, I won't wear glasses. Yeah. Uh, and, uh this has become much more pronounced in the last couple of years. And just as I age, um, my eyes are just uh, different, you know? Yeah. Like one of them has astigmatism, one of them doesn't, which has been yeah, true yeah, since yeah. I was like, you know, 12 or something. But uh, it's, it, you know, like I said, it, it becomes more pronounced. And uh, I, the glasses even it out. And I, I hate it. Like I, I feel a lot of anxiety about it just because like my eyes obviously look different. And it's because of that. Interesting. And uh, I, you know, I, I think that that's the thing that really like doesn't help with strangers. Like I think that they really? are, I think that they are suspicious of and at times hateful towards A people who have different shaped or like you know different sized eyes. And one of them kind of look like it's starting to look lazier. Really, I don't really see it. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. You kind of decide. I don't. It, that's yeah, wonderful yeah, news yeah. to me. If you if you don't know, but uh, I'm very bad with faces, though. The uh, like, the glasses I'm, help, and I think that like, I think it's that, like one of them is working different than the other. Yeah, and I didn't. That like, happens to me too, man. I didn't notice it until I was in my 30s, but I've I've always like whenever I was reading in elementary school would like kind of close one of them if I need it, and it's always yeah. the same one. Oh my uh, God, dude, you're fucking me up because my doctor said something like, she was like, your eyes aren't the same, but like, do you really want to deal with right and left contacts? Like they're close, they're pretty close. Mm -hmm. I can just give you one prescription. I mean, I always, when I had contacts, I just always had to have right and left contacts. I did too until this option and I took it because I was like, that sounds, I love it. But now when I'm reading, I am opening and closing one eye. So yeah, well, you know, up. think about it, because you, you do it long enough, one of them's going to look fucking different than wonky, the other. dude. And then uh, strangers are going to like me. And uh, in the, so, yeah, the, the glasses, they fix that, you know? Like, I, I can see... But strangers same. hate people in glasses, too. I mean, strangers just aren't going to like me. I think you're right. But <laughs> I don't like... Like, when I look in the mirror, it bothers me. I don't like looking back at two fucking... With one fucking weird eye. Really? One normal eye. Oh, yeah, it bugs me big time. I don't. It's Whenever not that Izzy came out of the me. womb, it was like just. I think it was just because of like how she was squished in there because it went away after like two weeks. Uh -huh. But she had different ones, and I was like mad at myself. <laughs> God damn it! I gave her the the curse. Damn, dude, that's the curse of low self esteem. Yeah, I, the one thing that I like having a kid now. I remember the thoughts, and like it's just so like they're so foreign to me. It used to be that the number one thing that I was always thinking about as a child was how much I hated that I had birthmarks. And I really? really, I really thought all the time that it was fucking cruel that my parents like didn't choose someone as a mate who didn't have as many birthmarks as them. 
Huh. Like I was, I really legitimately, my heart was like, this is fucked up. Where are your birthmarks? I mean, you know, like, uh, there's plenty like on my arms and shit. Those are birthmarks? I mean, what are freckles? What do you want? Yeah. Uh, then sub out the word. That that is what made you self-conscious? Yeah. Uh, you want to, the, this, this one like kills Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That is a big one. Um, and like, you know, when I was a kid, like swimming, anytime I pop the shirt off, I'd be like, well, there goes my friends. I don't have any now because they've seen that. Oh, dude, I had a mole in my belly button. And my friends call it the alien invader. <laughs> As a diver, how do you think that affected me? You know? uh, Izzy always asks, and she had a hard time for a couple months there distinguishing between uh, birthmark and nipple. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Because she'd be like, what is that? I'd be like, it's my birthmark. And then she'd be like, nipple? I'd be like, no, <laughs> that's up here. It's. I realized that it's, this is a difficult thing to distinguish. That's yeah, honestly a good category to figure out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sure she's real confident I, Like yet. She could call every dog, like, that's Henry or yeah, something. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they kind of got to figure that stuff out. Yeah, like, she would point to her nipple and be like, look at my mole. And I'd be like, no. Yeah, 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 incorrect. exactly. Exactly. Oh, man, that's funny. I, uh, yeah, I got the invader removed at Excel. Really? I remember I was like, I'm going to be a fucking machine. I'm going to be a fuck machine when I get out of here now that the invader is gone. And that's exactly how it played out. <laughs> exactly how it played out. Girls were like, let me see your belly button. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, are we allowed to tell the brochure story? I mean, it's so, well, I mean, I don't care. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't we? I don't know. I don't even remember all of the various parts of the brochure story. Yeah, there's like not that much of a plot. It's yeah. like an ironic point of a much different story, really. Like, Well, I just, as you're talking about, like, you got the thing removed, I wanted to be like, well, you know, I mean. The, For sure. Impress the brochure girl. I wish the brochure girl had seen my belly button. <laughs> <laughs> no just uh, I, do, you, uh, do you mind if i like summarize the two seconds yeah, as, I, mean, as I understand i'll reserve it? the right or just let you cook yeah <laughs> just whatever you were applying to go to trinity yeah yeah there was a brochure yeah that i had it at excel yeah yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. so you were always looking th- I, I remember every looking night through i looked at it absolutely i looked at it like the guy in jamaica looked for at buckingham palace like <laughs> yeah. you know just be like one day yeah <laughs> yeah uh and uh there was a girl you know there's probably several students in the brochure but one in particular yeah but one because particular. you looked at it so often you were like you know you knew the people from the brochure yep, yep, and you yep. met one of the girls in the brochure because she was an actual student who i went on a trip with her class i went on a school trip with her yeah 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 and sat next to her on the plane and really got along well i'll just tell the rest of the story man this is messed up but dude it's so messed up man you kind of got to go all the way back should i even go into this it's up to you it's not i don't think it's bad content i think it's good but you know it's personal and not i was just gonna leave it at you met the person from the brochure yeah i did I because did. any more than that seems like it's especially not my story to tell yeah you know what let's do a, a little let's just dangle this one out you know we'll tell the story eventually but let's just say I indirectly... You learned a lot about how to deal with... <laughs> uh, well, what do you mean? I learned a lot about a lot. Just how to navigate, you know, feelings between young people. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. But you know this is where I ran into the Excel guy. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's the little Yeah, that's insane. For the listener, it's just it takes too much right now. I, I just don't wanna I don't have the emotion. We gotta do that later. That's like a I don't know. I gotta make a unify okay, no, you know this, what it is? This uh this isn't that episode. This is the Tom Powers episode, obviously, exactly. since we've been talking for uh more than an hour now and <laughs> you've uh seemed to stridently not want to talk about I'll talk about this. Tom Powers. Yeah, no, I will. But honestly, Tom, I need to talk about Tom Powers before I can talk about Brochure Girl because it all kind of indirectly does play into each other. And I, the, you know, the Excel guy that I ran into at the airport when I was with Brochure Girl, it's it, it just, I can't take that topic too lightly because I got to say something intelligent this time because I've talked about it so much. I'm so sick of the fucking runaround. And, you know, something needs to be done. And I don't know what to do. And that's really been my issue this whole time. So, I mean, I think it's clear. I don't. What should we do? Honestly, listener, we what should go we out do? There. Fucking we gotta vigilante? Move. No, vigilante? we got to move. No, we can't, we can't act on no information. I literally have told people that work for the federal government about We need about to tail him every day until we have what we need to be sure. See, what if it's going on in his house? See, that's the thing that I'm wondering about for the listener. I mean, if he's just better than us at, follow, at covering his tracks, then like we just got to tip our cap. It's not that hard, man. It happens all the time. Like, you, you know, dude, you think if someone was paying close attention, like, uh, I I watched the Jimmy Saul. Uh, I tried so hard to make sure I said the name right. Is it Savile? Savile. Yeah. Savile. I watched the Jimmy Savile documentary, and there's clip after clip of him like winking at the camera, being like. What if I was a pedophile? Jesus. <laughs> so it's not impossible. Like, you know, it, it, if, you, if you're in the situation we're in where you're working backwards from already knowing the conclusion yeah, and you're yeah, just yeah. trying to test this hypothesis, I don't think that it's just like we're going to throw up our hands and be like, it's impossible. I think if you like, like, obviously we're not actually going to move and trail someone 24-7. I, I for sure thought about getting a job in the school. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you just showed up, God. What's up, man? <laughs> that's like a fucking the show. There would be a show. About, there should be. About this. There probably will be when it's all said and done. Um, but I'm saying, like, okay, a lot of times, you know, a complaint gets made. I don't know if this is clear enough to the listener, but there's yeah, a person that we're, um, you know, just it's got a history of, uh, you know, having things done to him that were not kind like you know sexual abuse as a child and uh, which they know to say as an explanation so you can never really tell if they're telling the truth i believe them it's I mean, only I like 30 percent, and most people that get molested don't go on to molest so i'm just saying um yeah no i know you got your all your talking points about this but i'm not well, i'm just over. saying you know uh but i mean, I mean he you, went to excel that was a victim state too do you do you not believe that he had those things happen? No, I don't. And I was there. I remember when Jamie brought it up. Like that's why I know that that's part of his story. Mm -hmm. And the way that Jamie brought it up, and the way that he responded, I got the impression that Jamie was leading him, and that he was just like, "Oh yeah, 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 for sure." Wow. You know, that's interesting. So that kind of forms my life. Like when I read that lady say the talking points, I was like, "Finally," you know. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not. 
I know. Well, this is all vibe shit, man. I mean, so but like, uh, yeah. So we just, you know, I mean, did it end there? Yeah. You know, like he was sent to the school, and so and like this was one of the things that they were hoping to solve for. Yeah, is that you know? Uh, I mean, he he didn't have healthy impulses whenever it comes to normal sexual relations. Yeah, he was a fucking pedophile. And uh, well, can you even say that about someone yes. when they're fifteen? Yes. Okay. Well, you can. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. You, you're certainly right. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, you know, it, I, I sure hope he stopped. Yeah, but I don't but think he did. Troubling and this signs. is this is why it's vibes, you know. And I don't know what to do, and I don't want to defame anybody. And yeah, I don't want to defame anyone, so I won't get into specifics, and they're not my specifics to get into. But I will say that I once relayed them to my parents, who like I would think of as like normal. Like I've never heard them say something like this before, but like I was just like, yeah, you know, this kid's doing this, and they were like aghast. I am too. But what can you do, man? Like, I just laid it out. I guess, man. I mean, I think there's more that you. There's got to be something. This is more. You think that my plan is not enough? We're moving to that a different would do state. It. That probably would do it. I guess I just can't afford it. I don't know. Also, it's I'm probably worried, cheaper to live there than here. Probably. I'm honestly worried that I'm also like all of the facts are fine. I don't. I'm past wondering if I'm right. <clears throat> I I'm believe not. in God, but. You know, I don't know. I'm just like, if I were a drug addict, which I'm not, but if I were, I wouldn't go work in an opiate factory, mm -hmm. you know? So if I had a problem with pedophilic impulses, no matter how completely God removed them from my heart, like I still wouldn't work at a school and coach Little League and be a Boy Scout leader before I had kids. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, he, well, I don't want to dox anyone with too many details, but it's no longer the case that he doesn't have kids. And that's where it's like the complaint may not be efficacious because, well, I've made them uh, and they don't appear to have been. Uh, but th that's the easiest one to get rid of because the kid will fucking lie. Like the, the abused kid can be the one that made the complaint and just the good cop parent will be like, yo, we're going to be homeless if fucking daddy goes to jail. You got to take this shit back. Mm. I, yeah, it happens every day. Like it just does and they're good at covering their tracks they're good at picking victims like they be, be, before they've even picked which of the kids they're going to do it to they like their brain has an algorithm like to, like running probabilities you know what i mean so it's hard uh but it's just if i were jamie and sally see because that to me is what fucks me up is they sent him out into the world and yeah. they did it in a way where they told the government that he was okay. And he went right into a... a yeah, now you're getting into real specific information, but you're right. Like the the specifics entity. of the situation are fucking disturbing. Like, it's not like they had a normal... So it's like, that's what he did with the imprimatur of There's a Excel lot of blood Academy. on their hands, the way yeah, that they so how are it, they, like, sitting there? I mean, I know I am too, but I, I've done things. Like, I just, nothing's worked. No one's ever going to look at you as responsible. Except me, when I fucking look in the mirror. Like, I, it's hard to live with, like, knowing it happens. Like, or not knowing, but kind of knowing, you know? Like... Dude... As far as doing enough so that you should be able to look at yourself in the mirror, I think you're past that. I appreciate that, but it's like I don't know, man. I'm like not really the like next I step is what I'm outlining, and like, well, that's where I'm saying I don't trust myself to execute because I after I got fired, I like kind of was fixated. Like 
you know, the Epstein stuff was going on. Like I had mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on and I really fixated on this and like, I don't know, man, I hatched a lot darker plants than the one you're talking about. And yeah, I, I mean, just you know, like, I don't like that. Yeah. I just don't want to fucking, I, I'm not the same reason. I don't think I should really be in charge of Starbucks labor strategy. You know, like, it's just like, I need to check. But then when I tell people that like everything, they're just like, that is fucked up. And I'm like, but what do you do? And they're like, I don't know, man, something <laughs> like, you know, like, no, I don't know. Uh, it just seems, I don't know, maybe just cause I know more about it, but that would be my question to Jamie and Sally. Like, what can you tell me tactically when you're laying your head down, what you do with this, you know, like, is it just that I don't think about it kind of thing? Because the other thing is like, he can't be the, their only one because they took in a lot of sex weirdos. So maybe they just have like a mental apparatus. Any of, of like, the ones whose parents could pay 50,000 a year. So maybe they're just like, look, that's part of trying to help pedophiles is knowing that you're going to set some pedophiles loose that you didn't help, you know, cause you can't help them all. But if you're going to take any of them in, you got to make your peace with being complicit <laughs> fucking I just setting them like up to, in society. Like what's the fucking, uh, what's the thing that they did where they were like, well, we thought this would fix them. Whenever we like, uh, they're made, usual. Is it, yeah. But just like not, no, I mean like, yes, that they were kind of like, Whenever it was a kid like that, they would just intensify the regular things that they did. But, like, the regular things they were did was fucked up. And so, like, intensifying them more was more fucked up. Yep. And, like, I don't know. Taking a kid who's, like, got a weird relationship with that stuff and then being much weirder. Yep, 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 is, yep, uh, yep. It seems like it's going to make it worse. Well, and they had their own issues because, I mean, if you really want to talk about who has an excuse based on what happened Definitely. to them early in life, it's them. It's yeah. Jamie and Sally. Or I don't know Sally's background. Yeah, but, I have no idea Sally's background, but Jamie's is clear enough. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's why you, that's also why I am not the guy to go be in charge of how this works. Yeah. You know? Uh, I don't know, man. It's a tough situation. But so... The way it went when he was leaving Excel was they knew his parents were running out of money or patience or something. And so they started making up a story that he was doing better. Uh, and they took him off his 10 foots and his blackouts. And so like within 48 hours, not just me, I saw it immediately on the soccer field. Like the ball was not even in sight and he like slid tackled slide tackled i guess is the past tense of that verb like the most young looking you know like 14 year old that you've ever seen you know who it is of course uh like in a way that was like i'm shuddering thinking about it uh and they didn't even hear me on that like they were like you know there's a little bit of an adjustment he hasn't been able to touch anyone in a long time that's just a little roughhousing on the soccer field but then you know like a day later someone saw him doing the same thing to one of the staff members kids who was like 10 uh and so from there they went and i've confirmed this you've been there when i've confirmed this with other kids you know who remember this happening because i didn't i wasn't even sure if i remembered you know what they did but they basically then you know whisked him away from the general population literally threw him in a closet and said do jumping jacks until further notice 
And then he stayed in variations of one closet and a bathroom. You know, I don't know if there's anything that's going to fix it, but what's the theory where it's that? I think it was just like, we We're don't... just going to jumping jacket out of him? Exactly, dude. It, when I was a kid once, my dog bit me. And Does I that made, make I sense to you? I put him in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. Like, I was like so mad, like, but I didn't, I knew I couldn't like hit him. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you're going in the basement. You know, it was mean to the dog. I'm not proud of it, but I think it was that they just didn't know what else to do, but they would come in. I, I still remember the smell of the bathroom after like a, a solid 12 hours of jumping jacks. This wasn't a small guy either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in there, but I wasn't like super strength, but I was in the, I was in the group of guys that had to monitor him like while he was in his jumping jack closet. Mm-hmm. And we just watched the movie rush hour on a laptop like all weekend we watched all the special features sounds like includes brett ratner's student film where like a midget kills a guy with a samurai sword or a little person excuse me uh and then you know he came in and they set him up with a a recruiter of a, a certain group of people that were looking for people and uh they came and then he left and and went and joined them and when they did that I remember, because this was like when Jamie was still like, she wasn't cool, but her image was of like, I'm a cool, I relate to the kids, you know, I curse and stuff, but like the kids know I love them and they know my heart's in the right place, blah, that's why I can do this, blah, blah, blah. And and there was more leeway in that way. And I felt enough leeway clearly to ask her this, because I did. I was like, how can you let him go like this after like, everything you've said about him, everything you you say he's done and what he's like. And her answer was just like, don't worry where he's going. They know how to deal with guys like him. He'll be fine. And then that was it. Is that how it happened? I don't think so. Did they deal with him great and now it's fine? <laughs> I don't think so. Because again, you know, the point, if you've recovered from your opiate addiction, you wouldn't go work in the Oxy factory. Um but so this is where i get this is like the diciest vibe breed of all time like this wouldn't hold up in court i don't think but you know we've talked so much about how so many of these compulsions thrive in the shadows and in shame and like until you can talk about aspects of yourself like you can't really deal with them and when you're dealing with shame like you use your addictions or like whatever it is to you know hide away and hide away those parts of yourself I mean, that's more for the listener, <clears throat> but I didn't have any of that vocabulary at the time uh, when this happened. But so I'm flying back from Alabama with brochure girl who is scared of fucking flights, man. And so she needs somebody to hold her hand. I'd be uh, happy to. I was so happy to. <laughs> uh, and just tell her, you know, we're going to be okay. Baby, it's going to be you, fine. Exactly, dude. It's going to be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's going we're great. bad guys it's you it's, know all guys are bad not me they're right i'm not like other guys dude <laughs> okay <laughs> you're the worst one uh no but it's i, I can't believe it dude it's brochure girl dude like if alex in the excel in the big ass bathroom of the quad dorm you know just sitting mm-hmm. there waiting for some kid to brush his teeth mm-hmm. and i'm just staring at this girl in the brochure being like I bet I probably I don't I don't think I'll be able to date a girl like this, but like you know they'll be at college, you know. Maybe probably. I could at least hold her hand you on know, an airplane. Maybe, and it turns out that's all I could do. 
because yeah. Yeah. we were supposed to like hang out, I think like that night and, uh, or maybe that weekend. Cause we were coming back from like that, the conference, mm-hmm. we all wrote good papers. This is when I wrote the paper on the CIA overthrowing Guatemala. That was the paper oh, yeah? I presented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, you know, Brochure Girl was Shaking very impressed my head. by my take. <laughs> I'm against. I was against it, yeah. I was definitely. Well, Good. I was more about saying what happened than pro or con. Just, I don't know how you could list the events without condemning them. I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't remember exactly. I was just more about, I can't remember exactly what I said. It was some bullshit. But, okay, so we get off the plane. We land in San Antonio. And, uh... You know, I'm walking out, yucking it up, having a good time. Who do I see in the goddamn airport but fucking sex man? Ten fucking years later. I mean, I don't know how many years later. Maybe eight? Something like that. I don't know. Maybe fewer. Maybe six or seven. But he's, he's there. It's definitely him. And we lock eyes. And just immediately I know, like, I can't walk by him i can't and we haven't talked about it in detail but we've hinted but this guy saw so like even though i'm i don't think he's a good person he was tortured at excel yeah like in a way not you and i and no one else except the other sex kids you know that were stigmatized the sex kids were like he he was tortured and as a strength kid, yeah, I mean, were, you know, like we, like we're saying, like uh, Jamie had, uh, like, it's you're putting the uh, victim of the drunk driver, like the family, in charge of the punishment of the drunk driver. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, the way that that manifested, yeah, dude, like it, they got it worse brutal. than us. Stuff that like physically assaulted. Yeah, I mean, I I want you to finish the story, but I I I think this segues nicely into discussion about that uh, family school letter that you sent me. Yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, definitely. But yeah, finish. The um, but yeah, I'm, I, the reason I bring all that up is to say, like, as a strength kid, like, I really, you know, have always had issues with this shit. You know, it's not like it was, like, awesome to be strength. And even though they were sex kids, and I brought him up all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I brought him up for touching that kid. I, like, brought him up for looking at people weirdly. Uh, and that was because, I mean, to be honest, God, I bet he did so much fucking, I mean, whatever I wasn't there for him. I think I might've been there for like a day of what you're describing, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It was very, very close, close to the borderline. Cause yeah, yeah. The, our friend says that he saw him, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Then that means I would have, right? I think so. Uh, but that's how they did. It was like, no I think one's when I to got there, he was like in the, in the closet and it yeah. was like, no, probably I was in the closet. So I don't, I mean, I wasn't in the closet with him, but like I was what there. So, but I suspect. No one's buying it. <laughs> no, I've already made way too many overt "am I gay" jokes on this podcast <laughs> to have a genuine Freudian slip like that. But I was going to say, like, I should not. There were times I think where probably I brought him up. Like, I didn't like lie ever, but like, I don't know, dude. I was also a victim of a drunk driver. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I really should not have been in. Yeah, I, it was not an environment for me to be recovering in. Mm-hmm. you know, having to worry about that. Uh, but I felt bad, like, you know, when thinking about the way everything, just the, you know, the whole school 
And so when I saw him. I feel him, bad. I don't know. I, like, yeah, exactly, you know? man. And <laughs> yeah. The other sex guy I feel much worse about. Definitely. Because, you, know? uh, you know, he didn't fondle any children in front of me. <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah. Know. But Dude, I, with him, I I would love. I just I have very little information about it. The other one you're referring to, uh, like I think that both of them left like at around the same time, and I think that the the one that we've been talking about fell on just. I'd been there for a couple days, and the other yeah. one would like left like a month before I got there. Okay, so I don't know, and like even you know, it's not like we're given like their full history when we're there. I mean, sometimes you do find that about kids because you hear them tell their stories, but I certainly never heard this kid tell a story. Uh, and so, like, I I don't know, like maybe they had good reason to. I mean, there's no good reason to treat anyone that way, you know. But you know what I mean, like yeah. It, but it's with him. It seemed to at least be considerably more of a possibility that uh, he just fucking got unlucky, caught the wrong side, like got coded the wrong way to them without much evidence, and got you know fucking ground into a pulp for things that are pretty normal. I mean, listen, dude. The other guy. If every single the other yeah, guy. yeah yeah the yeah, other guy. that's what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah yeah okay. Uh, <laughs> if every single person that like fucking uh, masturbated there, you know, or or yeah, even yeah, all yeah. even goes so far as to say uh, masturbated like you know like uh, the fucking um, dude get on Pornhub, man. What do you mean? You know, or I don't know what you were about to say. Well, not just ma- I just mean like masturbated that like. Like, uh, I definitely, whenever I first got there and I was like trying to sort out like, okay, so where, where do you guys jerk off? Yeah. 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 Like, I don't know, dude, I made some wrong guesses. <laughs> dude, I didn't. And I, so if, if I had like gotten caught in one of those and I, I, I there must would, be kids I don't th- that were no, like. No, I don't think you would have got, there were kids that got caught, but if you weren't branded as a sex kid, you kind of got like, yo, chill out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah. dude. I, I I got branded as things that wasn't fair to me. Yeah, and yeah. So for sure, the fact for sure. that uh, you know, like uh, it seems like more randomness than like the place working in an efficient and fair manner. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the big like hurdle, I think, is they're not going to tell your parents. Like we've also discovered he's a you know a pedophile That's right. or whatever. Yeah, and uh, gee, I, so I guess. Either they were just really feeling themselves because there's times whenever they had acted with confidence that they hadn't really earned. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and like worked out for more than you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they were just willing, but yeah, I guess that would suggest if they're willing to get on the phone and be like, yeah, we're punishing him because of this and this is how we're punishing him. Uh, and, and not that they gave full transparency in how they were punishing everyone to their parents, I think, but they had to say something. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess if the parents, if the kids' parents are like open to hearing that, then they, there's probably something that they're like, For well, sure. I agree we have to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. The, the kid that I saw at the airport when I first got there, he wasn't even in school. He just mowed lawns all day. And Jamie would just be like, your parents don't give a fuck if you go back to school and you know that you're mine. And just like, it was, it was rough. It's not a way anyone should have to live. Yeah, for sure. And so that's why when I saw him, I was like, I didn't have anything personally to apologize to him for. Like, I don't regret bringing him up or whatever, but I knew in my heart I didn't like him and I liked getting him in trouble. Uh, Like, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe like the fact that you feel good when your group punishes a pedophile for pedophilic activities, it's, you don't need to question it too hard. I don't know. But like, I was like, Hey man, it's giving in the darkness. 
Yeah, the the part of my heart that I'm talking about is not a part. I I have to work with it. Like you can't pretend it doesn't exist. That's right. But like that's doing this now instead of the other plans. Uh, like it just feels too good to trust. Like it's it's too pure of a. Yeah. I'm doing the right thing. Nothing in there. It's real Darth Vader shit. For sure. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I was just like, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm real sorry about the way things went down. It's real so. dooku shit. Like, yeah, I was like, they dooku'd you pretty hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was Tommy Lasorda, by the way, that guy they keep cutting to. He's close. It lo- kind of looks like him. Uh, but yeah, that's all I said. And he was like... The person is Tony LaRusso, if anyone's wondering. Tony LaRusso, thank you. Uh, I like I was like he was like it's okay man you know everybody did what they had to do there you know it, it is what it is I'm, that's what I'm he said okay yeah and then he clapped you on the back and said go knock it out with the brochure he girl. didn't touch me actually I think actually we might have like shaken hands maybe mm-hmm. I can't remember actually because I didn't get horrified until after so because oh yeah so when I saw him he was walking away from a newsstand mm-hmm. and he kind of did the reverse kin- the thing the Kindle guy did. You yeah. know, like instead his of hands, pulling something out, he was yeah, placing yeah, something yeah, yeah. under his coat. And it, his hands moved very quickly. And it was almost like I know his look of being caught doing something because I've caught <laughs> him seen doing him. things. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the look. Like that's how we immediately like locked eyes and we're like, yes, we are you you are not imagining it. You're seeing a kid from Excel in the San Antonio airport. Mm-hmm. Uh and so, yeah, so like I told my friends, I was like, I'll catch up with you guys. And they, they were like, what? Because this guy was in a uniform. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, I'll catch up. I'll explain. Um, Did you? No, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. and it's where what would I, that explanation even be? <laughs> uh, well, I, it messed me up because like I was like, okay. And then like it felt a little off, but I was like, whatever. And then he turns around to like walk away and tucked in his waistband in the back of his pants is uh, like, I don't remember the exact title, but it's important that it wasn't a Playboy. It was like a barely 18 magazine, which is like, they don't sell child pornography at the San Antonio airport. If you want some child Uh, pornography, that's the closest thing they will sell you. Exactly. Yeah. And his thing was never like limited just to boys. Mm-hmm. uh so it's like it's not like oh good he's into girls now you know it's like oh good he's into 98 pound girls in pigtails and braces like who are like shot like with lollipops <sighs> or whatever and so and the and even then it's like the fact that he moved it so quickly maybe if he was drinking a beer in the airport and saw an excel kid he would have done that too you know like as a sobriety thing or something yeah you know, but just that's where I'm saying, like, so for 10 years or however many, like after that incident, I didn't know what to think. But I know in the moment what I thought, because it fucked me up, man, because I remember, like, you know, I said to Jamie, how is this OK? And she was like, basically, they'll fucking brainwash him or torture him you they know, can more fix than this. we did. This yeah, will be fixed. Exactly. Next time you see him, he'll be doing great. Exactly. And then I see him. And maybe he, he seems better, great. you know, he's he's clearly employed, whatever. And then exactly, he's still engaging in sexually, like compulsions, sexual compulsions, and he's ashamed of them. That's all I need to know. Yeah. To know that he's not healed. Like, I don't mean if you're listening and you were a pedophile and now all you do is buy weird magazines at the airport, 
I'm not writing you off, you know, but you're the exception. Uh, and be vigilant to it. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking to this imaginary person. But don't start feeling your own shit and start working at a fucking school and being a Boy Scout leader and being. No, a I don't think that he started doing coach. those things because he was uh, overconfident <laughs> like, no, in his recovery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his sponsor's like, dude. <laughs> I, think, I think that he wrote down a master plan and is executing right? it. Exactly. You know, but I didn't know all of that was going to happen. But, you know, after just seeing the magazine tucked in his like back pocket, I don't know what it was. This is like. You know, in Mad Men, when Don Draper gets drunk, you know, at his daughter's birthday, it's not like he's like, I can't deal with the emotion of seeing my children reminding me of my childhood. And so I'm going to go get drunk. You know, he just like blacks out. You know what I mean? So and I was drinking a lot more then. Uh, and so just like from that, from like, we should hang out tonight. I'll catch up with you guys. I don't know if it was just like having encountered someone who I believed was like a, a pedophile who was probably still cracking, uh, whether it was like accumulated, you know, anxiety over like, you know, Jamie's bullshit explanation and knowing that it just meant that nothing happened and bad things were probably going to happen or like having to explain what the fuck that was to that girl. You know, like just, I, I don't know. So I fucking blacked out, dude. I like got back to wherever I, I can't remember if I was in a dorm or in a house. And then I think I like ended up texting her at like two in the morning that night in a manner that ensured that we would not be speaking again. <laughs> Un good. Unless it ex <laughs> there was a very slight chance we would be speaking. Uh, but yeah, and it did. And it, it sucked, dude. So that was that, man. <laughs> that's rough yeah. uh so i i don't know i you know i feel like protecting his identity is more important not less right i mean i'm not looking to get sued uh but i i did i just googled his name have you googled his name not recently it's definitely not him <laughs> okay okay but the first result is a guy being arrested on child porn charges wow see that would make me so happy if i found that that drop from realizing it's not him. Oh my gosh, he spells it differently. No, it's spelled differently. Yeah. Okay. It's the oh, whatever. I don't want to uh, do more. Yeah. You know what actually has been fucking me up lately is seeing pictures of Josh Duggar from the sure. you know, the Duggars because the guy I'm talking about from Excel looks just like Josh Duggar but shorter hair. Uh, but he has those same recessed beady eyes that almost seem like they're like <laughs> behind an extra layer of glass, uh -huh. you know? And it almost has like the Aurora Colorado, like that weird creepy like smile behind it, even when the face isn't smiling. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen these pictures of Josh Duggar? No. Anyway, he's gone up for like 10 years. See, they caught him again. I know that. Yeah. Uh, so that his picture's been floating around more. And every time I see it, I think of this guy from Excel. But, you know, I even called the lawyer who was suing the Boy Scouts on behalf of victims to be like, yo, man, you could probably get some more money if you know about this guy. Add him to your list. You know, ask for discovery about him. No one cares. Like, I got the case was probably too late down the road or something. I don't know. Uh, I mean, do they get a lot of those and do they have to take, like, the, with the resources they have, do they have to have more to go on than that? 
Yeah, I know. But like I told the intake lady, I was like, yo, I know your job is to fucking wade through people making these kinds of calls. So tell him that an attorney called and tell him that like I have things that I think, you know, make sense if I give you an affidavit, which I will, uh, you know, but nothing like she it, it made sense to her. Like she was asking me questions about what to say in the file and stuff. But in my experience, plaintiffs attorneys in general are like they're not good at getting back to people. But, you know, the exception is when they can make money. But I think that guy was already like cracking millions, you know, and the settlement funds already like, you know, worked up or whatever. He may just not care. On to the next one. That's the thing I think is like maybe I just need to grow up because. I'm spelling it right now and I'm not enjoying any of these. <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe it is like when you work with these kinds of populations in any capacity, like you just get numb to the fact that like the, the system does not prevent it. Uh, like, do you want to see this picture of him? No, I mean, if you want to show me now. I don't really. It, but, you know, kind of out of a morbid sense now. But I've seen most of the pictures of him that are available online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that one. Okay. Yeah, the fucking exactly. I'm f Jesus Christ, dude. <sighs> Like, Prayers what are up. you supposed to do with that, man? Pray. I mean, I do. And the, he, God says, keep thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so you sent me a letter. Yeah. Written yeah, yeah, by yeah. Uh, the head of the family school at the time. So, I mean, you, if you want to get into... Dude, I sent you so much shit. I actually forgot about that until you That was the up. most compelling. I mean, of all the... I could really sink my... Uh, hard to say. The Nancy <laughs> thing was fucking revelation i mean the why'd you change your name Chrome? why'd you change no that was obvious don't even start with that it's not even what the are worst. you saying dude there it was literally is the real it is that dude it's, the lino the whenever they say it normally they're leaving off the first syllable is that what your, your claim is yeah dude adrenochrome is a real thing and it's related to both of those things and these same guys were getting into it like bill wilson he says there are three things that saved his life spiritualism and his spiritual awakening, uh, or spiritual experience, excuse me, Bill Wilson did not want it to be called the spiritual awakening in the 12th step. It was originally called the spiritual experience. It was a big deal when they changed that. Tom Powers was involved in that. Uh, he, he also, I think, wanted it to stay as experience. Uh, so spiritualism, LSD, and adrenochrome. Like those are the three treatments. Yeah, I, he thought when no, he died, he would be more remembered for his pioneering of vitamin B12 therapy in connection with his adrenochrome work. Just slamming like industrial quantities of niacin, which I did take uh, once to pass a drug test before Excel. Yeah? Yeah, like my boy told me. Uh, niacin makes you pass drug tests? Yeah, it was something he, he said it was something that makes you get it out of your system. It flushes you out, man. It'll turn your skin all red, you get all warm. Yeah. Uh, but I did pass the drug test, but who knows if I would have anyway. Yeah, always hard to say. But uh yeah, the sex letter from Family Foundation School was buck wild, man. Yeah, so the Family Foundation School, you know, what did we laid it out last time that it was uh essentially Tom Powers started so Tom Powers started the East Ridge Recovery Center, mm -hmm. which was basically a cult offshoot of AA in upstate New York, which, dude, it's 20 minutes from that summer camp I worked at. The one that was in Pennsylvania? Yeah. 
Okay. It's like right on the border. That's nuts. Uh, like Hancock, New York, uh -huh. where Sally lived and where the Family Foundation School. I can't believe I never put this together. We used to drive there to get ice cream on days off. Wow. It's like a 15 minute drive from the camp. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's beautiful up there. I'll bet it is. Uh, so it's like, yeah. So the Family Foundation School was started by alumni of the East Ridge Recovery Group. Yeah, and those alumni, uh, it was a husband and wife, uh, you know, maybe there are other people involved, but there's also a husband and wife involved. Yeah. Uh, they had kids. And so the, the Family Foundation School just has a much longer history than Excel, like right. operating in many more decades, like, you know, especially like they were there for decades before and were there for another decade after. Right. Uh, and so they had a situation where the... Uh, you know, I mean, God, what a fucking, the, the woman's doing the best she can. I thought it was uh, a good letter. And you know <laughs> yeah. who else did? Did I even tell you where I got this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Tom Croak. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, say yeah. his name. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, your educational consultant, Tom yes. Croak. Admitted pedophile himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, had he, written a letter, like, got, like, written a post on his educational consultant website that was like, I'm hearing things about the way the Family Foundation School treats sex that make me nervous. That make me, a pedophile, nervous. Yeah, and uh, so they were like, you know, this is a wonderful opportunity that he has presented us to discuss these things. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so the woman writing the letter is the daughter of the couple that uh, founded the Family Foundation School. And Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you know that. It's in the letter. I had forgotten. Um and uh so she's she has a very artful yeah it was like, well written listen you know ideas that were mainstream in the 50s or she said something like uh like she had a progression where she was like widely accepted in the 50s mainstream in the 60s conservative in the 70s all right yeah, and like yeah. you know out and out like by now you know just basically being like Listen, dude, if you told people that they'd go to hell for masturbating, then uh, they used to be okay. Yeah, and like, yeah, but if, yeah. you, if you just said that, then they, people would be like, well, I've heard this argument before. It sucks and I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah. But she said it in words where it's like much more artful. You're like, for sure. hey, yeah, we're trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> they did used to do it that yeah. way. <laughs> uh, I would not say that I agreed with her, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you tip your cap um well and she was saying like we're not doing it anymore definitely like she, but she was also trying to say the things that we previously did don't cancel us for them for because sure they yeah, used yeah, to be yeah. all right not so all right that we're okay with it now which kind of gives up the game about whether or not they were ever all right true uh, true but uh you know she's trying her best to uh, cover all bases. She's and in fact, did, right? Like, didn't Tom Croak come he, back and be he's like, like, yeah, they're back on the list. I'm fully satisfied. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This response works great for me. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Tom Croak did with like uh, Sin and On Tactics in general. Like, yeah. he was like, Aspen, you know, my concern is that they're still doing these tactics in this day and age. Yeah. You know, like we all used to be down with all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like he never told any of the clients that were still at Excel, like, hey, pull them out, pull them out, you yeah. know, like, so. You, you know, know any of those clients? Who can you trust these days? Yeah, <laughs> I can think of a few. 
few podcasters. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so the the thing that just jumped out at me from the letter, and like Sally probably could have written something pretty close to that. Yep. So I guess I guess I should include that. But it's like you don't know what to take as a given and what's unique about your situation. I just would have assumed, and like obviously this is wrong, but like it, it's how I feel that like everyone running these places had like a second grade education. And no, seeing this dude. woman speak eloquently about yeah, like, yeah. and just like, I was just like, Jamie just could not come for close. sure. For sure. Like if my parents had been uh, bamboozled by someone like that, I'd be like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but instead, like the, like most of the way towards, you know, I don't know. What, what's the word that we're allowed to use now, lady? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. uh, she, she was the one that was talking to them and they were like, yes, yes, she's wise. <laughs> I know. It's so frustrating. I mean, she was standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, but she did, you know, have her own personal twist on it. Uh, imagine Jamie's letter about her approach to jerk off issues. I mean, first of all, you would have written that. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> I would have, dude. I would. How would we have come up with what to say? Dude? <laughs> that would have been the best day of Excel. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I another thing of, like, you you don't you know the i don't know if i'm using this correctly but the uh, the david foster wallace water thing uh-huh like you you don't know what the whatever things are like such right? uh, deeply embedded assumptions you don't even know that right. they're assumptions yeah 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 um yeah. I, Dude, I, I, it never I, occurred to me that someone could consider the uh, like that anyone at one of those schools would be embarrassed that they were saying that you should refrain from masturbation categorically like this woman seems to be like really like yeah. fighting hard to put out this fire that they would ever go around being like don't you ever jerk off whereas every single time it came up while i was at excel they were like y'all better not fucking jerk off see okay that is true but again early days of cool jamie mm -hmm. she'd be like guys i know you i know you jerk off how many times a day do you jerk off how often are you doing it guys you can't be doing it so much you need to pay attention to it you know we'll check back in tomorrow like yeah. it was like we had special jerk off meetings but it wasn't categorical. It was like, you got to watch it. And she started talking about how you'll need more and more extreme stuff. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't want to judge anybody. It's not like I'm a, a milk toast guy, but I don't know. I don't find myself needing to watch like people being murdered to achieve an erection. No. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's all, it seems to have leveled off. I don't feel like it has spiraled. I'm just At trying, a certain to, point I'm just trying to see some nice people having fun. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, that's that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just I, the line pop. There's there's a. Uh, I think I've probably mentioned this before, but just a, a, a humorous program that would run on the ticket on the weekends. And they were always looking for female callers. Okay. That all ticket programs certainly are. I'm sure. Uh, and there was one woman on the line, and one of them uh, recognized her as someone who he thought was kind of boring. So he hung up, and the the host was very mad. Uh, he's like, "What are we doing? You're hanging up on women. The entire point of the show is to meet." and humiliate women <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i think he said meet women the first time he's like meet women you know like meet and humiliate women 
Okay. Long suspected that. No problem. How He's many women kidding. listen to the, tic- to the ticket? He's you think? kidding. What do you think the breakdown is? Seventy uh, thirty. It's like yeah, yeah. The seventy thirty would be great. Okay, I was going to say seven thirty is pretty. Ninety ten might think. be more close. Really? Okay, okay, okay. What do you think this podcast breakdown is? God, I don't know. I mean, I think because Connor. most of my audience <laughs> comes from uh, the ticket, that is hard to escape that yeah. general profile. There were at least five girls from Excel who were listening. And I don't know that I do a ton to like really add to the female listening experience. I I think I have pretty male coded thoughts. What can I do? You think so? I think this is where you show your sensitive side. You think so? Yeah, definitely. It's nice to hear. You know, we talk about feelings, Mm -hmm. sex crimes. Girls love sex crimes. (laughs) What a what a We should change this episode. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Uh, to true crime, dude. Yeah, you know, we'd be at the top of the charts. I don't think so. Uh, Too many people are trying that gimmick. Yeah, probably. I think podcasts are kind of done, dude. Like not yours, but like yeah, or on, this dude. one. No, never. Well, obviously, it's like but I'm saying television's like, done. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I think the days of like there's this podcast called Come Down, and they make like two hundred thousand dollars a month, and maybe you could too. You know, I, I, it feels like those days are kind of over. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a bit of a gold rush or something. Oh, yeah. The land grab's been done for a little bit, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what the next thing is. At work, you like the one of my central innovations was like finding a back door around the land grab. Like we had previously staked out a piece of land. Okay. And I yeah. was able to use that to, because if we just like launched from, you know, a year ago, and we're like, "Hey, we have a new podcast. We have fucking two hundred listeners." Wait, and this podcast we had four hundred thousand a month. No, the ones for work. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, that makes sense. Yeah, no. Every single time, you know, like whenever Instagram's new, whenever TikTok's new, like any of these, like, and I mean, podcasts aren't the same because it's not a company, one company running the entire thing yeah um but just whenever there's i mean like presumably people had things that they were listening to before you know like the radio yeah uh, but i CD. think podcasts fill the gap yeah yeah but it, it is different it is doing something new and so like you know but then people get their routines and once their routines are set they don't change them that much yeah i mean they I do change right. them i i the profile podcast i listen to it changes pretty yeah year to year gradually but year to year I yeah, yeah yeah gradually yeah, for sure but it is always changing yeah um and uh yeah so you can do some but yeah no if, if you try you know there's not going to be another joe rogan i mean the daily came daily is a huge podcast and that was within the last five years it got started i think is that the new york times podcast yeah, yeah. Okay, okay i mean i don't think it's good I mean, you know it's not for me yeah see that might be just like a thing in a whole but it's very popular yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know Pod Save America. Yeah, yeah, and that, like that that started in 2016. Okay, but I don't know. The, I, in my opinion, the landscape of the thing I'm describing has changed a lot since 2016. Yeah, I do too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the new thing is though. I think podcasts now are mostly for slicing up, putting on TikTok. Oh yeah, whatever. You know, not yours, but I'm saying when people are making them now. You know. No, it was certainly a thing that it was, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm here to do the podcasts, right? And, like, you focus on doing that well. And then, like, you know, maybe yeah. you can do other stuff. But, like, 
if you don't like when you have limited resources uh you know don't expend them to making the clips of the show look really slick if you if if it's going to come at the expense of the show being good i agree with that uh you know if if you if you have slick clips and not good content it's fucking it sucks you're not well, gonna have sustained success yeah i'm talking about like i follow a lot of fitness you know stretching influencers and stuff jesus and uh they have podcasts of course so like they do. it's they i just talk about stretching yeah <laughs> so do you listen to these no that's what i'm saying i think they just make them so that they have how many videos of stretches can you make you know what i mean yeah so like you know they they mix it up i'm saying most new podcasts seem to be like something where it's like all right what's our content strategy and it's on a list with a bunch of other things versus like guys like us doing it for the love yeah 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 you know yeah uh which is what it is dude maybe i'll do you know about urbit have you heard about this don't think so it's uh and the nerds are talking about it it's a, a new thing i don't really understand what it is though but i i think it might be a social network that's why i'm bringing it up but i think you have to pay for it i don't know i don't want to bring it up again okay uh do you have anything interesting about tom powers <laughs> Yeah, but you don't think it's interesting. So, but well, what about the sex letter? We got to finish, dude. Well, what's the rest? I mean, to me, there was a lot more. Like, okay, so she writes this letter being like, you know, we're not telling people categorically not to masturbate. But she also is like, now that doesn't mean we were completely wrong. Like, sex is a big issue for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's important that they figure it out if they're going to have good lives. And then. I don't remember if this was in the letter or in Tom Croak's commentary, mm -hmm. but I loved it. And I wish we had done it at Excel because it would have been such a funny thing to do, like ironically. Uh, but apparently at the Family Foundation School, before they went to bed every night, but it wasn't official because she was like, we weren't telling them to do this, but yes, it is our understanding Groups of boys were in an attempt to encourage each other, <laughs> would do purity pledges before every night before they went to bed. How funny would that have been to be like, all right, boys, huddle up. <laughs> Just get on fucking semen retention with your boys. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that would be so sick. Yeah. Uh, so reading that, I, I felt a little robbed. Like, I was like, I wish we had <laughs> done that. You were a you didn't get that? <laughs> yeah yeah okay uh so that's really my only yeah no it's good sex letter but yeah that's kind of stuff i mean like the fucking design she is describing like the design is that like it's not some big mistake oh like, yeah no for sure yeah it's so she's setting up this way so that she can say the thing that she is now saying yeah definitely so i don't know you're gonna i'm not gonna so, so and i think it actually does go back to tom powers because you know, like I said about that book, Prophets, Cults, and Madness by John Stevens and Anthony Press, mm -hmm. you know, about the schismatic archetype. Uh, that's what Tom Powers is. And that's what Bill Wilson is like a true founding prophet. And Tom Powers was the schismatic number two man who peeled off. And by his own account, the dispute was that Bill was fucking too much. Like That's Bill's account? No, that's Tom's account. Okay. Bill was ha his infidelity with Lois. Yeah, 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 was too much, and 
So Tom for years was trying to get Bill to chill out. And Which is like, quite a revelation, right? Well, I hadn't heard about that. The, the, the one thing is like no one talk has ever talked to Lois that I could tell. Like maybe someone did, but no one knows Lois' take sailed, on right? this. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's dead. Uh, but like, like when Carl Jung went crazy, he just told his wife like, yo, I, I need a girlfriend. You know, you'll like her. Uh, like, his wife was like not happy about it you know what i mean but uh she was also like well he was crazy before this so probably better that it you know he seems like he's telling the truth about being crazy and he seems to do better around this woman when you know i've got kids to watch you know who gives a fuck that's a surprising yeah. take well what are you gonna do you know like well a lot of women arrived at a different answer than that one. well not back then though you know, I think it was harder back then. Although she it's was true. the one that had money. I think she had like rich family money. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's like no one knows anyone else's marriage. And definitely because I read a, a lot of books about this since That's our right, last podcast. That's right. But you know, Tom seems to have a better insight than we do. No, dude. Tom's a hater. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, obviously he has a better insight than we do, except that regarding himself. Like, we can observe. Like, and we can look at other people's observations like that lady who interviewed Tom at the end of his life and was like, I was taken aback by the venom and how much hatred he had and how much jealousy he had for Bill Wilson. And I just wanted to shake him and be like, what good is coming out of any of this? Like, why are you still holding on to this? You know what I mean? It's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> you said it, brother. Uh, and it's like, they were all doing like break the rules kind of stuff. Like they were all doing acid together. It's not like Tom Powers wasn't doing acid. Is that even break the rules kind of stuff? According to AAA, that is why Bill had to take his name off. Bill made, he was like, I'm no longer associated with AA because LSD is too important to me. And what I'm hearing is that it's jeopardizing the fellowship. So you know what? Y'all have AA. I'm going to continue my studies. Wow. Uh, yeah, he wrote a letter about it in 1958. He like took a stand. He was like, it's, it's, har it's as harmless as an aspirin, is what he said. And then like his scientist boys were like, Bill, <laughs> you gotta stop saying that. Like, it's not quite that harmless. Uh, uh, I mean, if you take too many uh, aspirin, you die. Yeah, true, true. If you take too much LSD, you start Alcoholics Anonymous. I think he started it first. Yeah, actually. I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, when was acid discovered? I actually think I am wrong about this point, but I'm close. It, it's all around the same time, I think. Yeah. I think that acid's discovered in the 20s, and I think Alcoholics Anonymous was founded in the 30s. Well, but it wasn't called AA for years. It was just a, a group of people doing a thing. So you think that happened before the 30s? Yeah, no, that was the 30s. Like, it wasn't until the 40s or maybe even the 50s before it got called Alcoholics Anonymous, I think. There, there was an early Saturday Evening Post article yeah, I think I that, that. that would be like a good dateline, at least as an estimate, but obviously it would be before that. But uh, so Tom and Bill wrote the 12 and 12 together because mm -hmm. uh, Tom was a copywriter. Um, but again, in his later life interviews, Tom was like, sometimes Bill would just come in and put his head down and not do anything and I would write it. Because mm -hmm. uh, Bill does seem to be a true, like what they used to call a manic depressive. Like he would go out on speaking tours and then come home and collapse uh and like i don't know it's common like the book that book talks about this like the cult leader often is fucking they they the same Ooh. mentality that causes them to break the rules to like leave society 
they also don't care about that society's sexual rules. So they just do what, you know, I don't know. Anyway, what are you about to say? Sorry, I, that, was, that was very rude. You're in the middle of a point, and I just got so moved well, I'm just by saying, what I saw, which honestly was a fairly minor detail. Like, Tom Powers is obviously part of it. Like, you know, after we podcasted last week, I got, I was sitting outside my house, like, just thinking. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was listening to the episode, and I had, like, a, it's not like a multiple personality thing. Like, I don't think Sally lives in my body. Like, I know she lives in her own body. Like, I don't think she's part of my brain. How long do you think she could be dead before you would find out? Not that long. You think? Judging by people I know who I think would find out pretty quickly. Yeah, now that's true. I feel like if if she had died in 2011, I bet I could have oh, gone yeah. three years. Oh, no, I Google them all at least like once a year minimum. I don't. Yeah, I always, I, yeah, I used to do it all the time, like late at night at the office, you know. At work, you're Googling them. Well, I lived at the office, man. I was there 18 hours a day. So a lot of it was just sitting around downtime waiting for my brain to recharge. I just fuck around on the computer. Acid uh, first synthesized 1938, the first, the, uh, the 420. It was uh, 1943. Okay, that's what's up. Okay. So, yeah, they didn't start doing acid until the 50s. But, like, Tom Powers, as one guy said, they, they didn't have a letter proving it, but they're pretty sure he was the bag man. Like, he went out to Cali and just came back with, like, a fucking, you know, commercial quantities of acid. And they were that's just beautiful. doing, like, in a, a psychedelic salon on the East Coast. And then Tom God, Powers is writing to Betty Eisner, Sidney Cohen's partner, who of course later went on to work with Jolly West at UCLA for like the actual CIA funded MK Ultra experiments. So they were kinda. I, mean, no, you know, for, I, I mean, know what you mean, dude, but I, it's like I, I know what you mean. I'm not <laughs> I'm I I know you do. That's why I don't understand like why you were like, eh. Cause it's like I I checked this all this weekend, man. This is all for sure true. I just think that MK Ultra seems to me like it was a sufficiently large project that there's a lot going on and like No, there's like a video of Sidney Cohen administering LSD as part of an MK Ultra experiment online. 100% and talking about it. And I'm not there's denying a video that. From like but the 80s. whenever we talk whenever we've mentioned the MK Ultra plenty of times and talked about like the Allen Memorial uh, the what's it got the Ewan Cameron like all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Like that's its own thing, and like so you can that is MK Ultra. The CIA did give him money to do that, yeah. But it's th- like that's a guy that was like dedicatedly like trying to use acid to wipe people's minds. Like that was his goal. Whereas I think that what you're talking about is people at UCLA just kind of like interested in how it works. Well, Jolly West is a different figure altogether. So let's take him out of the conversation. He was Sidney Cohen's boss later, but. He's like, you can't pin him down, man. He's like, do you know about him? No. He's like somehow, he's like an expert on cults and LSD. And he ran the UCLA program. And he's somehow showing up as like an expert when Oklahoma City gets bombed. Really? You know what I mean? Like he's fucking, this is not the true non-podcast, but like they would, you know, I'm sure they've talked about him. He's like one of those guys, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and he was Sidney Cohen's boss. But I think 
my takeaway from Sidney Cohn was he was aware that the CIA was interested in what he was doing and that he was getting funding that could somehow be coming from them. Yeah, but just like being like, man, uh, you know, how does acid work? Like what parts of the brain does it interact with? Just uh, kind of like having a curiosity about it is a different thing than like, can I feed someone so much of this that they cease to be themselves? And Oh, yeah, I guess. But it's like, mm, I don't know, because that's basically what they were doing. Just they were not doing it for the purposes but this is where i think and like the the alan memorial stuff like there i don't know what you're saying when you say alan memorial the we talked about it on you before i told you about it you know about it anyway the uh you and cameron the canadian guy in montreal that was doing all okay, the MK okay, Ultra okay. stuff okay alan memorial is a hospital in montreal okay 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 yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's uh like they're pairing that with like it's not like LSD was the only thing they were trying, you know. It's not like they had a general curiosity Wait, about LSD. Are you under the impression that they weren't doing that at UCLA? I mean, I, you know, tell me if they were. They were. Okay. <laughs> you think that they were like? I I researched this this weekend. Well, what'd you find? That they were. They were what? You, <laughs> they were doing MKUltra. You spent all weekend. Well, no, I'm not saying. M what were they? Be more they were specific. brainwashing people. Like good. Like it's like. Sidney Cohen giving a woman LSD and talking to her about it, like not just to be, I guess, I don't know. I mean, he's a scientist, like he's a real scientist. I'm not saying he's like a brainwashed guy, but, and the other thing is I was more focused on the Bill Wilson aspect than on what they were doing. Cause all of this predates his time at UCLA. He like. Cohen? Yeah. All the Bill Wilson stuff predates his time at UCLA. Yeah. And then once he goes to UCLA, he hooks up at the CIA. That's your yeah. theory. Of the case. So Cohen was getting money from Zip Riley, who yeah. was the Harvard businessman who mm -hmm. also floated McKinsey, yeah. their startup capital. Mm -hmm. And they thought LSD had great promise for helping alcoholics recover. So that's why they got hooked up with Bill Wilson. Which, like, don't we currently think that? We, you and I do. Well, yeah, you, know, you and I definitely do. But, like... You know, the I guess they're usually more talking about mushrooms, but like I think that's because they're pussies. Yeah, uh, they definitely are pussies, dude. You can't like, be talking to a regular company about doing it. I thought you could, dude. <laughs> like, you know, because like people do mushrooms and stuff. Hey, if you're like, actually, Alex, if you phrase it right, you can, dude. <laughs> I know you can. I, but, I, I laundered you know. it. it. Like people who people I thought interested. would be like fine with that. I've got acid. some straights that, uh, that they want to know more. That's good to know. That's interesting. I found trying to get regular people to do psychedelics and then see things my way does not work. Yeah, I don't. They well, they're going to see it their way. Yeah, they double down on that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not actually. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but. Well, I don't want to make them think it. You know, I'm not. I'm not doing my own MK. No, I, I. I just did, want them no, to learn whatever I, they're going to I think learn. I was a little bit, but it, you always think you're doing it right, just like Tom Powers did. He was That's like, right. "I'll leave Bill Wilson the sex addict, and I'll start my own community that will ultimately end up with placing a child molester in a school. My direct lineage will be okay with that, and the genesis of this will be there wasn't enough purity in AA with respect to sex matters." Yeah. So let's let loose this. That's what happens. You know what I mean? You can't really avoid it. But I think I had such a good time with you and our friend. And we had so many revelations when we had our early psychedelic therapy weekends. Mm -hmm. I wanted that for my other friends, including some of them who were having hard times. Mm -hmm. So I convened, you know, 
a small group that became a big group. And I was like, all right, this will be good. You know, let's take the show on the road. And it demoralized me so hard. Just like, I don't know. It ended up like a group of them started attacking me for my beliefs. You know, of course I stood firm, dude. At one point. <laughs> I, I never considered another possibility. It, like they were required. They were like, admit that you're afraid of death. And I was like, I won't do it. I I'm not. Like, I'm not either. I was like, I might be. I, I mean, like. In, in the moment, I may be scared of the circumstances. But I was like, I. I you know, internal the, family systems, there's obviously parts that are pretty worried. Right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe the fundamental, like, part that I won't acknowledge, that's what it is. But. But. Whatever you're asking me. I've got a persona to maintain here. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm a curious guy. I want to know what's next. I like yeah. moving on to the next thing. You'll find that about me in life. Yeah, for sure. That's how I felt. I made them this kind of, I think this can freak people out in those contexts. Just demand that people stare into your eyes. Yeah. And I was just like, look at me. I don't fear it. Can I take a quick break? Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Yo. Yeah. So you've you've got more. Th what what were we talking about? Well, I, I mean, we were generally talking about Sidney Cohen, LSD. I, I have a couple thoughts. I want to hear about Tom P. Tom P. Yeah. So, dude, I do think Tom. I don't think Tom P. started his own sex cult. Like I would hope. It seems like everyone who knew him, dude. Most people don't start sex cults, but cult leaders do. You think Tom P's a cult leader? Do. I think he has that energy. That's why he started his own group. But, uh, and he, he, you know, he was really fixated on Bill's sex issues. And like his letters to Betty Eisner are like, maybe, you know, if we do the LSD this way, we can get Bill to see, you know, what his issues are about. Um, Dude, I hear what you're saying. I don't know, man. If I had a friend that was like, in this situation, yeah, I would pray every night for I know him to, you know, like get get this under control. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't think that that would make me like an intensely jealous. I think it would just make like it's no. But if you were still raving, he's obviously about it at not getting something life. that he wants out of this. He's there's some need in his life that's not being met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For and sure. And I I don't want that for Bill. I want yeah. all of his needs to be met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's a question. I mean, it, it depends, man. I mean, so I think we all have, you know, the, I don't really agree with this guy in a lot, but the French philosopher, Georges Bataille, had a concept called the accursed share. And he was basically like, we have all these wild in instincts, right? But we live in like an economic society and we all have to do things that have economic benefit. But we all have like a share of our energy that just it, it's not going to be productive in our society. Like we just have like a life energy, like, a, you know, what they call a libido that is just going to be in excess of what the world needs from us. You know, so you have to channel that, according to him, into non-procreative acts because it, it's not going to be productive. So you just have to like do something crazy or whatever. That's the accursed share. But of course, everyone takes that to mean like you have to go literally for Bataille. It was like, go have anal sex with teenagers. Like, you against? Because that's not procreative. 
you know what I mean? So it always gets weird and gets to sex, but the concept of like differing people have differing levels of energy or libido and like what to do with it is real, you know? And yeah. like, it doesn't mean that that means you can do whatever you want because that would mean Jeffrey Epstein is justified. You know what I mean? Or like something like that. But it can mean, you know, that Bill's struggle is different from Tom's. And, you know, like... It doesn't seem like it's going great for him. For Bill? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about, like, Bill. That's what I'm saying. Like, because this lady, this isn't my point. I mean, this unless is, Tom's lying. This is the lady's point that I, did, I hadn't thought about. But she was like... I don't know, man. Like, no one knows what their marriage was like, except that, like, you know, I don't know. Like, Lois had a lot of issues. She had a lot of health issues. Like, she may not, I, you don't know, but, you know, she may not have been interested in sex. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a different time. Like, there's a, a lot of ways that things could have gone. But uh, to me, the irony that I'm more focused on is you can be so fucking focused on purity and not repeating the mistakes of like the libertine Bill Wilson and even start a pretty above board cult. You know, it starts the family foundation school. That's not great. Uh, people online compare it to Synanon. That's not good. We should close the Dietrich loop also just as a mental note because we have more on that. But uh, I distracted myself with that. But uh, all I'm saying is like your point about Bill having unmet needs, I would say, Tom, the frustrating thing for me in reading about this was like, again, it's because it ends up with me being at Excel and then seeing a kid at the airport and then, you know, seeing him now. So I'm like, where, where did all this go? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there were tons of people that they helped and blah, 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 but you know? I'm not sure of that. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm just like, to me, it's just more of a lesson of like, whether you're Bill or you're Tom, it's like, you're going to be kind of full of shit and you got to watch your own shit, you know? And so when I like, I don't know, I'm sure Tom was doing other stuff, but in reading all the letters, I'm like, Tom, wh what about your program? You know what I mean? Like, if you're about to start a cult, what are you doing differently? And his answer was like, well, I'm the guy who knows the fundamentals of AA. And I'm going to take it back to that because it's it's gotten too far. So, oh, yeah, that article I mentioned last week, you know, where I said that guy in the UK cited it as evidence of like the synonymization mm -hmm. of AA. And so I thought that was a tie. That's pretty, that's tenuous. That I want to withdraw that because I listened to- It a, must have been really tenuous. <laughs> I listened to a podcast from a guy uh, in Austin. He's a priest in recovery and he had a guy on that knew Tom P for five mm. episodes. Okay. Uh, but the guy, I didn't like him, the host. Um, every time the guy tried to talk about Tom P as a person, the host kind of cut it off. Like he wanted to talk more about like the brilliant thoughts Tom P had. Cause this guy was like, yo, Tom P was in and out of mental institutions, like left and right. Like he was like, really? the, yeah, like, I think there's like a, there's a couple different guys bopping around in the early AA, but it does seem like there's a tension between like Bill Wilson and Tom P who were like genuinely fully, like, I would say schizophrenic, uh, when they were like, you know what they called it their insanity, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they were mostly drinking to like medicate that. 
Uh, yeah, and like you read those stories in the back of the big book. Yeah, and I remember like like whatever. Like I think that the normal person and like I don't know. I'm not even sure that this is like useful thought because like if if you you know if, if if you're someone out there that's listening and you think that you're drinking too much for you, then you should listen to that. But like some of these people, whenever they mean drunks, it's not what I thought they meant. I thought that was like someone that drinks a lot. Like uh, they're talking about like I fucking don't know like what reality is because of how much I drink. Yeah, which yeah, like yeah. I didn't know. Like you know, I've seen people who were drunk who are drunk, and I assumed that if you kept drinking more, you would just like be more like that. And the things that they're describing uh, were more extreme. Yeah, and I think they might have gotten the causation backwards. Like they may have been like, yeah, I don't know how to distinguish reality at all. You know, and alcohol made that worse. Yeah. Or like, you know, it, I've assigned it responsibility. But they did get better, you know, two degrees. But like Bill Wilson had issues for the rest of his life. Uh, so I, I do think, though, like some of the people that come in AA, that's not relatable to them at all because they're the people you're describing. And that's what Tom P was getting at with the strong AA and weak AA. I think it was more like in the early days, it was mostly self-medicating, like full-blown like schizophrenics. And later it was like problem drinkers, you know, uh, uh, you know, just a regular narcissistic asshole. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I guess it's like, it's all good. I can't get too hard on Tom Pete, man. You know, even though I don't like that it ended up with Excel becoming a thing. Um, I mean, that if, if he never, yeah. if he, if he's never born, do you think that Excel doesn't exist? Yes. Well, if that's the case, do you think that whenever you're, the school is telling you you can't go here, that they send you to somewhere drastically different? Yeah, I've thought about that. I wonder. I wonder what would have happened if I went to family foundation school. Like, would it have just been the same because it's the same program, or would it have been, you know, drastically different? I mean, it sounds like the, the scenery was tighter. The scenery, yeah, but I don't like the cold as much. But That's a great point. Purity pledges at night. <laughs> <laughs> so sick. Dude, I, that would be so funny, dude. Just be like, stay strong, boys. I'll see you in the morning. I know you can do it. <laughs> what I see is a group of fucking dedicated fighters. Yeah. I, no one I'd rather go into this battle with. Because you can tell they. And by battle, I mean not jerking off. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there's no one I'd rather be not jerking off with than you boys. <laughs> because <laughs> you could tell in the letter that that was happening like you know she was 100%. like one of the problems with this is some of the guys were treating it maybe not as seriously <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so yeah i don't know i mean bill definitely shouldn't have been doing that you know um but you know bill also wrote to carl young like on a couple occasions I didn't know that. They, they were all just like a society of weirdos, you know. I don't know if Young did acid, but he was definitely like up on it, you know. Speaking of, see, I, I must have the time periods wrong there. I wasn't, I didn't think that Young was real active in the fifties. He was on the he way was out. Mainly active. Okay. That was when, but he was like, uh, you know, like not. He was popular, but I think he got really popular in the 50s and 60s, like with the hippies and Alan Watts and, you know, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, I think of his, like, his thought being ascendant then, but not him doing most of his work then. Well, he was, like, a very prolific writer. Like, he's written a lot, but a lot of his writings are, like, very hard to parse. Uh, and at the end of his 
but his, his life, he wrote like a short memoir that kind of like summed it all up. And he was, I can't remember what it's called. I have it. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, it's like memories, dreams, and reflections. Okay. And uh, he's like, if you, I think he said, if you're going to read one thing that I wrote, read this. All right. Uh, and that was published in the 50s. I'm interested. Yeah. It's pretty good. You know, he's he's got an interesting life. Uh, he's another sex guy, though, you know. But he was also, no one talks about this. He had this early dream where he was in the church and then the roof opened up and God took a shit on the altar. And everyone's like, that was his disillusion with his father who was a, a minister or like a preacher, but didn't believe in God the way young, like, you know, truly felt in his heart that God was real. That's kind of what knowing is about. Exactly. And that's when they said the like Nicholas young, how, oh, really? I mean, sort of. It's like a famous quote from Carl Jung is like when they're like, how, what is your basis for believing in God? And he was like, I, I've never said I believe in God. I know that God exists. And that's all I have to say about that. But like his dad was just like, no, you'll, you, I don't believe it either. You know, like I, I don't believe it. You just say the words, you know. And so everyone says that dream is, that's what it's about. But it's like he had the dream right when he was getting molested by one of his priest uncles. You know, and I'm like, hey. eh, maybe that has something to do with it. You know? Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. It's like, God's turning your back on you. Yeah, and I've never seen anyone mention that, like, in anything to do with Young, and it seems so obvious to me. But anyway, uh, I don't know. I guess that's all. I, Tom P seems like a, he seemed like he was pretty cool doing all that acid, you know. And I do have his books. He's like a really smart, well-read guy. Like, he's a great writer um like his his books are good reading them i'm like this is what nancy was cribbing off in devotions a lot yeah like the way he he you know how she would be like she she's like there's 12 steps but there's there's actually like three groups of them mm -hmm. you know the surrender steps and the action steps and whatever mm -hmm. that's all tom p wow yeah uh it's pretty good I so mean, let, let's talk about the nancy thing yeah oh the nancy thing in the book yeah yeah okay let me grab it I got the so I think it, I, I don't know how much uh, backing up we ever need to do. Like if it's if it's all good, like this, the, the, most of our listeners, this is their first episode or if like <laughs> everyone's been on the whole journey and some wasting their time. But uh, I think a recap would be good. One of the you know, there's kind of like three founding figures and like they each like operate in different ways. It's weird. Uh, but, uh, you got Jamie and Sally are the program directors, but Nancy, what was your title? Like academic, academic director, principal academic director. Uh, and she was like, they, they all had known each other before all this. Right. Right. And we're, co we're getting a, a better time. Like, the timeline's cohering better right now. Yeah. Like, we're working we're, we're on getting, trying to figure it out and it's yeah, going yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, Nancy and Sally like <laughs> knew each other in Ohio. I think we always understood that, right? Yeah. Um, and Jamie was from the Houston area, and somehow, I guess it's becoming somewhat more clear now. I think so. How Sally? But like, what is the, the like? I, I don't know. The, this the is big also question unfocused. is how Sally and Nancy get to Texas. That's what I'm and asking. Why? Yeah, I, no one knows. Okay. Uh, now I will say just just some circumstantial evidence that could like maybe explain some of how it could have happened is so Tom Tom Powers Tom P started the East Ridge Recovery Group 
but he also started, and these are the books I'm referring to, his own like program based on AA, but like I said, a return to what he saw as the original principles. And he called that All Addicts Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And that's still kind of operating, like they have a website. Wow. And yeah, but like- Yeah, I, I see what he's doing there, right? Of like, if your problem isn't alcohol, we still have some good ideas. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I, it seems weird that they haven't made a turn uh, in, in name on that yet. Yeah, and this was around the time when all like narcotics there were definitely anonymous a couple was people knocking around the AA meetings that I was at that alcohol wasn't their primary for sure. Yeah, although you, I never felt like real great about saying that. Well, I yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of shame that was going on for me at, in those meetings at that time. Like, I felt like I was living a lie, right? Because I in mean, what way? Well, because I wasn't like them. Oh yeah, but I was yeah, sitting yeah, here yeah. Not saying I was. Honey like boy the beginning hit me with the, that. At the beginning of the meeting, I would say, I'm TC and I'm alcoholic. And in my head, I would like be doing a struggle. Or like I'm yeah. trying to convince myself that I'm trying to come up with some justification for why this isn't a lie. Whenever it plainly is, I've never drank alcohol. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. That is wild. I don't think I knew that. Or maybe I did, but didn't put that together. I took one drink, one gulp. That's all you've had in your life? You know, there's, I mean, if you want to get real specific, uh, there's been like... A, oh, didn't you get dosed once or something? Well, not like dosed, but like a guy like handed me a thing and That's was like, dosed. it's lemonade. That's so funny. And like I took one drink and like handed it back. I'm like, I know it's not. Motherfucker. You know, he was, That's bullying. Uh, you know, yeah, certainly. No, he had a streak of that. Or it's like, like, that's an aggressive move. But like, he's also a, a big hearted guy in his own way. You okay, know, like okay. everyone's got their own. You know, yeah. That's all I know about him is that one incident. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and right if you knew that. more, you'd probably say he's all right. I think he's all right. You're I right like about him. that. You're right about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, all, yeah, if I'd instead been going to all addicts anonymous meetings, it would have been a little easier. They would have been yelling at you. Oh yeah, they, that's what they do. Well, I have been yelled at in the in this context. Before. <laughs> in AA, they yell at you. No, in, okay. at Excel Academy. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I think Eastridge is like they'll yell at you. Like it's interesting, you know, because remember I found that guy's testimonial where that was like, and then I got in my special group, my accountability group, where they really told the truth and you know helped us see where we weren't seeing things. It's like I know the code when i see it you know yeah uh true friends are the ones that keep you accountable exactly dude the podcast was killing me because it was like the host was a kind of like a he you know like a one of those control freakish older guys that tries to be like look how chill i am and also look how humble i am because i'm constantly talking about how i'm dumb and stuff mm-hmm. yet i'm in charge of things you know and i like that to be the case you know, I hate that. I just like never do well with that. Just say you want to be in charge. You know, they're, they're, not everyone wants to be in charge, man. Probably they want you to be in charge. But like, I hate the false humility. But then it's like, he'll immediately cut the guest off when he starts like talking about, a, I don't know, like a side of Tom Powers that he doesn't want discussed on the podcast or whatever. We are trying to make this show, you know, keep it snappy, moving along. Yeah, I know. But like he cut him off and then did the thing where he laughed when there was no joke. And then he was like, I'm a control freak. Uh, I don't know. It was like really triggering me. I was like, I know this type from like, you know, the AA, you know, vibe. Like the rehab before Excel. One of my, when I was in the house with all the like middle-aged straight men, 
that was my worst house, like for incidents. And because uh, I would get them so mad all the time. And one of the, the guys in the house was like, he had 20 years sober and relapsed bad enough that he had to go back to rehab. Jeez. But he still wanted to like dispense wisdom about like, you know, how to pray and shit. I have no doubt you that know? he did. And it's like, shut That's the so fuck tough. up. Man. But I mean, like, could you imagine being him and be like, like me saying I'm like the rest of you? I'm not like you. I've been sober 20 years. Yeah, before. I mean, I can imagine it, but I, I can tell you how to spend 20 years. <laughs> like, I yeah, wouldn't do it. I just, like, I don't it's impossible. I mean, way. I I don't know. I, I'm imagining that existence and I'm going to dark places. Let's continue. He sucked, dude. And the this other guy was a chef uh, who, you know, of kitchen course. boys have tempers. And uh, he made cheesesteaks for everybody. He was from Philly. And I didn't like- What is it with you and cheesesteaks? I know, dude, that's funny. I didn't eat cheesesteaks at the time. I didn't want them. I was what like- What the fuck? I was kind of a picky eater at the time. You know, like I don't like eating food. Doesn't sound like you were a picky eater. It a, sounds like you were a little bitch. Like a person cooking for me that I didn't want them cooking for me and I didn't ask for it, I usually will just say no. Like I just, it, obviously I was 14. Like it wasn't like a life strategy that I, I was just, yeah, I'm yeah, observing yeah. myself. Uh, but, you know, it was like we saw on the MTV show, it was like the shared grocery money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to do your shared chores and shit. And, yeah, uh, those Gatorades, those are going to my Gatorades. So yeah, it glad was a you lot asked of about shit that. Like that. Don't drink them. Yeah. And so the only reason I brought it up was talking about that guy. Like they were all eating the cheesesteaks and he was trying to like blend in with the guys, you know, and most of the guys were like in their 30s and still just fucking horny as hell. Like a bunch of drug addicts who are suddenly sober. Like all they're talking about is like what girls at the rehab they want to fuck and like all kinds of shit. Uh, like any girls at the rehab that were under 18, they're just like, Alex, you should have sex with her. You know, like, <laughs> it's just like, and so like- How creative. This guy was like, not like that, you know? Like he was like an old goober. Mm -hmm. And, but he was like so pathetically trying to fit in with them it was like watching like Fez from that 70s show, like get it wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's like That's eating tough. his cheesesteak and he, everyone's like, these are so good. These are so, these are so good. You know, you got to suck the chef's dick every time he makes something. And fucking. You can't just say thank you for the meal if someone makes you a nice meal? No, it was weird. They were all, cause he had a temper dude and he was doing the like, I love to watch people eat after I make it for them. You know, when you have to do the performance uh. of like, oh my, the Guy Fieri, like fucking I'm coming kind of, you know what I mean? Like, so they're all doing that. And the old guy just goes, this is pussy good. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ. What the fuck expression is that, dude? Yeah. Like, i need I to know. leave it just like suck it, i'm gonna go it, yeah it like it hit me so hard dude yeah. i was just like and he was just like laying in a recliner like like with his cheesesteak just like this is he looked like the principal from billy madison oh you no. know just like this is pussy good. i was just like get the fuck out of here and then uh, the reason i got moved out of that house is because they all got done with their food and they're like all right clean up alex do the dishes you know because i'm like the youngest guy I'm like, fuck you. Like, I didn't even eat that. Like, I'm not cleaning up anything. And then the fucking chef raged at me so hard. He like threw me against the wall. He what? punched a hole in the wall. What? And then he just like starts- Like next to your head? Yeah. And then he just like starts screaming like, you don't clean, you don't eat. Like just over and over again. I'm like, yeah, we're both patients. You just got here. 
And I was like, all right. And, but I don't give a fuck, dude, I was crazy. Like I was, I think I was on my well butrin at this time, which was like, I was fully Spartacus. So (laughs) I was just like, I don't give a fuck about your fucking shitty food. Like I get $40 a week, dude. I'll eat fucking Cheerios. Like, fuck you, get the fuck out of my face. And then, so that's when the rehab was like, we got to get him out of here. So they put me in with the like young adult mutants that, and that's like that was the fight club. that was the kensington yeah 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 <laughs> so it's just like <sighs> the best place that they had me ironically for all we've talked about on this episode was the first like week that when i was only with like 40 year old gay guys i was yeah. never safer at that rehab than with those guys like because you know they were nice guys they were too busy they were taking advantage of young guys in recovery but not me you know and everyone else just wanted to fight me all the time. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I had an issue with the Tom Powers podcast. Okay. It was hard for me to listen to because it was like those personalities. And then the guy that knew Tom Powers was a pussy. And like all he wanted to talk about was like how you get in recovery because you need the intimacy of authority of someone who knows more than you to make you surrender so that you can give yourself over to them, you know, as a proxy for God because you are helpless without them. And you just, I'm like, I've read 50 shades of gray, dude. You know, like it's, it's just a little, what a weird response to that. (laughs) Well, I'm saying like, there's this severe sexual overtone. I mean, I, I haven't read 50 shades of gray, so (laughs) I I don't fully understand what that means. (laughs) I did uh, read like the Kindle sample of it to see what was going on. It feels like a revealing response. (laughs) No, I've, I've thought about this, dude. I think like, uh, you know, a lot of people say like po- politics is sexual pathology, you know, like being sublimated. And I think in recovery, like this is what the lady said in the letter. Like there's a lot of our fundamental issues have to do with sex. We have to untangle them for real. Uh, but there's definitely a thing with like guys, especially like they make jokes about it. You know, when they're like praying to God and they're just like, oh, enter me, Lord, please. You know, like make me your plaything, you know? I'm just your kitten, Lord. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's fucking, they do, like, it's, I'm not the only one to have observed this, and I know it when I see it. Like, the guy was going on about it, like, in a five-minute stretch, like, enough. I mean, I maybe, man. Like, I don't know. I was tempted to bring in sound clips for this podcast. I'm not sure, you know, like, you listen to the thing, and I'm just imagining what you're describing, so, like, uh, certainly plenty of opportunities for disconnect here, but, like, the the feeling of like you know encountering someone that it feels like they know more than you and that they're inclined to like teach you and that you're gonna have this opportunity to do so like I don't know I I don't I feel really on sure footing <laughs> saying that enjoying that is not sexual at all yeah but when in you're fact, saying it seems insane to me your entire life, life and your being over to them uh yeah i mean listen mm, i'm taking what i've i'm trying i'm i'm taking what this guy said and trying to contextualize it in my own life i can't really recognize fully what he's talking about there but uh, you know it's not like i have it no basis that to people understand use sex to get at the thing he's describing so much that i'm conflating them and it's actually beneath sex like the thing that he's talking about yeah but it, is, it is a deep uh, lack of comfort with yourself the, I'm not talking about you want to be good at a thing and someone knows how to do it and you need to put aside your ideas about how to do it and adopt theirs because yeah. there you're still maintaining yourself mm-hmm. you know like 
in this the other Tom Powers book that I brought, an invitation to a, a great experiment or whatever. It's actually pretty good. And he's like, you may not you say or whatever. Like other people are going to know the title of the Tom <laughs> Powers book. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, I didn't want to move. Yeah, it's an invitation to a great experiment. Uh, it's like. He invites you. He's like, you may not believe in God, but let's do an experiment. I'm going to give you some practices. And I, I'm confident that if you apply them, you will, by the end of it, not only believe in God, but you will be so grateful to have seen like what he can do in your life and blah, blah, blah. You know, Nancy used that approach in devotion sometimes. She would be like, do an experiment, you know? Definitely. Uh, that, that, but that doesn't, that's not the distinct. Everyone that I've ever met that's trying to convince you God's real says that. I guess. I, yeah, I suppose. But anyway, I'm just saying like, even that is like, it's you're you're maintaining like uh, your own discernment, you know? Sure. Versus like, point. I detected in this guy a longing to abandon your responsibility as a human. And okay. that is where cults do damage to me. Okay. Where you're just like, I wanna give it up so badly that this person, whatever I think. And you know, I do think that's what the parable of Abraham, you know, I think it was Abraham, right? Having to sacrifice his son. Uh-huh. Like I was talking to my wife about that the other day. She was like, like, why would it have to be that? He was just kidding. Well, but I, as a myth, I think the way it works is that's the only thing as a biological being who is here with a mandate to procreate, that is the only way you can illustrate what faith really is. You know, when they're like, if it's not a faith, it's sin. Like if it's not a faith, it's a calculation to get ahead in this world. And the ultimate calculation is to make sure your progeny survive. So that's really the only pure test of faith is to, do you believe in this thing so much that you will do something that your being says is evil because that's your faith in the power greater than yourself. It's the capacity is written right into the steps and it, it predates them obviously. But I really do think it's a thing you have to watch. And I think it's a thing that, is in the cult follower personality. You know, like that book doesn't just talk about the cult leader archetype. Like they're, they're two complementary personality types. And the longing to give up your identity is in the follower phenotype, you know? And I just think it's, you, it, there's great danger there because you're, you know, you're, what's the word? It's not absconding, but you're like, you know, you're, you're casting away your responsibility as a human. To, to judge what you're doing, you know, by your own values. And all the like thought terminating cliches of like your best thinking guy you hear, like, you know what, you just need to shut up. And, and they were even on the podcast saying like, you're not ready for the Bible until you've been in recovery for like a certain period of time or whatever. That's quite a position. You know what I'm fucking saying, man? Yeah. Like who the fuck are you, dude? But you know, so like that kind of shit, just like you're not as humble as you think you are. And like to the people that are inclined to give themselves over to those kind of people. I think that's why we're so constantly like undercutting ourselves on this podcast to be like, we can barely even remember anything. Like I, I, at least for me, I feel because of the Excel experience, I have a real reluctance for people to ask me anything about what they should do. Like, and I think that's a better way to be. I think my struggle in some ways as we get older, become fathers is getting more comfortable being like, you know what, someone needs to decide what's right, you know, in a hard situation and this is what's right and that's what we're gonna do. You know, cause it's, that's kind of hard to do. That's like an imposition of will that we Yeah, face. but if you wanna do that too much, it's that's where most of the evil in the world comes from. If you're having to do it at all, like you need to realize that there's like a, 
a differing opinion within your group that you need to figure out like what's the roots of it and it can't just be you get what you want i i mean i don't know i just really didn't i left the podcast being like this is why i would never go to an aa meeting like i just wasn't feeling that i know well i don't need to go to aa dude it's not you know plenty of people don't go i mean no one needs to do anything (laughs) i don't think it's a good time would it help me depends but yeah does it have the capacity definitely you see me doing well if i go to aa my life improves you think absolutely the answer is depends on the group (laughs) yeah for sure there's just such there's giant variance yeah that's kind of my thing like with with finding a therapist with finding a church which with finding a group it's like dating there's just like too much effort in finding something no there's not it's not too much it's enough i don't know man. it's worth it i've been thinking about finding a church but even that process is just so daunting yeah no it's definitely daunting Uh, but like uh i don't know man like uh finding a preschool is also very difficult and similarly you know my plan for that the last one i heard was just to have a homeschool I do still kind of want to do that, but I do want to socialize my kid. Um, dude, if I started a homeschool or a school and you're like, the principal used to be a lawyer. He fucking got whatever, you know, 1500 on the SATs. He's smart. Just get to what you know. We're doing too many. That sounds like a good school. So why is it crazy for me to homeschool? Sure. But like, uh, no, my plan is like, I just wait till people I know do a thing and then I ask them if they like it. So for preschool, I would just be like, well, TC seems to like his. I'll ask him. We'll check it out. Yeah, and you like, know? you know, uh, <coughs> I like it's the lesson there that I've learned from the preschool, I feel, is just like that everything's fine. Yeah, like most things uh, are good but enough. It isn't always. Uh, okay, yeah, great point. Yeah, like. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. It's the opposite of, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it depends on the group. But it just like, uh, we basically just this was the one by our house that didn't have that didn't tell us no like most of them were like we're fucking booked up for years not a chance wow and uh this one i like and i have no idea because like i don't think that they're like drastically different because they they were like hell yeah we would like to get you in like after covid like a lot of our kids went away and we're still building staff back up you know like Hmm. we're still building capacity back up yeah so we're excited. Uh, and so I don't know why those dynamics weren't present in the other ones. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, like, it's just I, I, I had a lot of like I had as much pressure on myself as it sounds like you're talking about with finding a, a good uh, church. And, you know, like I definitely want my kid going to like if you ask me, like, do you want him to go to the best one? I'd be like, hell yeah definitely want to go to the best one i don't care about that but like if you like they're all fine you know like if you love your kids they're no, probably just gonna want turn to make out sure okay. they're not like you know the the, the suspicious types yeah uh, okay dude. i gotta do a vibe check i don't yeah all right i know dude i can't i'm so i'm nuts about that kind of stuff you know <laughs> i did <sighs> uh but we we're just trying well, <laughs> I'm still considering going, sending my kids to your preschool. I'm not saying you made the wrong choice. You know, I just got my own process. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, dude. It's getting late. I'm trying, and <laughs> I just want to finish saying who Nancy is. Oh, all right, dude. Uh, sure, dude. But like, uh, that it seems to imply that I don't have a process that were like uh, my kids. Well, like, like you know, you're the you're kind of more stringent than me. You hope your child doesn't get raped. I'm agnostic on the question. It's funny. I know that's not what you mean, but like, I don't know. That was literally basically the joke I was going to make. I was going to say what you just said, but kind of sarcastically, mm-hmm. like call me crazy, but, and then say what you said. But I did think to myself, like, just leave it, uh, you know, cause it was a, a follow-up based on what basically the process you just described. I think it would be fair to say we appear to have differing, you know, maybe just degrees of emphasis really. Uh, at least in this conversation right now. And I, I haven't even done anything, so it, who knows what I'll actually do behaviorally. But uh, where we left it was I was the guy arguing for more caution and you were the guy arguing for it will probably be okay, which you know does leave open that tension that you just landed on. But I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna say that because that's not how I feel about, I don't think you're that way as a parent. I think you're a good parent. I'm just saying that I don't think that the process of looking for a church, like if you actually start going to churches, if you just fucking pick one and just like commit to it and like just try to get the best out of, you know, whatever that experience holds. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't go to church, so I don't care, you know, like, but I'm, I, I think in general there's something to. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't optimize and go to every church in Dallas before you decide or whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah. And I, but it's I like, I don't want some whack preacher, dude. You yeah, know, but I, I some idiot. There's probably not that many idiots doing it. They're probably yeah, all yeah. roughly all right. I don't fucking know. I don't go. Well, the only but, people I know, but my wife won't go there. I actually will take what you're saying way further extreme than you mean it. Like I would go to First First Baptist for sure. Like I've I've brought it up because I I haven't seen many of Jeffers sermons, but uh-huh. like as long as like. I don't know. I wouldn't want to like go to a Trump rally for church, but I do know people who I like and respect who go to, who are members of first, first Baptist and they like prayed about it. They went to different churches and that's where they landed. And you know, it's a big church. So a lot of it, like, like with AA, they said it comes down to like your small Bible study group. You know, if you're into that, which I would be like, if I wanted to do, you know, go that way. Uh, so I would do that, even though I don't really like, it's not like I'm drawn to Robert Jeffers, but you know, the more important thing for me would be like the small group and all that, you know, I, I'd probably ask this guy, I know, you know, probably like, yo, where are the good groups? Uh, yeah, but I don't my know. wife will, she's, you know, it's well, a non-starter. One of my best friends growing up, his dad ran one of those groups and, uh, I don't know, man, I, nothing he's ever said makes me think that it's a good place that people should be at. See, and and that's the other thing where I'm kind of maybe coming to terms on my own. I don't like, I'm not trying to actually start my own religion, but I may have to, you know, just help my family learn moral and value lessons on my own because... Like I was talking to this woman I know, she's like a, you know, married to one of my friends and she grew up in like a conservative Christian community. And we were talking about some of these issues too. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast, like I have a friend or not, he's not a friend, but like a guy I know who like uh, was an intern for that Washington DC, like super powerful Republican group that like they all lived together. All, they were all dudes. Oh, they lived wow, in a house. really? Yeah, yeah. And then, but they were exactly having, some of those guys about. were having affairs. 
Yeah. You know, and that the minister, his big thing was like he preaches to powerful men and he accepts them. And he's like, I know you have different urges and stuff, you know? And uh, yeah, so I knew a guy from Trinity who went there and then went to law school. And so when I was like, you know, still trying to like network and stuff, he was like a friend of a friend. So we got lunch and he ended up like, he's not in the, he's not an intern there anymore, but he's like still in the group. And he invited me into it. He was like, and they have a verb for it. It's like your sponsor. He was like, I will disciple you. He was like, I would love to disciple you. I'm like, I'm sure you, I'm sure you, you know, I'm just kidding. I was going to make another joke, but you don't think there's any sexual undertones going on in any of this other guys offering to disciple you, you know, but actually putting the sexual undertones aside, uh, I was talking to this woman about it and like, they all want to disciple you all the time. You know what I mean? And I'm already a disciple of fucking Jesus Christ. So like there are people on this earth that can help me do it, but I'm also with you. I've really never met a fucking Bible group leader who really, I'm like, yo, tell me this guy knows the way to Jesus. Like more than just like reading the Bible and thinking about it. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, you know, the guy that we went to, I like him a lot. You know, I I feel like he's been tremendously valuable. In the, what guy? The, you know, the kid, the, I've done this plenty of times. The guy that baptized my daughter. The, the oh, okay. The yeah, yeah. That, that guy sounds every, cool. That guy yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, and so like, you know, I assume there's more people like him out there. But he did start his own thing. He did start his own thing. You know what I mean? But I mean, for a long time he didn't. For most of his life he was yeah, just yeah, a Jesuit yeah. priest. No, and that's cool. Dude, I read, I fucking boned up on Ignacio. Yeah? Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Were you against? Someone was telling me they were against recently. Oh, that I'm was not uh, against. Philip. Philip Kingston doesn't like... No, I I think he's Ignatius one of the boys. Of Loyola. I like him. Pretty cool guy. That's tight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Nancy uh was the academic director of the school. <laughs> uh she clearly had ties to Sally. Um, you know, like that they'd known each other going back. You know, like I was under the impression that they like got sober together, something like that. Um and uh you you're reading this this book that you're currently holding now, How to Get Going. How and to get going on the all addicts anonymous way of life. That's right. Um, the, and uh, oh, they call it the big booklet. They sure do. <laughs> That's it, what's up. He's a little bit of a booklet. <laughs> yeah. And man, how does this? How's Tom P got a feel that like every single person <laughs> in America knows what AA is, and the big booklet. Like it's an obscure text that freaks like you get into. I know. I think it's part of the bitterness that that lady noted. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, it's not like he said, you know, on his deathbed, he was like, Bill Wilson is my sponsor. You know? Like, always has been, always will be. And like in the book, they still include the 12 steps. Mm -hmm. But the four absolutes from the Oxford group, you know, Tom P says dropping those was a mistake. And then the fucking, the 10 points are his. And they're just like applications of the 12 steps. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think there's some bitterness. I mean, there kind of has to be, you can, no one is that humble. Yeah. No, no yeah. one that starts their own thing is that humble. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he's proud of everything that happened. And like, I read his obituaries, you know, like he, it sounded like he felt like he accomplished a lot. He wrote a lot. Uh, you know, I'm, that's what I was saying when I was in my backyard. I had Sally's voice come into my head and it was like a vibe. It was like the way, 
you know, music, Jay-Z comes up with like the rhythm of a flow before the words. Mm -hmm. I had the rhythm of a Sally attack flow, you know, just like, (laughs) you know, like, you know what I'm talking about. And like the words filled in over the vibe. And it was just like, you don't know fucking what you're talking about. People fucking change their lives in there. And you don't know a thing about, you know, fellowship and sobriety you're a fucking drug-addled moron like all great points (laughs) for sure but then i was like you know what like that may be you know but here i am you know all i can do is try my best you know but yeah so you're you're reading through that no 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 hold on sorry this is important that's not where i landed that was just the cliche i was saying to get the conversation going okay I did not land on all I can do is try my best. When I responded to that version of Sally, which I think probably is a realistic, you know, guess as to how she might react if she heard us making fun of Tom P. It's quite possible. Uh, But I would say like, well, he started his thing and then you, he meant so much to you that you started your thing and I was there, you know, and I know what it was. So don't talk to me. Like you're the one that squandered whatever you think was so fucking great that Tom P gave you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. have these opinions, but for your actions. Exactly. Like, so, so shut the fuck that. up, fake Sally. You know, it's a fine point. Thank you. Anyway, thank you for um, giving me that space. But yeah, so, uh, so you're reading through the big booklet over there. <laughs> yeah. Didn't take long, Tom P. <laughs> well, he didn't say it was a book. Uh, and uh, gets, I guess they got stories the way that the big book has stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got stories of recovery, chapter eight. And. Arrive at one. It, yep. Let's first, see it. Is, what's the name? Well, now I'm like, uh, well, the name's important. Sorry. Now I'm like, is this lady someone else? Like, uh, Pat H. See that, because I was thinking, like, was it just like that it was a Nancy, but like it wasn't O because she hasn't married Doug yet? Is Nancy it's just Pat? Is it Nancy Patricia Ofke? It's possible. I actually don't know. I, I don't know her middle name. I got no Tom Zack, I guess, would be Nancy Patricia Tom Zack yeah. at the time. Was was that her last, her maiden name? I, I don't know. I actually, I'm pretty positive I know that it was. Okay. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because uh, she had a yeah, relative know. that attended that uh, had that last name. Uh, but, I you know, it's possible to have you. different uh, last names than your relatives. But I do think that you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but here's another thing because you said Nancy and Sally, we always knew they got sober together. They I didn't say very, no. I just, I think that was the impression. I would actually yeah. say my impression was uh, that Sally got Nancy sober, but was very early in her sobriety, which is consistent with the story. So maybe I've made that up. But I feel like when we talked about this on an early episode, I feel like I said that, but I, I don't remember. I didn't go back, but. It's not a huge distinction, Um, but the thing about Pat, the Mm -hmm. other thing, so, you know, they both got sober together. They both got sober together young. They were both not living at home anymore, and they both kind of like started a life together, almost like they were sisters. Sure. Sally's sister's name is Pat. Shit. You know? Then you think about that. But yeah, the Pat H thing, because the, the the top there it says Pat H's story. Yeah. Uh and then it starts with my name is Pat. So if we just go from there, 
and, and there's none of that like uh, misdirection. Uh huh. I'm saying with a hundred percent confidence that this is the woman that was the academic director of my high school, based on the details in that story. Yeah. In the Tom P book that you found. Yeah. Which I really like much. And I didn't stop and do this the way that I wanted to with the earlier story of uh, running into uh, not only meeting the girl from the the pamphlet, but uh, then being with the girl from the pamphlet (laughs) when the guy shows back up. Right. Like all like any one of those things, it's such a small chance. The fact that they're stacked on top of each other, you unbelievable. My heart's pounding. Have now. a hard time looking straight at it. You yeah. know, like I, I don't I, I I like can't sit with it. You know, yeah. like I just have to put it out. Yeah. Like I I don't <laughs> right. even know where how I would understand life if I looked at it too long. You know? Uh in the exact same way that you're like in your quest to determine <laughs> What fucking synonym influences there are in this school? You're like, I well, I don't know if I'll find dude. anything, but <laughs> then you end up with the Tom P. And you remember that Sally said Tom P. You find one of Tom. Tom P. wrote like a hundred fucking books. You get one of them, and you're reading through, and it's the biography of the fucking person that we like. Yeah, what's up, man? Like, what? What's <laughs> happening? I have no fucking clue. Like, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, dude. This I don't is know what to do. Wild, dude. I know, right? Just uh, keep pulling on the threads, man. But so I, the Pat H thing introduces some uncertainty to me. Uh, like I would say, sure. you know, I go from 100 to 95, and 95 percent chance is pretty fucking high. Yeah. Uh, but so, you know, you, you can read the parts that you find relevant, but, uh, you know, how many fucking Ohio based nuns, uh, and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, yeah, we know she was around Ohio. And I mean, you know, anyone in Ohio is also around Pennsylvania. Yeah. But like, so yeah, like, like you said, and we knew it was Ohio based. Cleveland and Pittsburgh are, there's a lot of. It's like, it's yeah. not, I mean, it'd be no, like Dallas and Austin. Well, but we don't even have to guess that much because Nancy is from Erie and doesn't she say she went back to Erie? Didn't I send you one of those? That sounds right. Like, I, I can't find it now that I'm just like scanning through it, but that's what, yeah, I'll just like go through. So the similarities, the, the big difference is Pat. Uh, and then you didn't know that Nancy did pills. I did not know that. But I'm so gonna, I, I, I'm inclined to believe you. I just, you know, I, I've, it's seen before, because I, I said that to you and then you were like, no, she definitely did. Yeah. And, you know, I, I trust your recollections as much or more than mine. I remember but you saying that. It seemed, before you said that, it would seem weird to me that the woman talked about her recovery to me every fucking morning of like four years and never mentioned pills once. But I would say that is my recollection that uh, she talked to me every morning and she didn't mention pills once. Yeah, I think that's right. But, you know, I think the way she did devotions had something to do with that because she definitely did. I'm not saying she never talked about alcohol or drinking in devotions. She did. Like, how could she not? But it was a lot more about like the steps and, you know, life. And yeah. Stuff. And what I was describing before of like the times that I was in AA meetings, uh, you know, like I, I never would say like, well, I never drank alcohol. Those words would like, that's my greatest fear that like someone yeah, would be like, sure. have you ever drank an alcohol? And I just got to answer honestly. So <laughs> yeah, I was like wild. a way to, you know, fucking like, it's not hard to develop a way to talk around this. 
I suppose. You know, where you're just like talking about struggles and like, you know, my yeah, disease. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, and things of that nature. Yeah. I guess if someone said, have you ever had alcohol, you maybe could say I do drugs, but I like it here more. They'd probably be okay with that. No one's looking to kick you out. Some guys will fucking be dickheads. A lot I of think. good meetings. I've spilled more beer than you've ever drunk, you know? Like when I had to go to the Palm Beach rehab or the AA meetings, like guys would get visibly annoyed. Like when I would like have to read the stuff. Like I remember yeah, dude. I, like, like you talk like whenever I say there's variance in meetings, I'm assuming yeah. as the bottom rung, the meetings you're forced to go to in Palm Beach rehabs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like other people's meetings. Like we would just pull up in the van. Yeah, I know, but they know how that goes. Like Yeah, for sure. They if see you're, the shuffle in and if out you're a, a guy who is serious about recovery and like has a lot of good time and is like, you know, fucking just looking for some real wisdom to keep you going, then no, like yeah, you know no. which ones the rehabs just drop their buses off at. You like once you have see that happen twice, you're like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to this one. Yeah, you might speak at one of those. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're definitely right. Uh but anyway, okay, so because that's the thing, is like she does straight up, she's like, I'm a drug addict, you know? I be I was a nun, okay. Big similarity, I think hitting it right there. If it was, was just, like, it's yo. Tom P and it's a nun, I'm like, it's probably nuts. <laughs> yeah. But then throw in the geographic, like, I'm from Erie, like, fucking. Yeah, yeah. And, and but all this in, is happening in Ohio, yeah. where Sally's from. Exactly. So she was in the psycho ward of a large hospital in Cleveland. And Life I think that Nancy said psycho ward at some point. Yeah, for Well, dude, you, you get on those pills, man. You know, either you take too many and you'll get there or getting off them, you got to go there. Because it's like, dude, they were just giving all women just like the hardest pills of all time. This is uh, one of the things covered and can't get you out of my head. Okay. Interesting. This is the BBC Adam Curtis. Adam Curtis is a documentarian. He does stuff that's usually published on the BBC. He's got a six-part series called Can't Get You Out of My Head that traces some of the major themes and influences of the last hundred years. I can't really sum it up more specifically than that. It's really good. I like it a you lot. You guys did IJB episode of that, right? I don't think that we ever ended up doing it, but now uh, that I've seen it again, I took notes and I would like to. I was going to say, because I remember like being like, maybe we could do it, but then you were like, I think IJB is going to do it. So I've never watched it. I mean, it, I've got, at this point, I have more notes than is going to fit into anything. So if you watch it and want to talk about it, I will talk. I like, can't. Like, why is limited to one? You know? I have thoughts on Adam Curtis in general, but we don't know. Yeah, I haven't time. seen any of his other stuff. But uh, I'd like to watch right. it after this. I bet it's not as good, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I would watch the good. new one if I was going to watch one. That's I don't want to watch saying. the old one. Yeah, yeah. The concept of hypernormalization is a useful one. Yeah. But you can get that in like a two minute clip on YouTube. I bet it's good, that. though. I might watch it. Like I mean, at this point, I've seen the six part series that he made twice. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're, you're at the Curtis head. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, and did you listen to the song? What? He he like plays it twice in the first episode, then brings it back in in the last one to kind of like close the loop. What song? Uh, I sent it. starts with uh, "Some Say Love," like in in a way that feels oh, like quite shit. directly uh, like the I don't guy think is I trying to say like I'm it. building off of the Midler thing. Damn. Let me uh, let me find it, and I I would love to know how it ended up in the documentary because like I was looking for it. It seems like an exceptionally obscure. That, I mean, like, it's a good song. It's well made, huh? No, it's a famous song. No, not the Rose. The uh, the one that I'm saying that I sent you. 
Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I don't said, know when whatever you said I was telling you about the rose. I, I, I remember I, we texted about the rose recently because I listened to it after we texted. Yeah. And I was saying, uh, like, I, because my For point, the listeners, Sally would play yeah. the song The Rose by Bette Midler constantly at Excel. The, the road it was on was called Serenity Rose Ranch. Uh, like, it was the theme song of Sally's life, I think. Yes. Uh, and like you said, once yeah. we learned that the school appears to have been started as a women's group slash shelter, yeah. that really brings it home. Yeah, and I was thinking about that because the roses in my head, because I was watching this documentary okay, again, and it's okay. got a song. Uh, the song is called Song for Zula. And uh, the name of the band is Phosphorescent, which I think it's just the guy that like goes oh, by. Oh, that's been showing up in my iTunes, Phosphorescent. I think. Like, Probably because I sent yeah, it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever you like text someone a song, it'll yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. in iTunes. That song from the guy from Fun, but not by Fun, it was there for months. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good song. No one else sends me I, Apple Music links, I guess. Uh, well, while you're looking for that, dude, I think you just basically covered it with Nancy with this story like we could read the whole story but it actually is kind of long uh and it's you know 60s pillhead nun <laughs> quits and gets sober but we got to talk about the fucking sarah paragraph there dude. was an anxiety in the suburbs alex for sure that's for what sure. he attributes the sweep of volume to yeah i mean i i gotta say just as a preview for my adam curtis thing he's got some interesting takes he does i think that you'd be insane to say that all of it's 100 percent accurate like, well, of course not, dude. The man makes some leaps, and but he's like part of the power structure, dude. He's BBC, dude. Come on. I mean, whatever. Come on. It's limited. If you just gonna like, like most of the things that we see have to reach us by some, like you know, for sure, for sure, for sure. Not this podcast. This is unmediated. That's why. I, that's true, but a lot more people end up seeing that documentary in this podcast. Definitely. So if there's something we could do where we could shave off like a couple of rough <laughs> edges and be on yeah, like yeah. NBC, I would do it. I think it would be good forever, and if we did do it. I would love if this podcast got picked up by NBC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dream big? Right after the Goldbergs. Yeah. Uh, fucking, we were just talking about something. We're doing good. The Nancy paragraph about Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the anxiety in the suburbs. I feel like Adam Curtis is like the opposite, but the same thing of you're wrong about podcast. It's kind of you're right about, you know? It's like you already thought there was anxiety in the suburbs in the middle of the century and housewives were doing pills. You didn't need Adam Curtis to tell you that. Uh, I mean, that's your take on, like, me summarizing, like, an episode into a sentence. Like, I'm making a joke, like, by saying it. Like, Oh, I, okay. I, I literally didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, it's overly broad. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, it's obvious. Like, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's the joke is, like, that it's, but, like, you know, he's got more on it. For sure, for sure. He's got great, aesthetically, it's very pleasing also. That's, guy I feel like I could ride for just for that. Like, just yeah. to tell people this is a cool thing to look at. This is a guy who has access to the entire archives of the BBC that's trying to pick out the most vibey stuff and set it to weird music. Like, who's well, who's turning no on that? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is cool. Uh, all right, so Sarah. So Sally's real name is Sarah. Okay. But she spells it with an H, I believe. Okay. And this Sarah is with an A. So that's another discrepancy. I mean, the thing that we should consider is that they're just sweeping through the entire book, changing names left and right, because... Yeah, I, I, I thought that too. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to be fair. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, but I think this is Sally. So while she's in a detox ward in Cleveland. Nancy? Where, yeah. It's while she's there, she's on Thorazine, and then she's going to taper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's coming out of the detox. Uh, and it's like your problem. She comes to the detox. She says, listen, I'm on pills. Will you help me? And he gets angry and wants to leave because it's supposed to be a detox word for alcoholics only. Mm-hmm. But she begged him. And he was like, okay, I'll put you on Thorazine. This is the doctor? Yeah, okay. on, on the detox ward. Okay. So then on the detox ward, uh, it was there. I met Sarah. She was visiting some of the other patients on the ward. We talked for a while, and she told me a little bit about herself. She was a member of a 12-step group. She had been a drug addict and a sex nut, and she had gotten a recovery over a year before. She told me about a kind of halfway house where ex-addicts lived and worked together and followed the 12 steps. And, you know... That's another thing where, like, it's it's not the the sex nut like very interesting detail, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not I glossing to be clear over that's it. Nan- or Pat H's words, not mine. I'm not I'm not tossing it out. That's why I read that part. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, but but I would say in terms of like just the does this piece of information make it more or less likely? Like, does it, it fit more, more or more, less? More. No. Wrong. At no point did Wrong. Sally talk to us about how she was a sex nut or like, yeah, what I, I don't know. It, it's not, it doesn't like whenever we've, like we've been talking about all of them for a while here and you've never been like, well, you know, famed sex nut Sally. I have actually. Okay. I've repeatedly said that I think that she was working out her own issues with the best looking guys you have said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And sure. I, that would be sex nut behavior if you were running a cult. That was a therapeutic boarding school, so-called, you know? Like, I'm not saying she was molesting anybody. I think Sally, honestly, the more I think about Sally, the more sympathy I have for her, the more gratitude I have for her. Because the good things and the lessons I took from Excel were almost all from her. And I am not exaggerating when I say I'm pretty sure they've saved my life on multiple occasions. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about don't play crazy, crazy will get you. And I'm talking about just her looking in my eyes and saying, I know what it's like to be estranged from your family, so to speak, in the way that you are feeling it, which is she, she, and it's different from something that other, like, I don't know. She was like, I feel what you feel. And I made a lot of progress just from that. Uh, we were like both crying in a small life skills. It was very like, I don't think she's evil, but I think she let evil happen. And she also did do evil things, but like she's a complex person, but I always did notice even while I was there. I mean, I won't say the guy's name on the air, but you know, and other people have noticed it too. It's just, it does happen the way when you're at work, you notice that like the 55 year old guy is nicer to the 25 year old intern than he is to you. Yeah. You know, have you ever noticed that? <laughs> Every day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it just happens. So her version of that, but it is inappropriate, you know? Uh, like, we saw that. She was a long way out of the recovery. But I will say, and without going into too much detail, it's not like I'm some craved sex fiend, but we've also seen, like, with the discussion earlier on this episode, I am more inclined to pick up on, like, people's sexual vibes, it seems, than you. And you think I'm imagining them, but I don't. 
you know, and I think our shame episode helped me realize this maybe a little bit too. Uh, just in general, not just with sex stuff, but I do think the podcast has been helpful because we talk in so much detail about our intra-psychic experiences. And I'm just like, I don't know. If people's experiences are different, but I'm going to say it takes a sex nut to spot a sex nut. <laughs> and I've already explained on this podcast, you know, my vibe detective skills in the airport. And I just, I know the vibe, man. It's like, cause she talked about being crazy and not even needing drugs to be screaming in her basement, like breaking glass light bulbs in her hand just to feel something. Huh, Do you yeah. know why they, you know, it's technically borderline personality disorder. I actually can't even make this joke while I'm talking about Sally. I respect her too much. We need a little distance. Can you just say a non sequitur so I can say what I'm, dude. Like borderline personality disorder, you know what they call it. I guess not. I mean, sometimes they call it bad person disorder. Okay. But they'll also call it best pussy disorder because mm. it does, I'm making a little bit of a lighthearted joke, but I'm making it if you want to, I don't know what the thing is where you have to have the thing to talk about it, you know, but I've been borderline personality on the air. So I feel like I, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of it but it's a disorder that manifests itself in sexually acting out, you know? So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean like if someone's BPD, they're like, you know, a slut or whatever. But when someone describes to like a group of teenagers that, you know, she probably wouldn't talk about her actual sex life with, you know, uh, every other hallmark of that disorder. And then you get a piece of evidence that is like, oh yeah, she also had the defining one. It's like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, and I'm not saying that as like, oh, we should make fun of Sally the sex nut. It also, when I thought about it more, was like, uh, it made sense why she was so compassionate. She was so compassionate, not to the airport sex man, but to the other sex man. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like, don't know that. I yeah. can remember like in my mind's eye right now, like the way the warmth in her eyes when she was singing the rose, like, and made, I watched her make eye contact with him while he was singing along with it. <sighs> Jesus. And they like sang together and she did like a smile, you know, like it was just such a deep moment between like this perverted guy. Like, yeah, I mean, he was very funnily pervert. Like the way, just the way he was, was so funny. Uh, the way he was treated was not, but like that moment for him, like you could tell it was everything. Like it was a moment of human connection that would sustain him through Jamie's next two months of whatever. Yeah. And I, it like I don't really, know. It doesn't I, make me happy. It makes me sad. Me too. But it, when I read this and was like, was Sally a sex nut? Does that make sense? I was like that the way she was able to be much. And whenever anyone talked about sex stuff, Jamie always had like a prurient fascination. Like there was always like an element of like, in the Handmaid's Tale TV show, you know, the, the ant that runs their Excel Academy, like makes the girls bathe, but you can tell she's like, no, do it this way. You know, like she's, you know, basically violating them without touching them. Mm -hmm. That vibe was always there for me with Jamie being like, tell me more about your sex stuff. There was like, there was still like a confused, wounded, like violated, you know, victim that never grew from when she got hurt that was like, help me figure out, you know, my own stuff and what, what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, which I do get, dude. I mean, I've read a lot about this stuff in my own life, 
But uh, Sally was always like, not like that. She was always like, you really could not face Sally with sex stuff at all. And like, you know, the boys sucking each other off, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, Sally handled it. I've watched her handle it. And it was like, it was really What wild. does that mean? Like, I'm saying, like, I've... I've, I've, I've <laughs> never came close to a time where they were talking directly in in the way that I could hear about... Bro, I was in, like, this, the little small groups where they get, like, the rawest shit out. Yeah, I, I think they just stopped doing that because I've, like, I don't know. I, they should have. If, uh, <laughs> like, if, if it it's was... a competition for who's the best strength, I will uh, happily acquiesce. <laughs> but uh, they didn't have a lot of options besides me by the time I was graduating. Like, it's <laughs> not were... like they were picking someone out. Like, it's not like they were having those conversations. And well, they, they also had a, like else. adopted kids as staff members by that time. Like they had kids. So I was only in that because we were like the farm leagues for that group of kids. And I didn't make the cut. Like they wanted me in it. And then when the girls ran away, I think that was when I was kind of out too. Like they, they got hurt. They pulled up the stakes and then they just brought up like two or three, like of the most, the kids that really wanted to give themselves over to the program in the way I described, uh, like I, you know what I take that back, dude. That was not thank cool. you. Thank Please you. That, that really was not cool. <laughs> I, I shouldn't. I, I'm sorry, uh, but they they were more into the program than I was. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into it. Like, and but I've said this before. Probably my reaction of making it so clear that that's not me comes from a terror that, like, deep down inside, that is what I want. Which, by my own words, means I'm fucking gay as shit, dude. You know. So there we go. But uh, yeah, so like Sally, you could not phase her in these small groups. Like whatever it was, she'd be like, yeah, I know you're fucking sucking each other. Knock it off. Like, you know, like whatever. Like, it's not like she would be like, that's cool. But it was never like, you fucking freak. She'd be like, look, I get it. He'd suck anybody off. It's your fault. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was just so, I was like, yeah, actually I admire her. I think she's done well on her journey as a sex nut. The fact that it leaked out a little bit, look, that dude was hot. We all know it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so what can you do? Like, we all treated him better. I literally <laughs> talked to my wife about him today. Uh, <laughs> no, because you know, like, I won't say his name, but the way you can say his name, you can do it with the Lion King song. Uh-huh. You know, like the opening, the, ah, da, da, da. Yeah. Okay. you can say his name yeah, in that cadence. Uh -huh. So we had Lion King on for the kids. So obviously I had to do it. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> sure. probably if he wasn't hot, no one would have been inspired to do that. No one. I mean, you know, he had a great personality too, Alex. <laughs> he did, dude. He was pretty funny. No one talks enough about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I don't, you know, uh, I would not say that I a hundred percent agree with you, but, uh, hats off. That was much more. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm way more persuaded than I thought I was going to be at the start of this disagreement. Thanks, man. <laughs> you good at what you do? I appreciate it, dude. I spend a lot of time thinking about as a sex nut, dude, I guess, you know, what can I say? <laughs> and then we do have to, we're, I know it's, we've gone long, but we can do this so fast. I got more stuff. Well, it's going to go. I mean, we started early in terms of time in, okay. on Amer in America. It's all good. Uh, so we got that. I, 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 I got plenty more stuff I want to say. I just want to okay. be clear about that. Well, I just wanted to say we can finally at least draw out the Synanon connection too. What do you got? And it's fast, but like, uh, so, you know, Zip Riley is funding 
Betty Eisner, I, I think, and Sidney Cohen. So who's Betty Eisner? Just Sidney Cohen's partner at okay. the time, but she didn't go on to UCLA with him. Okay. But it it was Bill Wilson, Tom Powers, Sidney Cohen, and Betty Eisner all doing acid together in New York. Probably like, tight. A lot. And writing each other letters. And then she wrote her memoirs. Just talking about how much they can't wait to do acid with each other again. Yeah, yeah, literally. Which like and uh, Tom Powers, dude. Fully agree. So Tom How the, many texts have I sent to you? This is, <laughs> yeah, can't wait to do acid again, bro. One day kids will be podcasting about it when we start a school. Yeah. You know? Uh so she lost her license in the seventies. Because of too much acid? I, yeah, I mean I think it was stuff like that. Uh but she's still considered like there's a video of her in the eighties, like her, Sidney Cohen, Timothy Leary, uh, not a, Aldous Huxley was dead, but like all of those early psychonauts, like getting together and reminiscing on the early research days. It's pretty wild. But, I'd love uh, to see that just to see, like I, I am worried. I mean, I don't do it much. Like yeah, I've, dude, I don't either. I've, I've done I'm, it five or six times in my life. I, yeah. If I sat and thought about it for a couple more seconds, I could probably figure out if it was five or six. Yeah. Uh, and, but... Uh, I just, I don't know, dude. It, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, they were doing so much. If you, like, I, it's the kind of thing where, like, it's having such a large effect on my brain. I wonder if, like, things are, ne like, in some ways, I don't want them to go back the way they were, obviously. Oh, no, I think that is true. But, like, that there's the bad stuff also. That I, like, I just, you know, there's a, a loss of connection to reality that seems like a, you should at least respect the possibility of. With all this stuff, I mean, acid, it's wonderful that they did as much research on it as they did. But in general, illegal drugs are a deeply understudied field. Like you would be surprised at how thin I would the say evidence acid is. is. Probably more studied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, than a, the most you ones, get the yeah. impression whenever you're going to Dare and they're listing out the effects that like this is all like settled stuff and like everyone has a good understanding of what it's like if you do drugs on a regular basis. No or one whatever. knows what we are in for for people smoking 35% THC cannabis every day. Yeah, and like, like let alone doing dabs. That's true on just a, like, a, a wide number of things about this whole. Like yeah. I, I, I don't. What I've learned in trying to like come to understand what exactly is going to happen as a result of my decisions is we don't fucking know. So like, try and be like as chill about it as you can. But I, I mean, I've I say that as I'm fucking house, downing psilocybin in large amounts every fucking weekend. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think the psilocybin for me there. I am even now still figuring out that there's a very long tail. Like I think for the next few weeks, I'm like very, I'm much higher on the psychotic spectrum. Like, I mean, yeah, it's definitely yeah, like low key way. Uh, you, you and I are just, you know, our, our brains are very different. I think so. We should get them scanned though. That would be sick. As I'd fun. be happy to. I don't really know how you do it. Me neither. <laughs> but, um but uh you know i i just i the stuff about like weeks later you know or like in the following yeah, yeah, week yeah, I, definitely doesn't i i don't notice that pattern in myself but I don't yeah know. no i found my community on reddit of people saying like none of my friends have this thing of like i think even if like if i smoke weed every day it's just like coffee and i'm just whatever level of psychotic that makes me but if i don't and then just do it like once that is also like a similar like very long tail of just weirdness yeah uh i don't know yeah i want to do the brain scan so that would be tight sure uh what were you saying though 
Yeah. Are we oh, done with the? Yeah, no. Uh, so we've always been obsessed with like, are we sitting yeah, yeah, yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, you know, do we have Dieterich? Do we have Dieterich in the room? Uh-huh. You know, with CIA or whatever. And it's not quite there, but so Betty Eisner and Sidney Cohen straight up are doing acid with Tom Powers and Bill Wilson trying to figure out the schism that will eventually cause Tom Powers to found Eastridge and All Addicts Anonymous, which does, with or without Family Foundation, you get Sally, you know, but then Sally in that context learns the model from Family Foundation and then uh, comes down to Texas. Mm-hmm. So we do have a direct lineage from the McKinsey Money Man down to Excel Academy, like historically. He funds Sidney Cohen and Betty. They give Tom Powers acid. Tom Powers starts his cult. Sally joins it, starts her own. You know? And so, Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't sound based on that like Sally ever met the McKinsey guy, but No, 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 definitely not. Or the acid people. She only yeah. met Tom Powers. But Tom Powers was an acid guy. Mm-hmm. with the cia to be like they were recipients like they're not receiving be. cia money when they're with tom but they do eventually yeah i think sydney cohen intimated that he knew that zip riley's money was like the cia was aware of where zip riley was putting his money and they were interested yeah and then he immediately hooks up with them at ucla mm-hmm. but i didn't find that the cia was actually funding like the acid that went to to tom powers I mean, if Sip Riley is, was the plug, dude. if Sip Riley's the front, like it, it could just be that, like this guy. No, Sip like, Riley was the money man. I hear what you're saying, but like, where is that money coming from? Yeah, yeah, he was. It rich. could be the CIA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, it's like, uh, or it's the, like actually, the rich guys started the CIA. There's a long like, history. Kind of the, we're of like, like assuming that the CIA didn't even really exist yet, like that. Like, yeah, you know, it's like these guys pre. This guy bankrolled McKinsey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he got to decide who was in the CIA probably. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, bankers and rich people that like they approach for whatever reason. The most direct is, uh, I was, this was in like, uh, the true hoop Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, autisting out series. Okay. Uh, the thing that you can nail down is there's a guy who was a banker in Baltimore that, or I think he's like a banker and he ran like an import export business. Sure, of course. And uh, he, so did Jeffrey. he at one point wrote a memoir where he was very direct. He was like, I worked for the CIA. Buzzy Krongrad approached me. He was another banker that I knew well. And he said, you know, you got to do this thing. Uh, Buzzy eventually, like, was, like, number two at the CIA after that. Uh-huh. All of a sudden. You know, like, in the same way that uh, George Bush becomes the head of the CIA, uh-huh. uh, despite never having been in it before. Uh-huh. I wonder if maybe he was in it before. Yeah. And they just Interesting to think about. Uh, you know, don't have, like, official roles on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the, so the, the guy, the Baltimore import-export guy, um, you know, whenever asked about, and or it might just be in the book or whatever, his explanation is just whenever you have that kind of import-export stuff, you've got a lot of business that's going on in foreign countries. So if the CIA is trying to get someone into a foreign country, having you vouch and be like, this is my employee, it all just runs easy. 
you know yeah, like it's, yeah. it's stuff like that like you know how like someone like george bush could be in the cia for many years but never like appear on any records as such yeah, yeah. is that you know he would be like this is an employee of this import export business yeah that so, makes sense yeah yeah i mean that's what i'm saying so this kind of like stuff like the, you know this i'm keeping forgetting his name zip zip riley zip riley uh you know like the fact that he was never listed as head of the CIA doesn't mean he wasn't involved, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so if you're telling me that this guy, you know, is involved in Northeastern money and, uh, you know, uh, is at coordinating with these LSD scientists, uh, and then those LSD scientists later go on to do something else as a CIA. If you just want to call the beginning part CIA too, I'm not going to fight. Of yeah, all the things, yeah, I'll yeah. fight you on. Exactly. As I've shown tonight, uh, sure. <laughs> that's one that I will. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it stinks yeah, a little bit you. to me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then the so the Dieterich synonym link. So uh, for the listener, obviously not you, but as a refresher. I don't know. Sorry. I don't. What? Just real quick. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever mentioned on here. I might have. Uh, God, the podcast is called Winds of Change. Uh, it's just, it's one of the best like examinations of like the CIA and how they work. It's really fucking good. I think it's only on Spotify. Yeah, uh, I don't think you've mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, then, then I would definitely like to tell you and the listener the podcast Winds of Change is very good. It's like nine episodes and you learn a lot about the CIA. Interesting. Okay. I am interested. I, I want, you know, I just have this sense that there are a bunch of guys in Yale, like right as World War II was ending. And they were like, yo, we have to grab power over the whole world. Yes. It's up to us and it's going to be sick, but we also, we have to do it. Yes. Like the movie, The Good Shepherd seems like a pretty obvious, like limited hangout in that regard of like an origin story. And it's like Robert De Niro just gives a speech where he's just like, look, we're, we're the best chance we got. And I was thinking about that. Is that I, good enough to put on the list? I've never seen that. Is it a good movie? Not really. You don't love it? It's okay. interesting as a cultural document to be like, this is clearly what the CIA thought of itself like in 2011. I'm not putting it on the list. Because uh, you not know, up to that Damon, Venom Damon level. is kind of seems like a little bit, you know, Damon's entertained some conversations with the CIA, I'm sure, at one point or another. At Damon? Yeah, dude. He's all into politics. He's super smart. He makes like the Bourne movies and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like I'm sure, because this is what I was saying. I was thinking about this because I'm reading Brian Eno's uh, diaries from the 90s. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they're fucking sick, dude. <laughs> he never gets an erection in Ireland. He shouldn't, he it's, doesn't deserve it's to. just too repressed. That's, <laughs> he says that happens, but he, he the got. The last fucking thing I want. <laughs> he got a very strong, but non-sexual one. British person's opinion. He, like, he was swimming it's naked. not for you, dude. <laughs> well, he's like basically. What a, you're feeling that you're identifying as that is just the feeling he, that you dude, need to get he's out. He's like an honorary member of you too. Like, you know, half of the diary is just him talking about like. That's I don't why know he's that all of them count is full. That's why he's an, it's him. He's just like Bono and the edge, Bono and the edge. Like they're constantly, you know, that's all he's talking about. That's why he's in Ireland. They don't speak for us, dude. Yeah, when they may they get boners. That's but, uh like just uh, 
I, I'm just thinking about me, a person who is not in that any way born funny, there. Actually telling talking Bono. to the other people who were being like, you fucking half member. <laughs> and you're just mad because Brian Eno's there not getting boners. Uh, no, there's plenty of other things that Bono's done. Like, you know, oh, okay. uh, mainly he, he regularly like, calls out people like me. Oh, he does? And I resent it. I'm like Johnny Drama on that entourage. Just number one fan. I love Bono. <laughs> yeah, that is a great entourage. <laughs> it's one of the best, yeah. for sure uh but no he has like an entry and he's like he's all worked up about sarajevo no i like you too i like no i know yeah uh, just you know his whatever dude i was listening because he produced that he doesn't but bono doesn't get to decide what i think about the whole thing for sure for sure i don't think bono would purport to maybe he, he would. definitely purports yeah, he probably to. would uh you know brian Eno produced laid by james you know that song Yes, but I didn't know he produced it. He produced a whole like a lot of albums for them. So I I checked that album out. It's pretty good. Is it like the album Laid, but that has the song Laid? I'd be yeah. surprised if it is. I mean, you just gotta. Well, see, Brian Brian's making Picassos. You know what I'm saying? Like he's making art that you look at. He's not just making. You want to can't get you out of my head, tie-in? Sure. Um, whenever I'm trying to remember. Mao's wife's name now. I think it's Zhang Ping. Okay. But I could be wrong. Mao's wife, who yeah, did a lot in the Cultural Revolution. One of the one of the big elements of her cultural revolution was uh either writing new or recasting old like central opera you like you know, operas and, and movies and I think there was like six of them or something. Like the, the, we're just showing these over and over to like advance this message. Of okay. like you know the individual fighting against like the corruption. Shen Yun, for them. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, and uh, one of them is called. Uh, I want to make sure I get this right, but I'm all I have is my memory, which is faulty at times. But I'm pretty sure the title is uh, "The Taking of Tiger Mountain by Strategy." Uh, why have I heard that before? Because it's Brian Eno's second album. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, that's tight. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Eno is sick, dude. Like. The back half of the book is just essays that he writes, like as like he'll be writing his his buddy a letter, you know, and he's just like, "See this essay? I just wrote you an essay." But, <laughs> pretty tight. It is tight. Uh, but like he was saying, like he was you know having dinner with somebody, and they're all worked up about whatever's going on with like Bosnia, Herzegovina, Sarajevo, uh -huh, uh -huh. like you know the '90s, whatever. The Ukraine of its time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's worked up. Like he started a charity with Bono. Like you know, he's really worked up. Like uh, the P90X guy. I suppose he's real okay. worked up about the Ukraine. Oh, is he? Okay, I, interesting. I corresponded briefly with him. Okay, that's cool. You know, I mean, now because I'm reading Brian Eno's diary, I'm like, I don't want to make fun of anyone for being worked up because it's like, I mean, br the way Brian Eno's. I don't like, match the intensity of feeling of the P90. He's just like they're guy. executing people. How can they get away with this? We're sending a message that like, as long as you're willing, the more ruthless you get to take charge, like we need to go in there and figure this out. Like someone needs to go in there and protect these innocent victims, you know? And then like a couple entries later, he's like, I was having dinner with so-and-so and we were talking about, you know, various people we knew and whether they were connected to the intelligence community. Mm -hmm. Just like that, they're just, you know, cause they're major artists. So they're, they're just like, so do you think the edge is fucking... CIA, you know, and it's like, but they're actually wondering, you know, it'd be like if I was like, do you think fucking Jake is yeah. taking that Peter Thiel money, you know? Uh, but he was like, 
then he was like, I could see why you would though. Because like, I can see why, like as the world is scrambling and you're like, look at the carnage that They're just persuasive happened. people that have practiced these speeches for a while. Yeah, yeah. They're probably not like, and I don't know, dude, like if, just, if they are trying to make peace, I like peace. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's like, you always end up starting a school that ends up putting a pedophile in a school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Do you know like, uh, the British music connection to uh, Bosnia? No. Uh, James Blunt, the You're Beautiful guy? I mean, okay, go on. Uh, I don't think he was the commander, but I think he was like involved in the decision making. The like Russian forces had taken an uh, airport. This is like vaguely coming back. And the order was given down of like, British troops go fucking kill all those Russians in that airport. And it was James Bond? And he he was what? Like he was at the level Holy where like shit. whenever they're like, should we listen to this order? He's like, well, here's my thoughts. Do it. And no, he was like, he don't said, do no, it. They're beautiful. And they and they didn't do it. Like it, <laughs> oh, shit. It, it, you know, uh, looks like a, I, I don't know. I Whoa. don't know enough about the conflict to really say this confidently, but like, fuck it. I'm going like they, they stopped so much bloodshed, dude. Wow. Just like de-escalated the entire thing considerably. The power of art. Absolutely. You probably he went just to, sang acapella. <laughs> went on to, you know, fucking reflect on that and uh, it was a big God hit. damn, you know, beautiful. dude. What a life this man has probably lived. <laughs> the first time I saw it was like, we know about uh, it. it was just like one tweet, like just laying out all those facts. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that is you can't just wild. post anything on the internet and have me believe it. But then like I looked into it and it was true. That's pretty impressive. You know, you better, people make fun of James Bond. But he saved a lot of people that day. He did. Also, that's a good song. The it's ladies love it. They like lots of bad songs. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Are they bad songs if people like them? Well, I mean, good and bad is determined exclusively by my taste. I suppose. Yeah. So You're an Eno head? Uh, I don't have a strong opinion either way. I started listening to the Taking a Tiger Mountain by Strategy because I was... That's like that weird early watching you know, the documentary. stuff, right? Like it's, it's just, more like yeah, Wah! uh, yeah. I, I mean, I listened to like two songs. They weren't. They didn't sound like that. <laughs> they sounded like regular That's songs. That's fair. I like like the ambient stuff more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Although, dude, in the diary, you know, the he like invented modern ambient music with like uh, music for airports, mm -hmm. which was made for airports. I never thought about this, or it's one of the essays about like what is ambient music. Mm -hmm. He said he made it. So that if you paid attention to it, you would start thinking about uh, the fact that you could die on the airplane. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But like, not like in a bad way, but just like, it's music that prepares you for death if, if that's what you need. Great. <laughs> yeah, dude. Jesus. Like, fuck yeah, dude. I just do it to like read a book, but like yeah. in my garage, but all right. I guess I could prepare for death. I mean, we all are all the time. Yeah. Or not. I suppose. Think about it. Um, so you, are you, oh, let me just close the loop. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So the synonym loop is that yeah, yeah, Sidney yeah, Cohen do. and Betty Eisner, who gave Tom Powers acid, mm -hmm. you know, our cult grandfather, mm -hmm. uh, also are the people who gave Chuck Dieterich acid in California. Okay. The exact same two people were coast to coast giving out acid with Zip Riley's money. Spiritual leaders. Exactly. And they gave it to They're Bill just Wilson. They're looking for all the big leaders. And, well, Dieters came in as a trial. 
like he was an AA guy that they just pulled in. He wasn't. Yeah, like a, a yeah. I, okay, now I remember you sending something indicating this. So he hadn't even started sinning on yet. Correct. So he was in AA and was just like a boisterous, you know, the loud talking. Fucking. I mean, the guy that later founded a cult probably came up as a major. Like, if you're saying who's big in AA in Southern California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. He's gonna get noticed. Exactly. So he did acid five times, and he said it changed his life. Like, broke down his ego. Uh, all this stuff, but then after that, it didn't affect him anymore. I thought he said that it was just the first one. Or maybe, well, he did it five times as part of the study, so maybe it was just the first one. But I know like after he did acid the first time, like had his big experience, he didn't have those anymore from acid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd always been, cause you know, the, the you uh, flagged in the text that you had been specifically recalling the quote about it being five or six martinis for yeah, quite yeah, a while. Yeah which I agree, I've heard you say that. Uh, and, and every time I hear you say it, it strikes fear into my heart. I don't think that's your brain, man. I don't think it's my brain either. I think it's after, mine. after having learned, you think so? Yeah. You I mean, I guess you have done the recent experiences where I wasn't there, so. Yeah, I mean, they were more But also that means it first. wasn't my stuff, so you know, it might've sucked. Yeah, but I think it's like something where it's like, it's actually carving out new pathways, like in a, a way that you can't really do again because they've been carved. Yeah, that's, I, I know that's the case with all drugs. All drugs that I like, I know eventually I'll like them less. It's, you know, life sucks. No, but I do like not, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that part sucks, dude. Nah, there's man, a lot of difficult things journeys. to deal with. They give you, you don't you want need. fuck it. There's going to be a point where, like, there's no more drugs left for me. I'm well, just then not going to be quiet, dude. Uh, when David Bowie, I don't like you know that. know what happened when that happened to David Bowie? You, no. know, what, you know what his drug became? I don't know. Silence. The morning. The morning. Yeah, great. That sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> dude, I'm sure it is, dude. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. You know, I don't like to talk a big game, but I may be going completely sober myself. You don't like to talk a big game? All you do is come in here every day and be like, I'm never doing it again, TC. And then the next week is, well, I didn't change I started my pattern doing something at new. all. I've added to it. <laughs> yeah. um, nah, dude, you can't convince me that it wouldn't be dope if you could do fucking X all the time and it felt the exact same and there were no consequences. That's yeah, the best possible thing. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I mean, you got to have a come down or maybe you don't, but... You have a come down, like come down. I'm that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like it stops working. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been in positions where like you can just keep smoking as much weed as you want. Like you're not going to get any higher. You're just kind of yeah. like numbed out. Yeah, that's that shit sucks, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but the other thing is like I think it's just because a lot of times you're doing drugs as like a, a way to get to a good feeling, which is fine, but like if you're just chasing comfort you can kind of like be in a mind state that anything but comfort is not tolerable and that's not really how life works and so sure yeah no you know but like no i'm more talking to myself like when i stop smoking weed like if i'm smoking a lot of weed i like stay up at night i can't sleep very well i get overheated like i get night sweats you know and i can't eat uh and it maybe lasts like you know maybe one day you know may max probably two or three maybe i'm a little wonky for a week but i'm sleeping you know by by that time eating doing fine um but it's like 
that two or three day period is no worse than like a moderate cold, you know, or like a moderate bout of the flu or something. It's, it's like not as bad as COVID or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it seems alarmingly bad. No, it's just, I make it seem like it is because I feel like I had this belief that like, I mean, if you get sick from like, not like, what do you mean by like sick? Like a moderate flu. What you're saying? I guess. I mean, maybe it makes me sound like a heroin addict, but it's like, the fact is your body is driven towards homeostasis. Like it's always going to try to do that. So when you first take the drug, the reason it has its effect is because the homeostatic system that it's, you know, becoming a part of is not ready for it. Mm -hmm. So it has like different effects, but if you just take it enough, the body's going to get homeostatic with it. That's, you know, how tolerance builds. And so then you take it away. Well, you've got to get back to something. You know what I mean? So that's like, that's all withdrawal ever is. So I think it's I helpful to think that. about it that It still doesn't way. seem good. Well, yeah, but it makes sense when you think about like, you know, how powerful cannabis is if you smoke it every day, you know, it's like, that's my whole point is I think mentally, at least for me, like I have this mindset if I don't examine it, that it's like any kind of discomfort is bad. You know, I should be like maximizing how good I feel at all times but it's like you can get through a lot and you know i don't know it's like no one ever told me you shouldn't expect that you don't have periods in your life of like a couple of days when you're d uncomfortable and so when you put it in that perspective it's like stopping smoking weed shouldn't be that hard you know i think yeah i, I don't <coughs> you know it shouldn't be that hard doesn't mean that it's it needs to be something that you go without i think like you a lot of people drink coffee every day without beating themselves up about it it's a mistake i actually think it probably is for more people than we're acknowledging anyway close the cia loop i think as good as we can with synanon man so yeah he he found it synanon after that he used his last like two dollars after those acid trips to buy the dao de xing or however you say it and then just like got even crazier at aa and then like eventually peeled off his own group and then they obviously start CDU after Synanon, Charles E. Dieterich University, which becomes like the West Coast trouble teen industry. Yeah. Although, man, I, so I've, I've officially gotten into like, uh, man, I think how this works, if I can do my best to predict the TikTok algorithm, uh, I think it starts with there was a thing that was served to me that was like, a woman being like, you know, I'm trying my first day sober, basically. Okay. And uh, it had like two likes or something like that. Like you it was, hit her with one? Just, it definitely. Okay. Uh, I may have even go, gone so far. I, I don't know that I would want to defend this in public, and I guess I'm in public admitting it now. <laughs> I may have even gone so far as you to provide a, a positive comment. No, just uh, a public okay. comment. Okay. Just like a... I don't even you know, know how to comment on TikTok. You just hit the comments and then you write one. Do you not I've, know that there's I've comments? I've tried to read the comments before and like I can't do it. I also don't know how to make what the, the caption to, to go away. Sometimes the caption is blocking the other caption. You got to just kind of tap on it. And I mean, I've tried all these caption. Things, You know, I don't know. Yeah, it was wonky for a while there, but I feel like they worked it out. I've, it okay. didn't work and that now it does. I kind of I hide that. all the captions. I wish I could. That, that, you can. that would be superior. I believe in you. Okay. Don't teach me though. Okay. Okay. Um, so you're predicting the algorithm. 
And so I think that that like like then then I started getting more recovery content. Dude, which recovery memes are sick. Wasn't really my intention. I mean, okay. they're fine. You know, whatever. Fucking sober. I was just trying Instagram? to like. Uh, I, I, I'm aware of that I'm not. You're not into it. No, I don't follow it. I don't. I think it's, it's funny. It's fine. I'm not. I don't know enough about it. whatever. I just I don't. The whole thing. It's fucking kids <laughs> excited about vacation Bible school. What uh, are you talking about? First of all. VBS is fucking awesome. Great. Let's not bring that into sure. this. Fine. It's not for me. What the fuck? All right. Anyway. Um, so uh, I got more sobriety content, and then that led to eventually it was someone being like, let me tell you about the time that they came to my house and woke me up in the middle of the night. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got so, trouble tea and TikTok. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to get on that. And now I'm now I'm like like I the second that the one popped up, Let me tell I'm you like <laughs> I'm clicking this thing and I'm like watching like fifty of these so the algorithm really? can't mistake the message. Okay, that I okay. want to hear some more. Interesting. Uh, and uh, based on that, they never mentioned the names of their places and like i knew that of the people who get to sent to excel that there was like you know i mean you hear about a weird like a wilderness you hadn't heard of before every once in a while yep but uh i think that there's a lot more wildernesses operating than i knew and i, I think agree. they're all in utah i agree and uh i think that all of utah like the, <laughs> the southern half of utah the whole thing is like 50, maybe 60 different wildernesses. Yeah, yeah, and psych wards. I guess. Yeah, that was the big one that they would threaten us with when I first got there. They would be like, we'll send you to Provo. Like there's a, but it was a psych ward. It wasn't Provo Canyon School? No, it was like a psych ward in Provo because it was something, you know, they talked about the laws are different in Utah and shit. Really cool to tell that to 15-year-olds. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. great, glad that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I think my only point there was there's a lot of wildernesses out there. Okay, I didn't know there was troubled teen talk. That's pretty tight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's mainly like I'm a lot of it is just like trying to blow your mind with uh, the concept of escorts, which like yeah, go for it. You know, like of all the like, if I'm trying to shock people, like it seems like it, it seems like what we've all collectively settled on is the most shocking part. But like, I don't know, dude. It's just not the kind of stuff where, like. The only way, like, if you want to, I don't really want to shock anyone. I want people to understand what happened. No, exactly. I want people That's to understand why we don't my get life, to the shocking period. stuff until, like, fucking three hours in ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's why, it, well, just, like, I don't want it. Like, I, I can't. Like, what I want to have happen can only happen in the course of a five-hour podcast. I, no, I fully agree. Like, um, uh, we can't compete. If we want, we could get on TikTok and be like, let me tell you about the time they made this girl fucking talk about how she was raped while eating her own vomit like just just did it like you know that's a real thing that happened that's what you're saying we should do like we could do that That that's what you want if we wanted to maximize shockage Mm -hmm. that's that's that but no i would not do that i would do a five-hour podcast well you didn't say let's do a five-hour podcast you said let's get on the trouble team sure i do want to actually get on that but i won't go for shock value I'd be mm. like, let me tell you about. You're a slave to the algorithm at that Let point. me tell you about an invitation to a great experiment <laughs> <laughs> in 15 seconds or less. But yeah, so uh, why were we talking about wilderness programs? I don't know. Okay. TikTok? You were Can just saying there were a lot of them. 
Yeah, yeah, but I don't remember why I felt compelled to say that there were a lot of them. It's okay. not important. Okay. I've got more things and they don't have anything to do with that. So the the Jimmy Savile Savile Okay. Savile Savile. The Jimmy Savile documentary. Savile. Savile. I think. Yeah, that's the, that's it, but I'm having problems with the A into the V. Savile. 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 Uh, the Saddle. Jimmy, the Jimmy Savile documentary that the, the, everyone can go back, uh, you know, six months ago and learn when I first learned of this, because Alex said, you ever heard about Jimmy Savile? And I said, no, uh, yeah, dude, a guy left us an iTunes review just about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I hope he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. Well, there is a Netflix documentary about it now. It's two okay. parts. Uh, I would say if you feel the need to pick one or two, the first parts, it's just establishing that he's a radio guy. Okay. I mean, there's some stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's whatever. Kind of it a, clearly doesn't need to be too. Not parts. really the big takeaway, I think, at this point. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Although, I, mean, I they, actually think it's important that he was a radio guy, and like, also TV. But yeah, no. But it's like I think it's important that he was a radio guy when they made TV. Yeah, because they just like brought in rando radio guys, like. And as they know the documentary, they they tried that, but like a lot of them flamed out. He was a little bit of an exception that like his skills were able to, because it's not the same skills. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, and you look at him, like besides where he's like on camera joking about being a pedo, Mm -hmm. but like, he's just so fucking weird. And like, you're like, who the fuck put this guy on TV? You know what I mean? Like, it almost seems like it must've been the conspiracy from the start to get like, <laughs> like I've got a pedo friend that we have to make famous, you know? But it's like, I, it's just the way TV got made, you know? It seems like the, it was like total freak shows. Dude, I hear what you're saying. I hope that- uh, Like they're one step up from carnies, basically. But- You know, it went like vaudeville. To radio. highlight him is the weird thing about British television is- <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, real, that's like, a fair point. That's a fair point. When you're looking at any of the sets- like everything going yeah, on in the, the frame. What the fuck are they doing? In dude? every single one of the clips of him, like I'm like, what? Where? Where am I? Like, <laughs> yeah. how is there a civilized nation that looks like this? They conquered the world. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> based funny. on what I'm seeing. Like it's just all fucking weird. It, it is. So man. to be like, uh, well, his presence is obviously proof of a pedophile conspiracy. I don't know, dude. Maybe the whole thing's. A, maybe the sets are also proof of that. I'm in fact open to that idea. I suppose. But uh, it, 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 he's weird, yes. But the whole thing's fucking odd. No, yeah, I'm saying the opposite. Yeah, I'm not saying he's so weird. It's proof of a grand conspiracy. Mm-hmm. saying that's just how weird the media industry's origins are that you could confuse it for one but it's yeah. actually just like it's a collection of fucking freakazoids dude yeah so yeah. it's it's a good uh you know i mean like there's two kinds of documentaries right or like i i think of documentaries as like uh, along two axes okay and there's four quadrants okay there's uh you know, well-made and poorly made and about a subject they care about and not about a subject they mm, care that's about. That's a good matrix. And so what you really want is the exceptionally well-made about a subject you care deeply about. Yeah. But I will definitely happily watch a well-made one that's about something I don't care about. That, I think, is the difference between you and me. Like 100-foot wave. I didn't that's know anything about surfing. what I thought of, and I like surfing. 
Uh, that <laughs> documentary is so fucking good. I believe you are just not interested, man. I, you know, I hear people say it's good, and I always say, like, maybe I'll check it out. But something in me doesn't want to watch it right now. Just well-shot fucking gnarly ocean set to Philip Glass. Like, I like that. I'll watch it for the rest of my life. Yeah, it sounds cool. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I've been burnt by the bad ones. Well, it's like not it's hard movie. for me to watch a streaming documentary. I guess I trust HBO more. Netflix documentaries burn me. With the, the making a murderer that was a big one where I I had to stop it. It was just too drawn out. It's like who gives a fuck? Yeah, I liked it. it like the the basic kernel is so good, but like man, you just uh, my kingdom for an editor, dude. Uh, but so this, uh, this one, um, it's in the category of, uh, I'm very interested in the subject matter and yeah, it's fine. Like as, yeah, as the okay. execution, like it's good. Like if you, if you didn't know anything about this, but are very interested in things like this, which is exactly where I was, then you're going to be happy that you watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not here to say that it's just brilliant like you know the way it's put together period uh but so there's a lot of interest you know the the clips of him like kind of winking about it uh are you know that that's worth the price of admission yeah uh the business of like uh just it's it's so interesting because he's had such a long career um that they are like jumping through decades from like minute to minute and so kind of being able to see like it's just interesting like he's described as a creep the whole way around and like people kind of <laughs> being like how could you not always see he was a creep and weren't there like a ve- some people early on were kind of on the record of like i don't fuck with that guy but not the majority i mean his career started in the 50s in the 90s there started to be rumors okay but okay it was not real. I mean, See, like he was having to fend off questions about it every couple of years in the nineties. Weren't on. they like, "Are you gay? Are you why? Why are you married?" Like, Definitely that. You know. Because he, uh, I mean, the portrait painted. I mean, I would think that if I learned anything about someone, like the behavior is engaging, it is obviously the behavior of a very hurt person. And sure. when you learn more about it, it's just, I mean, I wish that they'd done more. They talk about his mom a little bit and, you know, uh, whatever. The, the, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. Uh, really, I don't know anything more about his background than what I would have assumed just knowing what he did. Yeah. Which, if we haven't said yet, is uh, abuse hundreds of children. Uh, yeah you know over the course of uh his career he, he like his one of his big things was i don't think we i guess we've kind of it's clear he's he was like a big famous tv show guy yeah he's he's one of the like uh the top of the pops on the bbc yeah that's his deal and jimmy will fix it jim will fix it is the other big thing and jim will fix it is a television show where children write in and ask him you know for like whatever you know like one of them's like uh it's almost a pet dog he can't fly let's arrange it so he's on an airplane yeah i'm sure yeah oh my god dude what were you saying it's Uh, almost as if what i was just gonna make the very trite observation that it's almost as if if there's congregations of children to be assembled certain kind of people seem to be drawn to that yeah maybe we should pay attention to that you know, 
you, you, I don't want to disagree with you, but it, I do agree. The with pool what of his victims did not say. come from the people that came on the show. Oh, okay. I kind of assumed that they did. No, no, no. Uh, okay. the, the main, I mean, he victimized hundreds. They didn't you recount. Know, honestly, that shows how much I know because that's actually dumb. That's like as dumb as like when Meryl Streep was like, well, Harvey Weinstein, I never saw anything. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, he cared about an image with you. Like Jimmy wanted the good image. If he was raping kids from the TV show, that would be more likely to be exposed. No, it's, uh, if anything, worse. He was, uh, he did a lot, like, starting in the 50s, yeah. was a volunteer at a hospital. Yeah, I know. And did major fundraising efforts for so various hospitals. Up, and once the hospital realized that, you know, like, they had 10 million dollars that, or 10 million pounds, so nearly 20 million dollars, most likely. Yeah. Depending on the exchange rates at the time. Um, were uh you know i mean like like our hospital was shit and then he showed up and now it's state of the art like purely because he's like going to fucking princess diana and like all this other shit yeah and so like yeah you know you fucking take the patient out whatever you know like yeah you know just whenever you hear something bad about him you're not inclined to be like well yeah that motherfucker probably did it like at, at the very least you know yeah. I mean, the people operating the hospitals don't seem to have taken that yeah, as a man. thing. But, like, I mean, it's, a betrayal. it's I don't know, dude. It, it kind of seemed like anyone incapacitated, like, just anyone who he could get at in that, like, whenever it's a, a safe situation for him. Yeah. Like, I think there was a guy who, like, worked at the Leeds Hospital in, like, the 60s that saw, like, was recounting, you know, just seeing him fucking molesting, like, just, I, it was i was watching this on a car ride and like you know the, the huh. road was loud so like i yeah. and i i don't know i uh, whatever i might be getting the details wrong maybe they were just incapacitated it might have also been that there was, was like a fucking dead body no like i, I was, i've heard that too yeah uh, I, I haven't watched this but i have yeah so uh you know the guy just like he's just it's running through compulsive. these hospitals fucking doing whatever he can and uh the the stuff like the stuff i was saying about like you know the more you learn about him the more you're just fucking bummed like he as is a hallmark of people like this uh just had no fucking hope like of making actual normal intimacy yeah and i don't even mean that in like a sexual context like he couldn't really have normal friends like yeah. he did like he was the guy he was the weird character on the show and like, if you asked them any questions, like, you know, if you were trying to like, be like, you know, so who are you, man? Yeah. Like, it was just a joke, you know, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was the, it was the style of joke that he'd given on the show. Like he, he only was a character and like, obviously that wasn't him, you know, like he was playing a character, mm -hmm. but him was something that he, as best I can tell, never felt comfortable sharing with someone else. Yeah. And so he, he never had a girlfriend. He never, certainly never had a wife. Like he was, you know, staying very, like some of these hospitals, he like had a room, like a suite, you know, like, uh, and so he just like lived there for a couple days and then he's living in whatever other path, like just had nothing you would really like think of as a life. And anytime they would ask him, how come you never married? That's what he would refer back to. He'd be like, well, you know, I'm on the road all the time yeah and it's like if you want to like if you value life in the way that the rest of the normal humans do 
then you just wouldn't be on the road so often that you couldn't do it. You yeah, know? like yeah, definitely. Uh, Bradley Cooper recently told me that uh, you know he kind of uh, changed his lifestyle choices based around having a, a child. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of people do it, and he didn't. And it yeah. wasn't because he had such an active schedule. He chose not to choose the schedule because he was incapable of forming these kinds of bonds with people. And I don't know, the only fulfilling parts about my life are those bonds. So whenever I hear that someone else can't make them, it's fucking devastating. But, it's hard uh, to do when you're raping all the time. Yeah, no, it's creating a separation. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's very chicken and egg, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but so they're, they are not talking about a conspiracy of pedophiles controlling Britain. They're right. talking about the bad things that this guy did. Right. And there's very little that's presented that, uh, really even like addresses that, you know? Uh huh. But there was one detail that, uh, I was like, how about we make an entire other documentary about this? Okay. That's the, there was one of the, one of the women that like came forward, I think in like 2007. So like while he's still alive, because all of this stuff, like the, the government launched an inquiry where they published, you know, a hundred plus page report about like, here's everything bad he did that we can find. Okay. And that all came out after his death. Sure. Of course. So like he died, like whenever he died, like the people are fucking, you know, filling the streets of Leeds. Like he's from Leeds. Okay. Like Uh, to celebrate yeah 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 Yeah, okay uh because you know britain's favorite son and one of the uh the guy so eventually um the news report the the news documentary that kind of like broke this in a large way that demanded the uh the whatchamacallit the government inquiry uh was all based on like a guy at the bbc had the story had some people on camera had a lot of things down and the BBC, like, all of his producers were like, yes, it's good. We like it. This is great. They they sent him an email that he had with a publishing date. They were yeah. like, this is going to run on December 7th. And then, like, the boss had a meeting with a boss. Fuck. And uh, I think that that was... I'm trying to remember the timing. I think that it was, like, uh, that, like his death was near there or maybe like that he did all sorts of Christmas specials. It was definitely a thing where this is going to be really weird. I think it was that he had died and that the BBC had run all kinds <laughs> of, you know, like we love our favorite son. Oh my god! And they're like, yeah. And you want us to run like a week later? Hey, by the way, he was raping kids left and right. Fuck. And so the guy, you know, sent everything over to the ITV fellas, and they ran it, and it got nice. broken. But the guy's not happy about it. He's in the documentary, and believe it yeah, or not, I mean, he thinks I, he was wrong. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with him for the yeah. record. Um. But the the thing that uh, the the woman came forward, she had met him somewhere and he was like one of his big pitches, you know, is like, uh, you know, uh, not just uh, I have candy in my van. I can bring you to the BBC. Yeah, sure. You can be in the audience of the show. You can be on TV. Like how fucking cool is this? It's like you can become real. And one of their, yeah, yeah. And one of the like researchers for the BBC team eventually did track down they have her in the audience. Damn. Uh, and so I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about it. It was her that says that she saw someone else being molested in the BBC offices. 
Okay, yeah, I believe that. What do you mean? I was just like, where are you going with this? Sorry, that was me kind of remembering the way you introduced this conversation. So this this woman saw, uh, it was in fucking uh, Jimmy's office, like in his dressing room. Yeah. Gary Glitter. Oh, shit. Was going at a team. Shit. Like noted fucking well-convicted pederast. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, served a jail sentence on it, got out, was clean for about three days before he was fucking going to kids again. Oh, yeah. Dang. Like as far as just, and I mean like, like there's these Jimmy people that are like monsters that no one knows about. Gary doesn't give a fuck that you know about. Like he like moved to Thailand to continue molesting. Like this is one of the real like, that song Everyone cares and I'm not doing anything about it. The song is good. I mean, who that could one, deny that? That's the song from Joker? I I think it's no coincidence that it's featured in Joker yeah, where for it sure. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I when I heard that come on and like I knew all the glitter glitter Dude, stuff. fucking rips in the movie. <laughs> I was like standing up for the beat <laughs> yeah, and clapping. Like Dude. as far as striking a mo- like just the fucking, like <laughs> I, I can't even express all the truths that I felt in my heart when I heard the oh fucking God, opening notes. It's unbelievable. Uh, there was a kid out excel that would just bust out into that <laughs> it's a great song just randomly you know an acapella version like <laughs> not hard to do he'd start with the drums and everything you know like and you <laughs> would know delightful. what he was doing you know <laughs> sure yeah like, <laughs> and you know like some other kid is like hey! you know and then they're off it's a good time dude. <laughs> that um, shit was so fun that goofy shit at excel it definitely you was know, no drugs but just as I'm looking around at this situation, like Jimmy's sniffing out who are the other, like this is the only example presented in the documentary, yeah. but oh, it they can't be the him. only time that he did it in his life. And like, where does that go? That's always like, I know that there are pedophiles in this world. I think that everyone listening knows that there's pedophiles in this world. I would hope so. Uh, but like whether or not they coordinate together to like fucking, you know, that's always the open question. And, I have a take on this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I mean, that's it. I think it's more pragmatic. It's like with all conspiracy theories. It's like, you know, we've seen with the Epstein stuff, like a glimpse of what sex trafficking looks like, like with the elite, you know, people. And even that is like harder to trace. You know what I mean? Like there doesn't appear to be evidence of like a round table of 100 people who are like, you know, deciding the fate of the world or like masterminding all child pornography or like what, you know, like trading, you know, groups of people as if they're like the North Atlantic slave trade or like something like that. But even that maybe is a good example because we think of it as a monolithic thing, but it's really just individual actors like making groups where they can. Yeah. And so I think about like the guy from Excel, you know, airport man mm-hmm. and what's going on in his school. Cause this is, occurred to me like, well, he's you know, not involved in the Illuminati. There's a lot about the Illuminati and uh, can't get you out of my head. He's not, airport man's not involved in the Illuminati, but if, but if he saw a chance to make child porn, I don't think that he'd pass it up. And, and, and so what I wonder is like, so, cause I do think they can recognize each other like in a, on a vibe level. The same way I can recognize. Yeah, sometimes, right? Because I can recognize them on a vibe level. Like, and maybe I realize there's a joke to be made there that I'm a pedophile, I guess, on on that. I would just say don't trust yourself. I hope you never trust yourself fully on that without evidence. Well, You can say someone gives me (laughs) a weird vibe and, like, I don't want to be around them, and, like, that's fine. I will never actually second-guess my vibe meter ever. 
but like only within reason. Like, so I won't like murder someone because I felt a bad vibe from them. And that's essentially what I'm taking off the streets. Please don't murder. I will never like convince myself to leave my child with someone who I felt a bad vibe about because I don't have a rational reason. We're in full agreement. Or you know, and with myself too. So I think even telling someone else though, like I wouldn't leave them around because I don't. I'll tell my wife every time. Yeah, you're okay. Uh, your wife's fine. Yeah, she but we like, need to be on the same page with Someone us. else, if you don't have evidence, you know what I mean? Like, if you just I have, might like, tell you if I got weird. a bad vibe from somebody. Yeah, that I guess, is evidence I guess that does sound fine. Uh, but my vibe meter is evidence. I don't know, dude. You're ri- like, it's quite a fucking thing to say about someone. No, what I do is the person I know, you say that to, no, they're no, never no. going to look at that person again. Like, okay, so one time at work, uh, well, I feel like I'm about to criticize. No, no one would like what I'm about to say about them. So I'm going to say one time in an elevator in an office building where I work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, well, I'll just say, you know, if you are a place I worked and I've been very clear that I liked working there, I'm not talking about you at, 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 as a workplace. So, you know? okay, go ahead. Uh, so <laughs> I got in an elevator and there was a group of people that were getting back from lunch. And a guy who I had iffy vibes about before gave me the strongest, like, what the fuck is this energy? Is this guy on? And it was borderline pedo vibe energy which i have detected successfully before i mean i'm just saying so and it's been bothering me but then later i learned you know some different things and then i recalled like who else was in the elevator and who else was at the lunch and it was like one of the people at the lunch was like a 27 year old very attractive young woman mm-hmm. you know so he's probably just horny mm-hmm. you know and i detected that like his energy was way different and it was like charged up. See, I'm just saying if the guy is like, you know, horny and like, well, but like not doing energy. anything about it, it, like, and you are like, boy, this, this feels weird to me. And I'm not sure if it's pedo, but like you're talking to like your friend at work, you're like, I don't know, you might be a pedo, you might not. And like that guy's seen him as a pedo. And when in fact, like the guy just fucking liked going to lunch with a hot girl the same way. Any no, but I'll never do would. that. I'll, I'll be like that. Does that well, that that's good. I'll be like, what's that's up? The only thing I'm is that guy weird to you? You know, like something like that. Yeah. Because that's what I've learned over the years is like the vibe is for detecting vibes. And vibes are not rational or like linear or, you know, logical necessarily. So it's just data that you got to note. But when you start extrapolating that into like a, a, a set of details that you're imagining, yeah. you're usually going to be wrong. So you should just Good. note the vibe. And then as you note additional details, they will help you. You will make sense of both of them. I think that's that's my approach. This sounds like exactly the approach I am advocating. I'm glad we're on the we're same in full phase. alignment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so last thing I want to mention... Oh, I did have one other thing from the Savile documentary. This is a minor note. Okay. Uh, they. Uh, oh, I have something I want to say based on what you said. One of the uh, places, w- one of their like earliest places where he was just fucking raiding the the vulnerable population. Uh huh. Was uh like an Excel for girls in Britain. Makes very much. That's of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, and they have a name for that kind of the troubled teen industry in Britain. What is it? It's real British, dude. I'm, oh my God. <laughs> they call them approved schools. <laughs> That's what's up. I like that. 
I like that a lot. Like the implication, I guess, being that regular schools are not approved. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I what know the what they mean. Because their shit's all fucked up, isn't it? Like the public schools are private and the private schools are public. Like the, the words they use are different. Yeah, I don't know. Like if you say you went to public school. I went to a day of class at a British school. Was it a pub? Uh, see, I don't even know the it term. It was their field day. Okay. So we just kind of played game. Like I, I learned cricket. That's cool. And handball. All right. You ever see the in-betweeners? No. Dude, it's so funny. Is it a movie? It, no, they made a movie. Should I put it on the list? And it's a TV show from the BBC from it's like within the last 10 years. It's goofy. It's like kids in high school, they're like losers in a British high school, basically. So they're in-betweeners. They're not like the worst losers, but they're not cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just dog on each other. It's pretty funny. They try to, you know, hook up with chicks. But they're, like, they're not cool. So anyway, just reminded me. But I don't know. They call it like public school is actually you have to pay for it or something. I mean, I, I know they, you know they call it secondary school, right, more often. Yeah, that makes sense. Which gets called that occasionally. Uni. Here, yeah. They love calling it uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, all right, what were you saying? Sorry. Oh, that was approved just school. approved school. And then you That's had a, nice you had a point. Well, I just, make. when you were talking about it, I just wanted to basically lay down a marker as a fucking, uh, I'm not going to call myself a conspiracy theorist, you know? Why not? Because uh, what's the theory, dude? Conspiracies exist, man. They're just groups of people trying to get something done okay you know but for like the specific pedophile paranoia oh and we were talking about like is there a cabal of people uh, -huh. uh i think it's like they group up where they can they're individual where they can it's like sex trafficking whereas like are there international fucking rings of like uh organized crime moving people and if shipping you met containers? someone at work who also really liked baseball exactly and they can kind of talk with them about baseball if yeah you, and they get a chance to organize going to a game together you would yeah they feel each other out that way i really i'm pretty sure that's the case because it's like they end up clicking up with each other I, and i think it's just like the way uh like gay guys used to hook up sure you know where it's like you could get killed for being gay like in the 50s you know but they somehow did hook up yeah. Because it's like that's the strength of the sexual fucking drive. Although, dude, I think that there's a lot of people from then that just were like, well, I will just never have a relationship with anyone ever. Yeah, no, but then they end up fucking acting out anyway. Maybe. I, I mean, know. but I think there were the people. There were also people I was reading, this is so funny, dude, uh, like deeply, so deep in the closet that they don't even know they're in the closet, but they are gay. Uh, but you know, like Southern guys who just like the experience of being gay is so far from their actual lived experience of possibilities that they don't know that other people don't think the way they do. Like, this is a real thing. Like I, I read about a guy like talking about it when he later, he was like, I was just gay. But until then I was like a very vehement anti-gay crusader because I was like, yeah, dude, if I give into this shit, I'm gonna destroy my family. Like I would for sure leave my family to like go hook up with dudes. Like if I gave into that, I want that so badly. That's why we have to fight against the sin. Like it threatens us all. And everyone's like, it doesn't threaten us all. Like not like that, dude, you're just gay. And he's like, no, we're like we all, we all kind of think about that stuff sometimes. And they're like, 
no man we it's nasty to us that's why we're against it you know and he's like no like you know you would like you know? <laughs> <laughs> like he's like fuck i'm gay anyway i that's like a real guy i was reading about that's pretty funny wow uh but i'm just saying like i think there's like it's just like the dallas mavericks people that kidnapped that girl it's a sex trafficker you know okay no i know back stop, up stop stop because i'm i agree with you i heard other people talking about that but just I don't listen. call them the dallas mavericks people that's the thing i'm objecting <laughs> that's funny, to that's you're sounding like it's team employees it's some people that went to a game you know luke is good but you know <laughs> yeah dude to jimmy savile that's what i'm objecting we to don't call them those here. dallas mavericks people <laughs> <laughs> that's fair uh but no, it's like I heard about them like on other I heard another podcast talking about them. I like read about them online and people are like, see, this is how bad the global sex trafficking conspiracy is. Yeah. It takes 90 seconds and they will grab you from a public place. And it's like, no. Yeah. Like you just don't have the facts and your brain go is going to a worst case scenario. It's not that there aren't organized crime people doing taken, you know, whatever. But it's like no one's doing taken. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen all of taken. It's crazy to do taken in a Dallas Mavericks bathroom, man. Yeah, it's like yeah, I've seen taken. Taken. You don't think people are doing taken? It seems elaborate. <laughs> Having fucking <laughs> auctions on yachts? No, I'm I'm confident. Yeah, well, I was thinking also like the. I guess they do get them on drugs, but like the depiction of the forced. Yeah, uh, drugging was now. Was odd to did me. did Jeffrey Epstein have drugs girls on yachts? A hundred percent. But was uh, there he probably, was there fifteen girls or fifteen like bidders arranged in a circle? Yeah, and like, actually, I think uh, no, Jeffrey. You know, not to nitpick your bit, but uh, I think this might have maybe it wasn't his downfall, but I wonder if it got him into more trouble. But uh, he was like famously anti-drugs, so like I bet he they were okay. on like X at the parties and stuff. But it was like very important to him, like when you're bringing girls around, like do not bring drug addicted girls, which is like that kind of slims down your fucking options, Jeffrey. But yeah, you know. but if you're having sex with three people a day, I mean, I know all yeah. of it was not penetrative intercourse, but like you're just asking for AIDS if you don't put that fucking stricture in there. I guess that's true. Maybe that's why he liked to get jerked off more too. It's possible. You know, just a utilitarian thing. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? We'll never get to ask him. That's true. Unless <laughs> he's not really dead. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then, so yeah, the last thing I want to talk about is I had a, a, a family vacation last week. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was interesting. You know, I mean, like, I, the thing that we talked about the last time we were sitting here, uh, the you know the discussion with my family, there's nothing, there's nothing like to that level. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was a really cleansing, clarifying discussion. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. It's not like as a result we solved all our problems. There's plenty of like, my, I mean, whatever, dude. It's just fucking living life, it's life right? Man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we just had a week of living life. Sure. Uh, it was fine. Thank I had, God. You know, I made a lot of wonderful memories. We had an amazing time. Gulf Shores, Alabama is a beautiful place. Uh, but like, uh, my brother's kids were there, right? Right. Okay. Because yeah. he's also in my family. Yeah. And they all, you know, it's a whole family vacation. Yeah. And a thing that you had said was ringing through my head oh, no. the entire time. Oh, God. Uh, and I think this is on the podcast. I think, I don't know, whatever. I'm probably, I probably need, don't need to be as sensitive about, uh, 
you know, whether or not I'm breaching your confidence on some of these things. But Breach you told it. me an anecdote, and I don't recall if it was on the podcast or not, where uh, whenever you and your wife were initially faced with the prospect of, uh, of, of having a child and uh, you were just dead set against it being a boy. And uh-huh. uh, Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember this. I think it, I said this on the podcast. Okay. Uh, and we're just talking about like feeling rage inside of you at the concept of seeing like a, a blonde, like nine-year-old running around. No, it was like a three-year-old. Three-year-old. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. That's real dark. It was a picture of me. Yeah. 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 yeah I know no, it's dark, that's, dude. that's your, uh, know, dude. that's, that's, that's your insight there. Right. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, that, that you were, you were seeing yourself and, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, that's what you know, you weren't mad at the three-year-old. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mad at what was being reflected back to you by the three-year-old. Yeah, and I think so. uh, you know, like I don't know. Obviously, I love everyone in my family. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I don't uh, hold the children accountable for like their. You know, this whole fucking podcast is about how it's like the adults' responsibilities, and they're creating the environment, and like children then respond to it. You know. Uh, yeah, definitely. And so, when even if you're a hurt adult. You've got a child, you got to step it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so whatever. But like uh, there's there's some like, art, like, you know, I've talked about this enough, but uh, I, you know, my, or I would say the issue that emerged for me from my childhood is that I have a tough time whenever people are, whenever I perceive that they're trying to tell me what to do or that they know more than me I or than anything fair. like that. I, you know, I've, I've. I've experienced a lot of uh, mental anguish as a result of other people thinking that they knew what I needed better than I did and then imposing their vision of that on me. So Mm. whenever I smell the slightest bit of that, uh, I'm like, well, we obviously need to fight this with all the weapons that we have because this is horrible and evil. Okay. Uh, And so he definitely will like give you his advice. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. If I could just like... Leon, hopefully everyone understands but by this now. Is this your brother? No, the his kid. His kid will give you his advice. Yeah, like he'd be like, okay. like uh, uh, my daughter was like climbing into like, like they had two sets of bunk beds and Daniel has two kids and I think that they had both already said they were going to do the bottom bunk or something like that. Okay. Uh, and, or maybe, they, I don't know the details, but Izzy was like climbing into one of the top bunks and like saying like, you know, that she was thinking like it'd be a cool place to sleep. Okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, that'd be cool. And he's like, I don't think she can. (laughs) Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Yeah, I don't do well with that either. Yeah. And then, like, I said that once. And then, like, I (laughs) heard him, like, whispering it to his sister. Like, after after I was like, yeah, I don't think that you've got any jurisdiction here, bud. Yeah. Uh, And, like, I don't know, dude. Who the fuck? Like, I am such a bad, broken person that I do feel the need to, like, uh, flex authority to seven year olds. It's annoying when when that kind of seven year old is doing that. It depends. Actually, it can be very funny. Uh, I don't know, dude. It depends on how they're doing it. That's the example I'm picking to, like, make me look the best. There's a lot of times where I'm like, you're talking to a seven year old, TC. What is wrong with you that you can't, like, and it's not even like talking to, it's like the things that I'm feeling like saying, but not. You yeah, know, like even yeah. that, it's like terrible. Like he's yeah. seven, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Here's a, a fine example of what a piece of shit I am. I know he's seven. Anytime I'm saying this stuff to him, I say six. <laughs> and like because he's seven, he doesn't catch on that I'm doing it on purpose. God and damn, dude. <laughs> just, 
That is uh, fucking insane. I, I will say that. I know. Yeah, that is. Every time I was doing it, I'm like, that's fucking mental. I, I was just making notes of like, hey, bud, I like. Obviously, this is me talking to myself. Obviously, we're not healed enough to You've stop got, doing yeah. this right this second. This kid puts you back at seven. But let's take a big note here. Yeah. And, okay. And try and find a way that we can get it so that next year. Uh, we're not calling the eight-year-old seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, okay, eight. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you know it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. No, that is not good. Definitely. Um, deliberately. I mean, it's so funny because it's always about what's in your heart. But what I'm hearing is you didn't. It's like not it. good. <laughs> yeah. Because messing with the kid, being like, "No, you're five, You know, and they're like, "I'm four, or like whatever. That's funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're all having fun. But it's it's usually but. like deployed as like a brushback for the like, you know, like, listen, dude, I can figure out what fucking bed I don't say fucking to him. <laughs> uh I can figure out what bed my daughter is in. I don't need to take the advice from a six year old on it. Like, nice. You know, okay, like okay. it was stuff like that. Dude, now you have me wondering. I always thought my dad was just, you know, inattentive in that regard. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but now I'm like, was he just fucking with me? Like TC. Because it was like a constant thing. It's easy to identify quickly as a pressure point for them. No, well, like every kid's like I was when I was a kid. It didn't like bother me. I was always like, "You're not making as strong a point as you think you are." Because he would be yelling at me, and he'd be like, "You're 16 fucking years old. Why don't you get a job?" And I'd be like, "I'm 11." (laughs) (laughs) Just like all the time. So it's not exactly, but. (laughs) Um. But uh, whatever you said, the initial thing of like, so like that kind of like, like there's, there's that element of like, you know, he, he just is quick with corrections okay. uh, and I don't like that from anyone and it's uniquely challenging from a minor. Yeah. Also, uh, he's going to have a hard time in life. You know, hopefully it you works. Know. I mean, I don't know. He's, See, the answer is he's probably going to have a hard time. I'm Lee Loveting out, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know, you know, I mean, like. His family loves him very much, certainly me included, and uh, we're we're gonna try and make things exactly. as good for him as they possibly can be. That's good. Um, but uh, you know, so like that stuff is kind of like its own category of like I don't like corrections from anyone. So you know, <laughs> like it's it's just sort of it's a separate thing. But there were times, and I don't know. I, I hope this is a place where I can be honest. Uh, it is. I think that it is. It uh, is. Well, I mean, you, know, you say that. You're not the individual determinant of that. I just want you to say it. The entire listening audience. Yeah, I don't know, I know if it is or not. But. <laughs> um, but I appreciate your honesty. Uh, but there was times where, like, I found the thought occurring to me, like, simultaneously in my head. Like, as I'm looking at him. And, like, it was it was a really surreal experience the way that, like, it felt like my entire brain was saying these things fully at the same time, even though like, you know, they, you could only say one of them fully. Cause that's what fully means mm-hmm. of just, I'd be like, I'd be like looking at him and I'd be like, he looks exactly like I did when I was seven. And Whoa. like, at the same time, I'm like, I just fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't hate him, you know, like yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. just like, it, but it, it was, it was a feeling that washed strongly over me. Yeah. Like when I would identify whenever, whenever you'd be looking like me and he looks a lot like me, yeah, uh, man. like I, it would just like the, the it was never like a, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, 
you know, I remember when he was younger that like he looked like me then too. And uh, I did think it was cool then, Interesting. you know, because like, I mean, I don't know. My like primary conflicts with my family started later. Like, uh, you know, I was in middle school, middle whatever, school, like yeah. it was really going off the rails. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, he's closer. I don't even know that I know the difference between what a seven year old and 12 year old looks like. Dude, I have no <laughs> fucking clue. <man. laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Um. And, you know, we're, like, getting toward, you know, like, the, the higher we go in this, dude, who knows if I'll be able to contain what it is whenever he's 12. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, dude, it's good. I hope to do a lot of work between yeah, now and Yeah, it's then. good you're spotting it, dude, because um, I agree, yeah. But, like, I don't know, man. And I I guess I don't know that, like, uh, I have any more insight than what you originally said that I was thinking over and over. But, like, I did flesh it out some in my head, like, wondering, you know, just as I'm, as I'm noting, like, as I'm saying, like, I just, I can't show up the next year, like... Uh, if it's this or worse like we're just in so much trouble yeah i don't want to treat him this way he like yeah, ought, yeah, like yeah. i cool. don't know he's he's got like in some ways like a, a tough hand in life and for sure, yeah. i'm really sympathetic and i i i really want to be like yeah. a force for good in his life where he's like thank god i had my good uncle by, but that's not what he got on this trip <laughs> wasn't close yeah, yeah and yeah. uh you know i was i was noting it and uh hoping for future improvement um but uh interesting it's it's just like the entire i mean I'm, I'm far from putting this all on excel but like you know it's it's a vivid enough example the message that they're giving you there which is just an amplification of the message that every other authority figure in my life had been delivering before then but boy they really sure did amp it up a lot was that i was i was just awful i was like not irredeemable because they're taking the money to redeem me but like more or less you know like yeah, we're gonna yeah. have to make you a new person because right. who you are right now is irredeemable. You're worthless. You're a fucking thorn in the side of your family so much that they fucking spit you out, dude. Yeah. And, like, you are just the worst. Yeah. And, like, how many times can you hear people say that before you're like, you know what? That person is the worst. For like, sure. I do fucking hate them. Yeah. Like, they, they're, they're the reason I'm sitting here in this fucking miserable situation I'm in. And, like, you just, like, you know what? I agree with what the entire world is telling me. Like twelve year old me is the worst that like and just yeah man that's so messed up oh it's but tough yeah. I hate it like in the fact that I'm like mistreating a fucking seven year old now because like shame on the fucking people that did that to me man yeah like definitely. I I I want like I know what I want in my heart that's to be good to my fucking nephew or his nephew right yeah yeah <laughs> I always forget all the words yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and like I you know the the fucking scar tissue built up by these experiences is is making it difficult and like you know when we arrive here i can't go back and change anyone else's actions all i can do is try and process that scar tissue as best i can and like remove it you know in my own way or like you know do whatever i gotta do to like you know not let that rule me but like it was ruling me all fucking last week and i was not happy about it and like but it was it was tough man and it just yeah. it felt very fuck it i mean like obviously uh very connected into the excel experience and i don't know man yeah definitely no i mean i think like uh dude that happens to me all the time like not that exact situation, but, you know, where you do just feel yourself like, uh, you know, a wave of like emotion and energy that's so strong that it affects the way you act, even though you don't want to identify with it. Yeah. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance there to be like, that's not me. It's just how I was behaving. You know what I mean? Because it's like, <laughs> yeah. 
that's the only way. But what are you except for a collection yeah. of your behaviors? But it's like what. But the other thing you are is like the ability to observe and notice and like you know. I, I do think like it will be different because you noticed it and and didn't run from I don't it. Know. I wasn't noticing it and seeing it. Get, it got worse as the week went on. Just because oh, like it's that, fucking dude. piling up. You I think know, the, like uh, yeah. he pissed me off yesterday. He's pissed me off again today. Like fuck it. Now I'm really pissed. Like and yeah, the part of you gets bigger. And, you know, the attention that goes to some that input that you've deemed like salient in a negative way, you know, like starts compounding on itself. Uh, but like you've you notice that it's not congruent with like how you actually want to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's like, I don't know, maybe this is like more of a, a matter of faith. Like you you can like do the work, but that is kind of doing the work is like just the skills aren't even that crazy. You just got to know them. Like someone's got to tell you or you can't get out of the paradigm, you know? But then once you are, stuff like what you just described happens. And it's like, it doesn't mean you you never make mistakes again or like you're completely powerful over your emotions where you weren't before. But it's like, I don't know, you know, your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, they're all kind of like driving each other and it's not even clear what the self is in between them besides like the attention that's getting paid to those things and how they relate to each other. But you're a picture just because of whatever intention you set at whatever point, you know, has like caused you to go on a journey that leads you to notice these things. And, all, and I think the more important thing is not run from it. Cause we talked about this before, like everybody notices when they're not doing something that like when they're doing something that doesn't feel good. But a lot of times the temptation is to like double down on the like the activity because of the shame, you know? Yeah. So like when you said scar tissue, I think that is a good metaphor because it's like sometimes scars are good and they protect us and, you know, heal over. But there's other times where it's like, it's kind of like a growth almost like that you have to cut away. Like, and it doesn't mean it's like pain free. It just means you're better off without it. And it's like self-surgery almost, you know what I mean? And you like the way you operate is like those feelings are like your x-ray, like you're reading your own chart. And then like the next time you're not gonna be, what the fuck is this while it's going on? You're gonna be like, I know what this is. And like already it's less yeah. and you know, you're more powerful. And then that builds like a confidence of its own. Yeah, I, I could you, feel that. Like, I don't know, the, <coughs> the, thing, the thing with the nephew is like the most acute, but like, I don't know, whenever I'm, I mean like, I feel like you get it. Like, I just imagine being around your family for a week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, like living in the same thing. We like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, like <laughs> we do visit each other up to and including a week. Like, like, it's been a while since we did that. But like, we stay in different, you know, they don't stay with us ever. We stay at hotels. Like, we get along and love each other. But yeah, I, I don't think us all being in a house, like one house for a week under those circumstances plus my brother and his family oh my gosh yeah i mean so yeah. it's like i don't know it's just kind of like bouncing from like sharp point to sharp point yeah at, at times uh now i don't know i i like i, I just it, it made me realize how much you know unresolved things that are and like i i just it, in some ways it was like like in some ways it was very daunting of like there's just so much like i don't know that i'll ever like come close to like feeling 
like like I want to reach a point where like I'm not like oh my god what a fucking task spending a week you like because in some like I I they want to do it again next year. I want to do it again next year. It's fucking great. It's like yeah. uh, you know, playing on the beach with my daughter. Like I love that is playing good. on the beach with my that daughter. That is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like she loves them. She loves yeah, her yeah, cousins. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. comes back and like I can tell like how much more social she is with us because she's yeah. had that stimulation. Like days that like today she's way more like up because like she was around people you know and like yeah yeah my kids that way too with her cousins yeah it's fucking great yeah it is um and uh you know so like i i want to be able to like experience the best version of this and like i guess i'm experiencing the best i can right now and like it's fine like you know if you're asking me like do i regret going on the vacation absolutely not it was a great vacation yeah uh but like you know it's a lot there's a lot of challenges and i yeah, just no, for sure i just want to get to the point where it's not where i'm not like you know having to like take a deep breath every time i think about like the the you know other parts of this and i don't know like the kind of the silver lining there like the you know i feel very hopeless about it to be frank with you okay. uh because like i just you know i i, I felt like i was uh, you know i I felt like I was pretty close to up to the task going in and then like just learned that I wasn't close, yeah. you know, like I just, I wasn't anywhere near as like, just, I didn't have the sort of control over myself that I thought that I did. Yeah. And, uh, I did like, I don't know, kind of as the week went on, there was like just times where I did like a little, cause I think that sort of the first step for me is being able to be how I want to be in those situations, which is to say, like, I don't know, like rude shit to some extent, you know, like just whenever someone's just, I think that in some ways to me, like the worst thing I can do is react to um, those kinds of things the way I did whenever I was, you know, like a little kid and just like fucking caved and like let other people set things for me. Because like, sure, if I'm not telling them where my boundaries are, then like they're not going to like they're yeah. just, they're not going to know where they are and yeah, yeah, they're not going to respect them yeah and so like i that's not sustainable i have to let them know where my boundaries are and so like that's a good first step uh but like when i'm doing it like i'm not doing it the nicest way i could yeah you're probably anxious <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like fucking you know i'm, I'm rude like i'm sharp like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A cerbic. i get that way too <laughs> well, I, I rarely am stating my boundaries in a calm way i'm usually some somewhat triggered yeah you know, uh that's but why like, i feel the need to state them but then but then i i end up like and yeah obviously yeah and it's like, like i can't calm down until i've said it like yeah. i just keep being like this is gonna keep happening and keep fucking happening and it will be my fault because i didn't say anything and then i'm just like you know what just one more i just i know it's not just here you need to and then i say some wild shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then, yeah and like uh, you know, I like like what you're saying of like uh, it's going to be my fault whenever they cross them again if I don't do this. Like that's kind of been like the terminus of my thinking in the past. And yeah. uh, doing this podcast and knowing you and uh, having psychedelic experiences and just everything else that's happened in my life for the last two years, I've like one of the real joys has been realizing that some of the things that I thought were the terminus of the thinking that I could have on this issue. In fact, there's much more thinking to do. And yeah, it's definitely, great. Definitely. Uh, and like, I don't have to settle for answers that I don't like love all of. And like, I, I like, you know, I, I let people know when they violate these boundaries 
and like I'm being good. I'm like doing good about letting him know. But like then I reach the end of the day and I'm like, I was an asshole to remember my family like six or seven times today. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't like that. You know, so I'm, I'm, I don't think that I should just be like, well, this is the price I have to pay if I want to set boundaries. I, I want to find a better way, you know, like I want to. Yeah. And I was uh, like I, on the last day, I kind of, you know, I mean, I, whatever. It's one of those things where like I have like my own internal, like how I'm doing and what progress I'm making. I've got no idea if it matches up to the reality being experienced by other people at all. You know, like I know, like whenever I yeah, feel like saying no, something I and I feeling, don't, yeah. but like, you know, and like this one that like, can, do people notice like one day of improvement of anything, you know, or is it just like, well, do they remember I look back it? at the week and yeah. uh, he said a couple things that were pretty short. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, it's, so it's not like they're like, well, he said something was short, but Friday he was nice. <laughs> no one ever says that. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so whatever. But uh, I, I kind of was like thinking about like Megan and I had been talking about internal family systems. Uh-huh. And so I was thinking about it through that lens. Like I was just I was trying to like, you know, somewhat of like a mantra just to be like, you know, let's have different people answer today. Okay. Like, let's have different members of my internal family system respond to these things. Like, the ones yeah. that are, like, furious about it, like, they're not doing the job that we want right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, obviously, you know, the way that you do with all the internal, like, I certainly appreciate, uh, you know, the, the work that they are doing. Like, you know, they're helping me to re- realize what these boundaries are, but, like, yeah, now yeah, let's yeah, take yeah, it over that's, that's to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know, I felt somewhat successful. It didn't feel like yeah, there was think- no change. Yeah, I think that what you just said about like the anger is I'm that's a tool for me to identify that a boundary has been breached is so helpful, like in the moment, because it gives you something to do with the anger. You know what I mean? I have not put the thought to that, but that's exactly what's going on. Like it's like that's that's perfect. Yeah, the the anger knows you've heard it. Yeah. And it's like we're on it, you know, like you can. I got it. Now let's put our heads together. Yeah, it's not eating it. Like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, exactly, exactly. We're, we're feeling it and we're moving to the more productive thing. Yeah, and I think that is a big step because, you know, until you actually do that cognition, it's like you actually don't know that. You yeah. You just kind of, you just have this ball of rage that you've been carrying around your whole life because that boundary wasn't something you could assert for whatever reason until either you couldn't assert it or you didn't realize that you needed to. Yeah. Or that it was possible even. Uh yeah, yeah dude, so, I think that's good. I mean, overall, could it have been, you know, obviously it started from an imperfect week, but you know, I like where yeah, you're Yeah, hopefully with it. I learned. I mean, you know, we'll see. I like I said, I, I felt like the going in that all of the wonderful work I'd done had solved all these problems and they they wouldn't happen. <laughs> and then yeah, they were happening left and right. So, you know, obviously I'm capable of being surprised. So Yeah. Uh, you know, it wouldn't it would not surprise me if I were surprised again um but uh i don't know it's just like the one way of looking at it where like i do feel despair is like you know these things are just arising from so many situations and like so many patterns that like they haven't been worked out and like i don't know i i i would like to live in a world where i wasn't the only one that felt like they needed to be worked out like what i really want and like the the, i feel despair that i i don't you know i mean like I don't know. I don't know that they're like dedicated to not helping me with these things, but like it, they don't see it the way I see it. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think and, if you ask them, they would say they want what you want, but the work that you should worry about is what you can do. Yeah. And, I, and like, know. but I, you know, it's like, I feel so like just whenever I look at how, like, 
I don't know. You know, you think about how much time was put into forming these, uh, like, bad habits. Like, yeah. you know, get it, like getting out. And I just, like, I, I don't know. I want a fucking truth and reconciliation for all of these things, you know? With your family? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've given up on that. But I, that, I guess. Yeah, no, know. of course, dude. But oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you don't want it, you know what I mean? Like, you had to give up on it because you did want it. Like, Yeah, and the, I mean, I say I've given up on it, but I still will periodically just have an outburst. I'm just like, that place was so fucked up. Like, you know, like. And I don't even mean Excel, you know? Oh, like, okay. I've, like, Yo, yeah, that's, in the, that's in the book, but like, what about oh, everything gosh. else? Yeah, you know? that's never going to happen for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not, <laughs> I don't know if it's happening for me either. My dude. parents wouldn't even do the packet at Excel. <laughs> That's a stunning detail. <laughs> um, but uh, so, you know, like, on some degree, I want that. I also think that, like, I can do, like, what I can do. But, like, on, like, each diverse issue, you know, like, like I, I, like, have to do thinking about all these things. It's, like, that's one way of looking at it where, like, it does feel daunting. And that, that might be how things are. But, like, another way of looking at it, this also is a possibility of how things are is like just that if i find like a durable way of dealing with all of these things like this the process i you know we were both just talking about of like recognize the anger like you know uh, then like move to the next thing like yeah you know maybe i don't have to like figure out each little thing oh yeah dude i fully agree with what you're saying you're yeah, never going to figure out each little thing you got to have those big picture systems yeah I, so i don't know tools. maybe that's it you know like maybe i can be nice to the kid even I know if i still hate can. myself you know like yeah, i hate yeah. that version of whatever well i think it's it like, made me feel really blessed that he's a girl yeah my brother has said stuff like that a lot too like i know i've said that's it not too, really where i want to end like i i would like to be I, I would love a son now I yeah yeah i would love a son and i would love to do the work to be able to treat him the way that uh, he deserves to be treated you know yeah 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 for sure but uh i don't know you know no girl's nice though seeing seeing how like not up to the task i was last <laughs> week i am grateful that life took it easy on me yeah yeah no i hear you i mean Look, I don't know. I was about to say everybody goes through it, but a lot of people do. I think that I, I'm really hardened, and I think it's like a – it's not like you have to give up on figuring out every little thing or why you do every little thing, but it is like the way they talk about like a kid doesn't need perfect parents. They need good enough parents, you know, to like get them safety safely through their stages. It's kind of that way for yourself too, I think, you know. I mean, you're going to figure some stuff out. Other stuff, you're going to have, like, more acute, like, tactical tools, you know. Other stuff's going to be, like, underpinned by grand theories, you know. Some stuff's going to come in flashes of insight. Sometimes you just notice yourself. You're like, whoa, I did better with that. Like, I normally, you know, we fight all day over this, and this was just, like, uh, I got irritated and then quickly apologized. Wow, you know, that, like... I don't know why that worked either, you know, but I'm glad it did. And I, I think it will continue. It's like, I don't know. You just got to pick your wins, man. I, I, but I think you're going to, I'm interested. I think eventually you and this nephew are going to be thick as thieves. I hope so. I feel <laughs> like I do good work. I mean, like yeah, I'm his, sure. his daughter was also, uh, you know, like it, it got more difficult as the week progressed along, but like, I don't know. I, I, I see some, 
familiar family patterns in the way that she will end up sometimes. Yeah. And I am uh, uniquely capable of being sympathetic to that. I feel that. <laughs> so, I, feel that dude. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope that, but I, I, I can't remember specific, but there's definitely a time or two where I was like, yeah, that was, like, it's just, I don't know, dude, they're kids. And as a result, they're fucking terrible about like reading cues you know yeah. like figuring out what's going to be annoying or not annoying they say annoying shit all the time yeah and there's always like a line of like you know they're family but they're not your children so you know you can't be like yo don't be annoying uh, yeah and like I mean, that's not useful either. you don't you know, want to like, be uncle frank they basically. don't know why they're annoying. you know like yeah i i would never say to my kid don't be annoying i would give her something that was more yeah, practical and useful yeah, yeah yeah for sure uh but like i don't you know i don't know yeah i only see my nieces like a couple times a year and they're they're great but they're not annoying but they're high energy and just because they're not my kids i'm I can like take high energy i mean they're pretty high energy dude they're like i don't know i mean all i can do is repeat that over and over again but i'm just saying i like find myself exhausted by them where i'm like i i'd keep playing with you if you were my kid but you're gonna have to go you know what I mean? Like, I guess it goes both ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good vacay report overall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it's like, it is so hard to read. Like, I I confided in Megan, you know, it was like, it's not like everyone's like, like sitting me down and being like, we can't handle having you on these trips because of how terrible you are. Like, it didn't, like, no one said anything to that effect. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know how this is being like, you know, it's difficult to evaluate yourself. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Like, because I, I was saying it to, like, I was, to Megan, I was like, you know, I just feel like I'm easily the most hated one on the trip, that, like, everyone else is walking around being like, why is he such a fucking drag? And you know the thing and, is, like, I, the thing that she immediately said was like, no, it's not you, dude. It's definitely me. Interesting. And, like, you know, I immediately am like, of course not. You know, like, I Funny. see the ways in which, but, like, I was going to say, I've the been same on trips. things that are like plaguing her, like, could easily be plaguing me. And I would be arrogant to think it's not possible. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think this is really super helpful, but I have been on trips where everyone is definitely all walking around and talking to each other about one person who is the biggest jerk on the trip <laughs> you know like sometimes there is it's definitely the possible jerk on the trip, but and it might have been me yeah like you never know right yeah. unless you're talking about them and you know maybe they're just waiting until you leave to be like god that guy can you believe he thinks tc is the jerk you yeah know? like you just never know but yeah that's tough i don't know <laughs> on my family trip confrontations it's always pretty clear who thinks who is a jerk <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know there's just always like that there's there's what you mean and there's what they interpret and then all what you have is what you interpret of what they interpret yeah it's so, like there's just a lot of fucking dead space in the middle there and uh you know i feel like i had an epiphany about this two days ago but i'm not ready to explain it Okay. But something changed in me. You're like, Weed Mubarak, I will not explain. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Does he do that? Absolutely. Oh, that rules. Uh, and then the, 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 the listeners or the, the followers, they know it, so they love setting them up. They'll be like, will you explain? They'll, be like, They'll quote tweet it. No. That's pretty tight. <laughs> he gives them what they want. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm working on it though. I don't know what it is. I haven't, I, but <laughs> something changed in me where can't wait. I feel like that that whole interpreting what I'm interpreting and then I'm reacting and I'm reacting. My wife also is like, "What you're full of shit," you know, whatever. But something I don't know, man. I think I may have finally dissociated, like fully. Great, but you know, I'm still having fun LARPing as Alex. <laughs> What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's hard to explain. What? What? How did you come to this revelation? Where were you? In my garage, of did course. Did a, a bolt of lightning strike your forehead? In my, it struck my heart. I think. <laughs> okay. Like I was like, I don't know. I've been reading so much about Bill Wilson mm -hmm. and like all these early 20th century people and their spiritual experiences, and they're all schizophrenic. Like, you know, not like full diagnosed, like the worst possible way you can be schizophrenic, but they're definitely all, you would put them on the like schizotypey or schizophrenia spectrum. And I really think it's like, it's, it's a little bit like, I, th I think I have traits of that way of thinking. And I think it's a little bit like that, that gay guy that didn't know he was gay, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm like, just thinking everybody's like this, but it's actually just this group of like psychos. And this guy was writing about them and he was talking about like essential characteristic that they have is like, they don't, they can't distinguish if their thoughts are coming from inside or outside. And it's because they don't really have a sense of self. They just like have an intra-psychic experience of chaos that is just like these undifferentiated, unintegrated elements of experience that bounce around like in their head or body, so to speak. And because there's no them to have a coherent self-organizing principle, there's like, you lose the distinction between self and other, self and world, our thoughts being broadcast to you or coming from you. And I never realized this. There's like a term, it's called like ipicetic or ipietic. And it means like you experience the world as yourself. And I was like, yeah, that's like what like the normies do, you know, but like, what it's like how everyone experiences the world except people on the schizophrenia spectrum or the schizotypy spectrum whatever the mentalizing spectrum versus like the mechanic mechanistic kind of cognition spectrum where you like over imagine and you know the way things work without evidence i feel pretty confident i experience the world as myself I think yeah, I, I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> and like how we've gone back and forth. I'm like, you're not your fucking cognition, dude. Like how many times do I have to say that? Yeah, I, like, I, I'm with you. I agree. But like, but, but like, it, if I, you ask me, do I experience the world as myself? I would say a confident yes. Yeah, I think like, that's what it feels like to me. There's like a... Which I think I can do while acknowledging the truth of what you're saying of like, you know, there's a lot going on in your brain. A small part of it is what you're aware of. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you there's are more. the whole part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, in like the more schizophrenic cases, there's like an absence of a whole part. So all you have is like the chaos of stimulus. And then when you ask them, what's your internal sense of self? They're like, there's nothing. There's a chaotic void of blackness that's terrifying. Uh, and is that how you feel? Yeah, at times. Yeah, for sure. And I was listening to this podcast. Wow. I thought everybody kind of felt with that. And I, <laughs> I don't I, think I, I feel <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I, I certainly felt like people in the I therapy, mean, I feel despair, but like, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, man. It's like, it's hard to explain other than just that. But like, it, I'm start, I finally kind of like realized like reading about these guys and their experience because like Aldous Huxley and William James 
wrote and are considered to be like our foremost like genius thinkers of the 20th century about spiritual insights and they both basically their insights were that they fully came to terms with like their schizophrenic thinking like and this is a william james point like himself like he was like people who are schizophrenic their families have writers and artists and religious leaders like it, it just is like it's just the spectrum so they both came to the conclusion that mind, like consciousness, we've talked about this, we intuited this when we talked about True Detective, but like consciousness is not producing thoughts, it is filtering thoughts from the, the thought world coming at you and then responding to them. And it's like, that has to be true like in a way, it's like all these things, it like depends on how you look at it. But if you told the psychiatrist that, he would give you pills. You know, if you were like, all my thoughts come from the outside world. My experience my is that if you tell them anything, they give you pills. For sure which is part of the, the, you know, the issue. But I started thinking about that within my own experience. What if that's also true? If I am that void within me, like the void of, I just think of it, I don't, it doesn't scare me anymore. I actually just think I understand what the Buddhists mean when they talk about a no self. Uh, and it's like, if that's true, then all of these feelings, all of these reactions, even these boundaries and stuff are like just things that are, kind of rotating around that void so why i don't have to attach to any of them because like it was like almost like i took a step back in my vision of my own intrapsychic experience that's like my favorite word lately like became more panoramic and i could be like that's anger at a boundary you know like we'll deal with that later or like we won't deal with that it doesn't you know i don't have to if i don't want to it can get like scary because you can depersonalize and then you can be like, why do I love anyone? Are they real or like whatever? But then you can just be like, because I know I do in my heart and I decided that I do. That's what I mean. And then you just come back and LARP is Alex. But you're, you know, you're really just the universe having a small experience of itself, I think. That's my first draft of the epiphany. The one you're not going to tell us about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's great, man. <coughs> I'm glad that you do. It's been helpful though. Classic five-hour banger. You're welcome, yeah, folks. It's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, see you in the future. All right. Bye, Connor. Bye, Trey.